episode 40. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good at toss it, good at taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftover. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. And we're, we're the Leftovers. leftovers. All right. Uh, there's no Jake no. this week, so uh, but he will be returning uh, next week for um, the uh, Spider-Man. Excellent. Amazing Spider-Man 2 podcast. Um, good news, though. He did get to keep his job. So yeah. anybody that was wondering about that, he, he does get to uh, keep his job. So that's fantastic news. Um, stick around this week, though. I know it's just me and Jason. Don't don't leave any of our uh, Jake fans out there, the Jake-anites. <laughs> <laughs> the Jake-anators. <laughs> the Jake-anators. <laughs> Yeah, the, the yeah. Jake Elopes. <laughs> Jake Elopes. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely uh he's definitely missed. Uh he you know, he's just had a lot going on, of course. So uh you know, and in regards to that case, I'm going to Today has nothing to do with the situation from last week. He just got uh, irritable down, uh, bowel syndrome. Right, he just had to poop. Some IBS going on. Yeah, no so, big deal. Yeah. <laughs> There's constipation and so kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Which we, we promised him we wouldn't mention <laughs> yeah. it on the show. No, <laughs> he just, honestly, he just needed a day off. Yeah. And uh, with everything that's gone on, he just needed a day to like get uh, to be to himself and, and all that shit. So he'll be back with us next week. We'll talk some Spider-Man too. So yeah, looking yeah. forward to that, but stick around. Um, don't leave the podcast yet. We've got some really cool stuff to talk about. New guardians of the galaxy news, new star Wars news, and a new character has been added to Batman versus Superman. Big fucking shocker there. Yeah, big you shock. Know? Not that surprised. They, not surprised <laughs> that, that, that they're adding more characters to Batman versus Superman. Yeah, a movie called Batman versus Superman. You think what would be the main focus, Jay? Just yeah. just throwing it out there as a question. Uh, Batman Superman. You'd think. <laughs> Amy Adams. You'd think. She's kind of cute. Yeah, but you'd, you'd <laughs> think that that would be the focus. But apparently it's Batman versus Superman, plus it's just Batman, Superman, and friends. Yeah. 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 We'll talk about we'll that We'll definitely later. talk about that. Uh, Jay, I didn't know if you knew this, but this is uh, technically our one-year anniversary episode. Holy shit, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, see, I made this dinner. I didn't get you anything. I made this dinner. <laughs> I've got these candles, rose petals on the floor. It's beautiful. Soft music. Right, right. I just thought it was because I was being nice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking Did and you communicating. Even that I changed my hair. It's beautiful. I, I don't, I don't disagree with it. No, I, think- I mean, when we first started the podcast, you notice these things. You tell me these things, like you know, oh, I noticed that you got your hair done a little different. It was hot and heavy. Yeah, <laughs> and things have kind of slowed down. It's been a year now, and things have kind of cooled off. Yeah. So, Whoops. But uh, story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's our one year. We uh, dropped our uh, first episode April 29th of last year. Yeah. 
Uh, we had recorded a pilot episode that never got aired, though. Right. Are we going to air that? No. It got, <laughs> I, I lost everything on my computer. And, Probably a good thing. Yeah, the pilot episode is gone. <laughs> so It was very awkward. But yeah, we're going to count this as our one-year anniversary episode. So. Awesome. That's cool. Um, I'll tell you about a romance that hasn't cooled off. I, I want to... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Jay. That's that's a good time. It is. It's great. It yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to take a quick moment to send a message from one of our listeners to an, another one of our listeners. Um, longtime Pop Culture Leftovers listener, Kevin Sparenberg. If you are listening, another longtime listener of ours, Dana Marie, wants you to know that you are the love of her life. And she is so happy that you'll be her soon-to-be husband. Uh, I know this isn't a radio dedication show, and, and I wouldn't just do this for anyone, but you guys are great. You're longtime listeners, and you're great for each other, and we all wish you a happy engagement and a long and fulfilling marriage. So thank you for listening. It's awesome. I did get your tweets today, and uh, I'm, I'm really happy for you guys. I'm glad you're still listening after we took our hi- hiatus, and I'm um, I think you guys are the perfect couple and they listen to pop culture leftovers. I don't know if they listen to it together. Like, right. I don't know if they're sitting on the couch holding hands, listening to us and stuff, yeah. but yeah, they listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, I was blown away by this. I read it to, this morning actually. And I was talking to Brian about it outside that anyone would, uh, ask us to dedicate something to, right. Especially like something this big of a deal. Yeah. It's huge. Um, yeah. totally appreciate it. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, we wish you guys the best of luck cause it's great. You know, you guys are awesome listeners, like, like right. Brian said. I haven't gotten my invitation yet, though. I'm a little. Oh yeah, we're not invited, that. are we? I guess so we're not. Maybe yeah. take that back. We could do it like a, <laughs> like a wedding podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. We should DJ that. Yeah. Can't. Wh- when's it going to be? We need to find all this <laughs> out. But yeah, we were we are available for parties and weddings. I want to. Yeah. I, well, after the wedding, uh, I'd like to see pictures. We'll post them on the page. We'll, we'll even hell. I'll even post them on the on the. Uh, on the webpage, yeah. uh, on Facebook and the webpage. Yeah. Because th- this is awesome. To hear people doing well. Yeah. Fantastic yeah, news. Exactly. <laughs> That's great news. So. I have, I personally have a string of failed relationships. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I could have a whole podcast on that. Yeah, that'd be a separate entity. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We, I think we both do equally, <laughs> right. but, uh. I haven't found my Sue Storm yet. Yeah. No, but so good. So good to hear that, uh, you guys are doing awesome. Yeah. And, uh, that you, you wanted us to say something about it. It's yeah. cool too. So Absolutely. thank you and, and we wish you the best of luck. Absolutely. I wanted to thank the guys from the Dead Horse Fights Back podcast for all your support over the Free Jake fiasco. Um, you guys were a tremendous help, and we appreciate you spreading the word on Twitter. So uh, thanks again to the guys at Dead Horse Fights Back, um, and uh, give them a listen if you want to. Um, they're, they're, they're a lot of fun, and uh, they have pretty good chemistry as well. Uh, you know, not as good as me and you, Jay. No, of course not. No, they, they, it's actually, they're really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are very good. Are. Um, and, and anyone that, uh, you know, is still... You guys should still follow the story. There's still a lot going on with the whole Twitter debacle. Yeah. Um, definitely check out at Peoria is not a parody on Twitter and check out at Justin Glaw. That is G L A W E. Um, it, you can see the live tweets from the actual city council meeting, um, uh, where people like Jake's grandma, uh, talk to our mayor. Um, so check those guys out. They're pretty insightful and, uh, it, it's been a good, uh, uh, information coming from those two. So check them out. Yeah, I also uh, wanted to mention another podcast. If you are a big fan of the Batman animated series, check out a podcast called Epic Comic Cast. 
uh, where hosts TC and Karina Michelle have been talking about their favorite episodes from the 90s cartoon series. So if you're a fan of the show, then it's a nice trip down memory lane. Um, you know, they go over each episode in detail and things like that. It's, it's really cool. So check out Epic Comic Cast. That's C-O-M-I-C-A-S-T. And it's on, it's available on iTunes. Awesome. Um, let's see here. I know I had some listener, like Facebook and let's see. Oh yeah, we've got a couple new listeners, uh, Brew Johnson and Justin Paris. Uh, thanks for your Facebook messages, guys. I was hoping, I'm glad that, uh, that you're still enjoying the show. Um, Brew Johnson just started listening to our Captain America podcast mm-hmm. and, uh, he loved it. And then he made it known to me that he went back and listened to our entire catalog of past episodes. <laughs> awesome. So that's a, that's a, uh, that's a, that's dedication. Yeah, no shit. That's those are, those are two hours apiece, sometimes right. three at right. times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's really cool. I have a hard enough time getting through an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., let alone listen to this fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we had to do it, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> that's awesome, yeah. I know. Um, let's see here. Speaking of listeners, I met longtime listener and sergeant in our leftover army yesterday. I met, uh, Mr. Andrew Peck. Sir Andrew Peck. Yes. Yeah, he's been knighted. Oh, has he? No, you called him Sir Andrew. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're the one who said it. <laughs> That'd be excellent if he was. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I got to someday meet- if you keep trying. <laughs> but I got to meet him and his son yesterday, and that was really awesome. It was nice meeting you guys, and and uh, we hopefully we'll have him here in the studio one day. We can have him on the show. Yeah, kinda- love love talking to Andrew and and hearing what he has to say. He's pretty opinionated. Yes. <laughs> But we like that. Yeah. For Speaking sure. of another opinionated person, Mark Perillo. Mark. I got your message on Facebook, all right? And uh, this is what Mark said on Facebook. He said, you all need to go see Winter Soldier again. It's Marvel's best movie to date. Mm-hmm. Avengers had more star power and was never done before, but Winter Soldier has a much better story, way better acting, more grounded, action scenes were better, and sets up totally for Cap going to chase down Bucky and Bucky being torn between being moral and his past. I feel like you guys seen a different movie than me and <laughs> everyone else i everyone else i've seen like really your fourth favorite marvel movie that's weak man so mark okay i think he's referring to jake jake had said that it's his fourth favorite marvel movie right but jay to be honest with you we all gave it great ratings oh yeah i mean i gave it a tupperware mm-hmm. you gave it a tupperware yes jay gave it a taste people are, taste it is not a bad rating no that's a pinnacle rating that's a good rating it's still a good rating it's still a good rating yeah yeah, yeah. um two <laughs> tupperwares and a taste it that's not bad i mean i loved it but you can fall and find you can find fault in every great movie yeah if i just got on here and filleted that movie the whole time I mean, what's 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 the fun in listening to that? I can yeah, I can pick apart my favorite movies. Right, I can give you a million reasons why right. it was wrong. Exactly, but that doesn't take away from it. I'm sure if I wanted to, I could find problems with uh, AFI's number one movie of all time, Citizen Kane. Oh, absolutely. You know, but see, that's the thing. It's like we have to. I, I'm going to tell you about what I love, but I'm also going to tell you some things that maybe didn't sit well with me. But yeah. I mean, I loved, I loved it, and and I'll be honest with you, I, I actually went to the theater again and saw Captain America yesterday, and I loved it even more the second time I saw it. Yeah, it was great. There were scenes that hit me harder than they did the first time. Um, the Peggy Carter scene, I got it more this time. Okay, I also understand why uh, Falcon and Cap they all, why they hit it off so early. Right. Um, but we talked about that. Like, why did they hit it off? They were both up early in the morning. Out there, it was, who knows? It was probably like 4 a.m. when they got up. And they're the running. only ones there. Yeah, because yeah. like the sun hadn't even come up yet. I mean, it's barely coming up. And they're running before anyone else. And I personally, I go to the gym in the morning. 
And I have formed lifting weights and I have formed bonds with just guys lifting weights and talking about weights and stuff like that and like different techniques and stuff like that. I think there's a, just a, there's just a bond that formed between those two. Yeah. When they were running, Cap just went up to him, started talking. And then also before Cap started walking away, he said something like, you have a hard time sleeping. Right. He knew it. He because, knew it already. Because the mattress is too soft. Yeah. And then they talked about that. So I get it now. Yeah, that whole scene alone, just that dialogue right there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I enjoyed this movie. I saw it in 2D yesterday. I enjoyed it even more the second time. Really? Because like, I had already seen a lot of things. And then I'm looking for these Easter eggs and, and more detail and things like that. And it was really cool. I enjoyed it. It was a lot better the second time, I thought. So I'm going to go on record to say that Captain America the Winter Soldier is my second favorite Marvel movie to date. Right. Behind Avengers. I agree, absolutely. It's got a, yeah, Mark Prillo is absolutely right. It has a better story yeah. than Avengers. Better acting than Avengers. But Avengers was fun. It was the event film. There were things in Avengers that you're not going to see in Captain America the Winter Soldier. Right. You're not going to get that scene where fucking Hulk picks up Loki and starts bashing him and no, shit. No, no, no. You're not going to get, and I love that stuff. Yeah. It's like straight out of a fun comic book. Yeah. It was definitely a fanboy moment. There was yeah. a lot of them in Avengers, more so than you would say. Uh, Captain America stands on its own almost as a non-superhero film. Like I, I think uh, I agree with Brian. It's definitely my second favorite. It's my first favorite of all the solo films. Oh yeah, agreed. It, I, I like. Yeah, definitely. After this viewing, it's better than Thor: The Dark World. It blows them away yeah. to the point where you're like, man, I hope they up the ante. You yeah. know, after this yeah. because this was so good that the other solo films kind of pale in comparison. So yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think that uh, yeah, definitely the second best. And you know, like I said, it kind of stands on its own. You don't. I'm not necessarily thinking about the Avengers when I'm right. watching it. I'm thinking solely about what these characters are doing. And that's definitely unlike, you know, the Iron Man films and, you know, two and three and uh, the Hulk and Thor where you're just like, okay, you know, I know these guys are part of the Avengers. How does this tie into the Avengers? Right. I didn't care. Right. Because it did stand alone. Yeah. He's definitely right, but I think he may have taken it a little hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I mean, he left the theater. He had a great experience, and I, he, maybe he felt like we took that away a little bit. He was yeah. wanting to hear more. But, you know, I mean, I love the movie. Definitely loved it. I mean, yeah. but, yeah, at the, at the same time, I, I mean, if we just got on here and we're like, I love this, love this, love this, love this, I mean, there, there's really no, I don't know. Right. Well, yeah, and, you know, what's cool about this, too, and just kind of, you know, uh showing it against something else like you know dark the dark knight christopher nolan series was my favorite batman that those movies get me excited even thinking about them just right now it gets me excited mm -hmm. and i never really had that with marvel um with spider-man or x-men i never really had that kind of excitement and enthusiasm um but before this came out and i think avengers was the key to that was this makes those movies even more exciting because you know it's a broader universe but right. when i saw captain america I was totally taken out of that. And I was mm -hmm. like, this is a solo film about Captain America. It's not the Captain America that I saw in the first film or the Avengers. This is the Captain America that I've been waiting for. And it's a much more in-depth and mature look at who he actually is. They could have really screwed this up, taking Captain America, putting him into our time. Yeah. And they 
they didn't. I mean, they made the suit work in our time. Everything works. Yeah, and he's still grounded in that whole notion of he's from this different right. time period in our time dealing with all that stuff. And I think that's another great move in the movie was Black Widow's incorporation. Um, you know, having these other characters that are different from Cap that are operating in a different time, you know, basically saying you don't, you know, you need to get with it. Right. Because you're, you know, this is how the world is today. And to still show this idealistic Captain America, Steve Rogers, was very important for me going into it, and they totally nailed it. Marvel, what they need to do is they do need, in my opinion, man, they do need to get a little darker. It is a different. It is a different feel. Yeah, it's just a little bit. Yeah. Okay, what I loved about the Nolan films is the musical score that they incorporated with those movies. Yeah, like when there was like a. I love it when like you know he's on the bat cycle and they start playing that music. Bump, bump, right. Bump. You know, and uh, he's just, he's zooming in and out. It's, it's exactly like, what you would hear in your yes, head. It's, it, it's, <laughs> it's like Batman is so imposing. Right. And it's just like, oh my gosh, that's, that's the music. Here comes Batman. Batman's a badass. Like, right. it's almost like he's, I don't know. It's just like, everyone should be scared that Batman is out on the street at this moment. <laughs> right. Like, you know, seriously, hide, hide your kids, hide your wife. Yeah. Batman's in town. I mean, just get Goose, in the Goosebumps. Exactly. <laughs> get in the house because Batman's going to fuck some shit up. Right. And it's like, can you imagine Nolan if he did a Wolverine movie? Right. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Because that's what's missing in these Wolverine movies is just that epic moment where Wolverine is just like unstoppable. And they've just, tried. They've tried, but yeah. like even in this last movie with the ninja scene where they took him down, I did not, I didn't care for that. And I know Batman got took down by Bane, whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, there just was things. It, it's hard because you're looking for that one character, and I think Wolverine is pretty the only closest thing that they have, right? Um, at this moment, but you know we've talked about wanting Moon Knight in the series somehow, yeah. Punisher, Some, Punisher, somebody realistic that you can really get behind as a human, you yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Marvel has a different feel, and I guess sometimes maybe I under underrate that when I talk about Marvel films because Batman is so crushing to me and it's like you said to the music to the way it looks all that stuff and when you see batman you're like yeah that's fucking batman mm-hmm. and you don't have a marvel character that's really necessarily like that like i love captain america but i don't get behind him like that when i see him on the screen it's not that's yeah. not what i'm looking for you know what i mean and i don't know i, I don't know if that hurts them or helps them I think marvel makes better comic book movies yeah. nolan made a very grounded batman and i loved it yeah but i think i think as far as like you know taking comic books taking the characters off the pages and putting them into the movie i think marvel does a better job yeah absolutely i mean they with somebody like the hulk even who's just kind of this crazy unrealistic type character they did a great job and right it, i'd like to see that explored a little more and maybe i'd get behind it like a batman film yeah um, let's see here. I did get some other listener emails. I'm probably going to read them next week. The problem I had this week, I can't connect to the internet this week. Yeah, it's all screwed up. So I'll, uh, I'll have to read those emails. So Jacob Harmon, I got your email. Cameron, I got your second email. So I'll probably read those next week once I'm up and running on the internet. Um, I think it's time for some good pop, bad pop. Did yeah. you have any? Oh yeah. Awesome. All right. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to do good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. 
All right. If this is uh, if you've never listened to the show before, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things that we watched or read the previous week that we either liked or did not like. Um, and also, sometimes we do rate things on this show. And if this is your first time listening, we do have a unique rating system. And I will let this kick-ass British dude explain. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, let's see here. Um, all right. Darn it. You know what? I don't think I saved one of my good pop, bad pops, and that makes me upset. Son a little of a upset. Bitch. Yeah. Might have to get to that next one next week. But, um, Jay, do you remember, uh, the old Mego dolls? Oh, yeah. Um, they were the, they were eight inches, uh, they were made of plastic, and they usually used, like, the fabric on the costumes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were hugely popular back in the 70s, and if you have them today, they are highly collectible, and they are worth some money, uh, especially if they're still on the plastic, uh, on the card. Mm-hmm. And the card's in good condition. Those I've are, never seen one like that. No, neither have never. I. Not in person. Now, unless I've seen them on TV and things yeah. like that. Now, they were before my time, but I do remember seeing you know, them out of the box at comic book stores and even as gra- at garage sales when I was a kid. Now, some of these have been reissued over the years like DC, Star Trek, and Planet of the Apes, but not the Marvel dolls until now. Uh, this week, Marvel announced on its website that Diamond Select Toys is collaborating with MC and reissuing the Marvel Mego dolls. Wow. They have announced Spider-Man. Iron Man, Captain America, and for the first time, Wolverine. Ooh. Uh, there's no release date yet, but it's something to look forward to if you've always wanted to get your hands on the old Migos, but you don't have this, you know, that kind of cash to spend on the vintage toys. Uh, I'm giving this a Tupperware. I-, I think it's great, and I think the Migos were a great way f- to get the young kids into the characters. Because, like, anybody that was, like, you know, like a child of, like, uh, the 70s, they all talk about these Mego dolls. Yeah. They still talk about the Mego dolls. So it's not something that, you know, is forgotten. So like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Transformers and G.I. Joe's to us, Migos were the same thing to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Stretch Armstrong and the, you know, the bionic, uh, the, no, the $6 million man. Right, with the stuff. eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those toys to them, those were the toys to them. And I mean, this Mego line is part of their, uh, part of their childhood. Oh yeah. I mean, they were basically kind of, uh, built like a, you know, a Kenner Barbie, you know, they had just kind of the movable arms and legs and maybe, right. maybe you could turn their heads, but they had the, they had the cloth outfits. And so it was like old school Batman, Robin, stuff like that. And then the old school Spider-Man, you had the full cloth outfit. I mean, these things go for, Crazy money. Even incomplete figures I've seen go for like $300. No packaging. Yeah. Missing like a shoe. Still going for about 300 bucks. And they're really cool. I, I remember them growing up. I remember seeing them. Um, I never actually had any, but you know, we used to go to garage sales all the time and, and we'd see these things and, you know, very cool, very cool figures and, uh, kind of where it started for, um, you know, where Marvel Select Toys is now and all that stuff. That's kind of where it started. That's crazy, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, there's some figures that uh, that had like, uh, I think it was like the Robin figure was like limited. Of course, they had more Batman than Robin. So yeah. like you'd think Batman would be worth more. Uh, and then they, I think they had like duo packs with Batman and Robin. There's like some of them that are worth like crazy amounts of money. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had Aquaman, everybody pretty much. And, it, you know, 
very cool toys. I mean, they were probably about, uh, you know, they're bigger than your GI Joe, probably about seven inches, maybe six, seven right. inches. They were eight inches, eight, eight inches. Eight inch okay. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, you know, big figures definitely look cool on your shelf. If you ever get your hands on one. And yeah. I think it's great that they're totally bringing them back. Finally. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, what'd you got for us, man? Um, I, I recently, uh, my girlfriend actually mentioned this guy to me. His name's Nathan Hayberry. He's from, uh, Peoria. Um, he does a show on YouTube called Video Game Shut-In, uh, VGSI. And, uh, basically, he's just a, you know, he's basically in his house and he's filming himself, you know, playing video games or talking about video games or, you know, just cool stuff that he found at thrift stores, uh, pertaining to video games. And they're usually about 10 to 15 minutes long. Um, the last one he did was on Easter Sunday. Um, and of course he covers Easter eggs and video games. Uh, one of which I had no idea, but Mega Man X for Super Nintendo, Mega Man getting Ryu's Fireball, which I've never seen before, and it totally <laughs> blew my fucking mind that right. you could actually do that. He even goes Hyrukin, you know, just like Ryu does from Street Fighter. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but you know, he, he covers all kinds of really cool stuff. I didn't even know about this guy. Uh, real funny. Uh, you know, like I said, it's all about video games. You know, he talks about like Duke Nukem and just all the games that you, you and I have grown up with over the years and, uh, anyone our age group, you know, will understand. But he's also, he has a fucking Jaguar system up to PlayStation 4. Wow. So the Jaguar, who the hell had a Jaguar? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, was that, was that the first 64 bit system? Yeah. It yeah. was, it was, or, or 32, 32 or 64. I can't Oh, remember. it might have been 32. Yeah. I it, thought it was 60. I think it came out like when Turbo Express came out and all that. And it yeah. was kind of the first system, but, um, he, it's, it's really funny because it's the kind of shit that you, you know, when you're playing games or you're really into games and you're talking, you know, sometimes you're only talking to yourself about these things. And that's kind of what it is. It's this dude talking to himself about these video games. Right. And it's, it's really funny. And it, you know, he's definitely, you know, uh, a video game nerd per se, but you know, so am I. And, uh, it, you know, I just really got a kick out of it. So he's got about 11 episodes. Um, again, it's video game shut in. Um, and you know, check him out. He's, he's just kind of starting this stuff. I, I kind of like to talk to him hopefully in the near future. Um, cause like I said, he's real, real funny, really kind of awkward and you know, just your down to earth kind of dude. But yeah, uh, yeah. Very cool. Um, let's see here. I was going, you know what I'm going to talk about? I don't have my notes on it, but whatever. I'm going to talk about it. There was a really cool trailer that I saw this week mm. and it's a movie. It's uh, I think this guy gets us, man. Cause it's like, this is the kind of fun shit that I like to see. You know, we've talked, I've talked about Kung Fury. I've talked about, uh, pro wrestlers versus zombies. And this week I'm going to talk about a movie director Lowell Dean has made. It's called Wolf Cop. Yeah. Wolf Cop. Have you seen the previews for yeah, this I did thing? I see it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's exactly as it sounds. Yeah. It's it's a cop who's a wolf. He's a wolf. He's it, a werewolf. It's a cop who's, who's a wolf. Right. right. Wolf cop. He's a wolf cop. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a wolf cop, man. Right. Yeah. It's awesome, though. But, I mean, it, the, the, the trailer is hilarious because, like, all right, they show him in a bar and he, and he orders a drink from the barmaid. Yeah. And then he, they show him getting up, going into the bathroom, and he's getting sick. And uh, they go back out into the bar, and it looks like the barmaid's being harassed, and it looks like this uh, guy's trying to take advantage of her, yeah. you know, uh, and uh, you know forces her to the floor and things like that. So it must be a full moon that night because out comes 
wolf cop. And he's not your traditional, he's not your traditional werewolf. Like where like the clothes rip off and, and, uh, now he's on all fours or whatever. Right. No, he's still, ta- he's still standing like a man and his clothes don't, he's, he's wearing his, his cop uniform. Yeah. And, uh, but, and he still uses the gun. Right. He still has the gun. And he still has the gun and he uses it. Yeah. <laughs> And then he sees what's going on, and of course he's wolf cop. You know he has a, he has a, what he, he has to protect and serve. Right. So he disembowels this guy, <laughs> which is cool. And then you know the barmaid, she's on the floor, and you know it's that uh, it's that moment in Back to the Future, you know where uh, you know McFly is gonna you know lift up uh, Leia Thompson and yeah. pick her up. You know after after he beats up Biff, you're and my density. Y- you're my density, and then. <laughs> So instead of like, you know, you think that he's going to like, you know, pick this barmaid up. No, he grabs and reaches for his beer, drinks it. He's fucking wolf cop. He's wolf cop. (laughs) And then he shrugs and looks at her, you know, it was a pretty cool scene. And then they cut to him driving his squad car and he's looking out, he's he's got his head out the window like like a dog would and he's howling and it just looks hilarious. It does. It looks really funny. Now, whether the whole movie is going to be that good. Who knows? I mean, it was a good trailer, but how can you really have an entire movie about a wolf cop? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. That's a good question because it, it reminded me of you know it reminded me of uh, the Wolfman, of course. Yeah, because some of it was kind of dark. You yeah, know? it oh, wasn't, yeah. wasn't so corny. Right. Some of it is absolutely corny. Well, they they found a good way to mix the violence with the comedy. Yeah, which was in the tra- you see it in the trailer, which is kind of cool. Right. But, you know, you've got the wolf man. You've got a little bit of Teen Wolf in kind of the yeah. look. Yeah, <laughs> definitely yeah. kind of looks like the Teen Wolf. wolf. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, uh, and then some. Of, yeah, like I said, some of it was kind of dark, like American Werewolf in in London or whatever. You yeah, know, it kind of had that element to it too. And it was funny as shit because you know the other thing is like you said, is it going to last? Like when you saw the Super Troopers movie. Yeah. Good, good, about ten minutes. Are you kidding me? I love minutes. that fucking movie. Not the whole thing. Yes, I did. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, that movie's hilarious. I, the, for me, the whole thing is not good. Like oh the first gosh. half is pretty good. So uh, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to give that a Tupperware. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give. I'm giving. That I give movie. it a strong taste. <laughs> I give it a strong taste. It, and we already confirmed that's a good. That's a good rating. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But that's what you know. Anyway, that's what it reminded me of. Right. And that's what I was like. Is this gonna carry over through I'm an thinking, hour or two hours? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they can keep. Yeah. It's like. It's like I think like the hook is the trailer. Yeah. Same thing. Like I talked about Knights of Badass them a couple weeks ago. Right. Right. Like how much I love that trailer. And then when I watched the actual movie, I thought it was horrible. Yeah. It's going to be tough, but it seems like, I mean, these guys had a, um, I think they just, just like started their Indiegogo or Twitter like a week ago. Oh, this is an Indiegogo? They had one, oh. but, but it's different. It's not to fund the movie. The movie's already funded. Mm-hmm. They put the movie out mm-hmm. and now they have like an Indiegogo or Twitter that they started on like the 23rd or 24th. It's already gone $2,000 over the $10,000 asking you right know? and it's just for like franchising they want to put the they want to put toys out they want to put comic books out they right. want to continue the story yeah and so it's been released i think it's being released in canada maybe before us or something like that gotcha but it's yeah, coming indiegogo out. is uh that's the canadian kickstarter yeah okay yeah that's what it was but okay. you know and it's really cool there's this the figure they have and everything but that's besides the point this 
this movie's getting a lot of hype already. You yeah. know, there's a lot of places saying this is definitely going to be a cult film, which I love. I oh, love so those I. movies that you think are going to suck yeah. and they totally don't because it's worrisome. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you've okay. We're seeing a lot of this now. Like, they what did we have a couple years ago? Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. the the studio's purposely trying to make it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they know they they know what kind of like niche crowd they want. Yeah. Oh, this is the new Donnie Darko, or this is the new whatever. Right. They try and tell you that, but this this was actually really funny. Yeah, dude. Big Trouble in Little China was not like a huge success until like after. I still love that. I love that fucking movie. Might be on my top twenty. Stop it. (laughs) Shut up. It might be. Stop. I'm not confirming it. No teasers. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. Yeah, Jay, do you, how, how many good pop, bad pops you got this I morning? got a couple. Nice. Okay. I can take another one. Okay. You, right. you can take it. All right. This is, well, no, I'm going to have you go because my next one's a long one. You go. No, you go first. <laughs> you go. You, you go first, you okay. crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you wacky. I'll go. I'll go. You okay. wacky fucker. Go. Now, now you told me about this. Okay, so I yeah. gotta give you credit oh, for, okay. for telling me about this. But the Red Queen Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, tell tell everybody what this is. It's 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 a seven minute YouTube uh fan made, of course. And this is just part one, mind you. Episode one. Yeah. Um hopefully it continues. They have not like said that they're gonna continue this or not, but I think if people would respond to this, they probably would. And I urge everybody to kind of hear me out on this. Um it's a seven-minute YouTube thing. It's about Harley Quinn, um, and it basically tells her origin story mm-hmm. in seven minutes. Which in seven minutes, yeah, in a very good way. Which I've never seen in the comic books. I haven't seen it yet. Um, the Joker is in there, right? And a Joker-like character. A Joker-like character. Yeah. It's probably the Joker. Yeah. Um, what's crazy about this? Okay, I'll just kind of I'll kind of break it down, but I want you guys to watch it. Um, it's it's a black and white. Uh, thing you know the whole thing's black and white it's in an it was color was it did you i'm fucking colorblind so (laughs) maybe that's why dude no it was just there was like very uh i mean there it wasn't bright and colorful but no it was in color i mean she had uh, you know you could see her makeup she had her her lipstick was red Okay. Well, I'm totally uh, fucking colorblind. <laughs> did you did you watch the same video? I did. I did. I'm totally colorblind. I'm not. I'm not joking. Okay. So, okay. So we what we've learned through through, through many podcasts right. is that. And I was telling like somebody else. I was telling somebody else on our Facebook page. It, it was Frank Hammer. Uh-huh. And he was talking about how we need to have a segment called Piper's Pronunciations. I know Frank, and I'll kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, and so, I said there needs, you know, there needs to be just like John, I said, Jay is our John Travolta, right? And we need to have a Jay Piper uh, name generator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs to make that. I've got, I've got all kinds of problems. Rorschach. Right. No, they're not problems. They're, they're little quirks. <laughs> they're gifts. They're quirks, and I, I, I think they're, I think they're actually hysterical. Are you telling me they're gifts? They're gifts. Are you from the future? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was in black and white. <laughs> it's totally not. It's not in black and okay. white. Okay, dark tones. Let's just right. say dark tones. <laughs> it was in dark tones, like a Sifa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you probably pronounced that wrong too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I definitely did. And so anyway, uh, anyway, regardless of the color scheme, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Jay doesn't work for fucking Crayola. I don't fucking know. You don't work for Crayola. You don't have to explain yourself. Okay, thank God. Okay. Fuck Periwinkle. What the fuck is Periwinkle? <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck names something Periwinkle? Crayola does. <laughs> fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's face is like as red as a tomato. He's laughing. Okay. All right. Back to the Red Red Queen. Harley Quinn, the Red Queen. Right. Right. This sounds like a horrible Tampax commercial. Yeah, it's gross, but let's break it down. All right. Let's break it down. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, it's in this kind of – it looks like an insane asylum. You know, uh, you know your typical white walled, you know, building with you know people screaming in the background, stuff like that. Yeah, and you see this character Harley Quinn being drugged across the floor by her feet, by uh, you know this kind of big brutish dude. He's kind of scarred; his whole face is scarred, and she's not screaming. She doesn't even look coherent. Yeah, she's completely like her eyes are open, yeah. but she looks comatose. Right. And he's dragging her across the floor. You know, there's definitely really cool score to this, really for foreboding kind of music going on. And, you know, so right away you're like, this is kind of mature and serious. And, you know, definitely is like she's not wearing any pants, for starters. And she's got a straight jacket on. And her face is painted. Yeah. And it looks like, you know, maybe there was some scarring, you know, around the mouth. Did you notice the scarring around the gentleman's mouth as well? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did. And... And so, yeah, she she gets drugged into this room, and she gets put on a chair. And they pass this other doctor girl who looks, you know, similar to this Harley Quinn girl that's being drugged across the floor. But she's in a kind of a doctor's outfit, but she's Mm -hmm. also wearing leggings. Yeah. So she's trying to be kind of – I don't know. She's very seductive looking, I guess I should say. And then you have this – uh, the, this guy that was following the brutish guy dragging Harley Quinn, who kind of looks like the Joker. He's got the scars on his face and kind of on his eyeballs, you know, kind of giving the clown appearance. And then he starts talking uh, while this doctor lady sits down and she's like, you know, tell me a joke. Right. And so he's 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 sitting there preparing all his uh, equipment. He's got a bunch of uh, scalpels and stuff. You know, it looks like he's going to torture the fuck out of this this girl with that looks like Harley Quinn. Yeah. And this other girl is like, "Okay, tell me a joke." She sits down and crosses her legs, and and then he starts talking, which he sounds exactly like Mark Hamill's Joker from yeah. the cartoon series and everything else you've seen in animated or digital Batman. Yes. And he starts talking like Mark Hamill would talk, which I thought was fucking amazing and kind of. I was like sat up at that point. It's like, okay, what's going on? Here? I'm sure they, I'm, I'm sure they planned it that way. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And um, he starts talking, and uh, he tells the story of two sisters. And of course, like I said, you have these two girls that look very similar. One's a doctor, one's in a fucking straitjacket. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how one's crazy, and she came over to visit, and all this stuff. I know some of our listeners are kind of putting it together. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so you're kind of seeing this play out, and the joke, not the Joker could be the joker telling the story and then all of a sudden the 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 power goes out and the uh the doctor lady is kind of like hey go turn on the power to this guy that kind of sounds like the joker and so he goes turns on the power and she goes up to the harley quinn character and says i'm gonna have a lot of fun with you you know and Mm -hmm. licks licks her face at that point right which was kind of nutty um, but there, you know, I'll kind of get to that in a, in a second. Um, so the power comes or the power's off. This Joker guy's trying to turn the power on. And so the Harley Quinn character gets up and says, I'm going to have a lot of fun with you. And then of course, 
chokes out the doctor girl. And then you come back a scene later and she's bitten off part of her face. Right. <laughs> and she also attacks the, uh, the Joker type character. And does something to him. We don't get to see it because it ends at that point. You know, right. it's only seven minutes. Um, and there's some other stuff that goes on after that, you know, kind of uh, wrapping all that part up. But it was really interesting. I mean, it's the girl uh, playing Harley Quinn, Sheridan Fisher is mm-hmm. her name. She has her own uh, uh, YouTube page and channel and all that stuff. But she was phenomenal. Well, I mean, you know who she was talking to. She was talking to herself. She was talking to herself. Absolutely. And that's the really cool thing about this. I had to, I had to watch it a second time because I was like, are they literally trying to say that she was talking to her sister? No. Who was also fucked up. She was a, she was a psychiatrist before this who actually took the Joker on as a patient. Right. And through talking to him, he is so manipulative. That she started to become almost like – it's almost like that Manson thing right. where you listen to this guy enough and he he just manipulates your mind. She basically started to worship him yeah, and she, that she became Harley Quinn. I, I, what was her name before uh, – like what was her name? It was very similar to Harley Quinn. It was like uh, Dr. Harlequin. Harlequin, yeah. Or Quinner or something. Right. I can't remember. Right. Forgive me. And, it, it, you know, it's a seven-minute trailer, and like I said, you might not catch that at first. I didn't. I absolutely didn't. But when I thought about it, I was like, wait a minute. I caught it. They're trying to say that she was – yeah, she was talking. I caught about it. So. And the only reason I caught it is because I've recently read a comic book where they showed a flashback of her as the psychiatrist talking to the Joker. Right, right. And that whole interaction, her origin. Well, it was fucked up. It was a Suicide Squad issue where okay. they showed a lot of uh, a lot of that going on. Okay. It, it, the, and that's what I my immediate reaction was that first part where this you almost think like Killer Croc type character is dragging her around, right? And this Joker guy's behind him. You almost think, okay, this is about how he fucked her up, yeah. And he's gonna do it, you know. He's gonna torture or whatever else he's gonna do. And they totally turn that on its head, yeah. And, and they show this whole other thing, and it's only seven fucking minutes. It was smart. It was smart. It was dark. It was definitely I dark. Mean, yeah, <clears throat> it was dark. It's not for kids, right? Yeah. It was it, like Batman meets Saw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But it was, uh, you know, I've never been, I've never been a huge fan of Harley Quinn. You know, a lot of people are gonna hate me for I that. I love Harley Quinn. I'm not a huge fan. Um, I didn't really see her place in the Joker's world. Why he would want, you know, a sidekick like that. What about the animated series? Really? Oh, well, the animated series is a little bit different. Yeah, um, I don't like the slutty version in the New Fifty Two. Yeah, the the comic book stories never really. Hit and me. now they've kind of turned her into like DC's version of Deadpool. Where, yeah, like, exactly. Her, her solo book book is more of like a joke and things like that. But I love Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. I, I love Harley Quinn. It just kind of always took away from me what the Joker was, you know what I mean? To have this other person that would also right. fall into that was kind of, you know, kind of fucked up. I did like her. Well, I mean, he, he's manipulated so many people. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at the movies, the comic books. I mean, there's, there's people that run around in Joker masks. That's and true. Else. I mean, she just happened to be like the, I, I think he saw something in her that he could use. And I mean, he'd, he'd, he'd sell her out in a second. Yeah. Though. But the whole love affair thing. And yeah, I think this yeah. kind of like plays into that very well to where it made sense. Like these yeah. two have a relationship. Right. Because of what he did to her. And yeah. she's so fucked in the head now yeah. because of it. 
So. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a crazy story that yeah. she was his psychiatrist and it it flipped. Yeah, I know. I never I never really put that together. You always knew her origin in the mm-hmm. comic books, but it was never really fully explored. Okay, she was you know the Joker psychiatrist. They 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 kind of went. Yeah, they they really didn't do much with her until that Suicide Squad issue where they showed her origin and that, yeah. that book sold like fucking hotcakes. Well, it's kind of yeah. The demand of things now is that they want more Harley Quinn, yeah. which you know I I understand that now after seeing this. So. Yeah. Um, hopefully they do an episode she too. She doesn't sit well with everybody. I mean, well, there's yeah. some people that love her, some people that don't. I mean, I, I personally love the character. I love Harley Quinn. She's different. I mean, I give her that. She's she's one of the weirdest characters. And I ever. have no problem with women wanting to cosplay Harley Quinn. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Every Halloween is pretty great. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see here. I want to talk about a movie that I saw. Um, this is going to be a long one, but I, I've got to explain this because it's kind of a weird movie for me to rent and watch, but. It's called Robot and Frank. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's called Robot and Frank. Uh, (laughs) It's about an old man and his personal robot, and it's set in the near future. Um, Before I talk about the movie, I want to talk about what what compelled me to rent it. Um, I I rented this movie because of my obsession with robots. Mm -hmm. Um, And not just sci-fi movie robots. I'm talking about real-life personal robots. Uh, As a child, uh, back in the early 80s, I saw a commercial for a Max Steel robot. And Max Steel was a, a part of RoboForce. It was a toy line of robots. They battled each other. Uh, and they were from a toy company called Ideal. Um, they had uh, the toys. If you bought the, the actual toy, it was like a six-inch toy. And they had suction cup bases. And they almost looked like a Dalek from Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, some had uh, hooks for arms and, and some had extendable arms. They were cool. I loved them. Uh, I had the Max Steel figure and I had the, vil- the villain. Uh, his name was Hun Dread. <clears throat> and uh, they – so I remember going to Toys R Us when I was a kid and, and going uh, – back in the day, going to Toys R Us wasn't just going to the toy store. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about, Jay. Anybody that grew up in the 80s will remember going to Toys R Us. It was more like an event. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you didn't always get to go. Yeah. And when you went, it was like Christmas, it, even if you didn't buy anything. Even if you didn't buy anything, yeah. you were just looking around. It yeah. was like an event. So I remember going to Toys R Us uh, back in the 80s, probably like you know, 83, 84, something around there. And, and what was cool about Toys R Us back then is uh, back then there was this glass display, uh, <laughs> glass case display. You know exactly what I I'm remember, talking about. I remember, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The glass case display in the store, um, that that's where they showcased all of their high-end toys – and, you know, stuff like video game systems, you know, they had the power wheels, uh, you know, like, uh, sets like Castle Grayskull. Yeah. So I remember going there, um, as a kid and I saw this two foot tall, I already had the toy at home, Max Steel. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing a two foot tall Max Steel robot in this case. Yeah. And to this day, I still want one of these things <laughs> just for nostalgia. There were only 5,000 that were produced. Shit. Uh, this was the coolest toy robot I had ever seen. Um, he could bring you a can of soda. Oh, yeah. Uh, he could wake you up. He could play computer games. Uh, he also had a flashlight. Uh, the robot, he was capable of learning new tricks through expansion packs. Uh, he could move around, light up, use his arms to carry around and deliver secret messages. Um, and all the other robotic robot things he could do. Them. Yeah. It was cool. He could talk. Uh, his vocabulary extended well past a hundred words. Uh, and then uh, as an added bonus, Max had a working claw. Right. Now keep in, keep in mind, this is 1984. Yeah. 
but this is the, the robot that set off my love for the Transformers. It started with Max Steel, then it went to Transformers. Um, <clears throat> now, there was even a, a sweepstakes that Alphabets, the serial, <laughs> had at the time. I remember this commercial, seeing this. Uh-huh. Like, holy crap, I got to tell my mom we got to eat Alphabets. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. We got to eat Alphabets now. <laughs> Because I saw that you could win one of these if you ate alphabets. <laughs> yeah. I and remember that. I do remember I had that. never eaten alphabets before. Mm-hmm. And I had to eat alphabets from here on out because I wanted a Max Steel personal robot. Right. What happened? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my mom wasted a lot of money on alphabets. That's what happened. <laughs> I ate a lot of alphabets and I got the alpha shits. And you learned a lot. <laughs> And you learned a lot. I, I, I learned that life isn't fair because oh. I still don't have a fucking Max Steel two foot robot. Oh, dude. Okay. All right. So you can actually you can there, there's a commercial for this uh-huh. um, for the um, Alphabet sweepstakes yeah. with, the, with the Max Steel. Now you can actually Google the commercial on YouTube. Uh, it showed the robot with this kid, and it was depicted as uh, they, they showed Max Steel. He was like the catcher at the baseball game. <laughs> you know. And he's got he's got the catcher's mitt, man. Yeah. And, and you know the kid kid the pitcher throws a pitch and Max Steele catches the ball. Yeah. And, uh, and you're out, motherfucker. Get off the field. <laughs> they they actually said that right. to a ten year old. They kid. could say that in the eighties. Back in the eighties, anything yeah. went. You yeah. could drop f bombs, whatever. There True was story. Nudity in commercials. It oh, was crazy time. time. Crazy Vagina, time. Vagina. Yeah. Boobs. It was nuts. <laughs> I and nuts. Right. I remember a Hoover commercial where this guy was snorting coke. Right. Why? But I don't know. It was, it was the 80s. It was bizarre. After he snorted the coke, he lifted the rest of it with right. the Hoover. Freedom isn't free, guys. Yeah, it's not free. <laughs> where are we? I don't know. Anyway. Um, but see, like, it's just, you know, you know, okay, of course, they showed Max Steel catching the, the, the baseball, which like, the toy couldn't do that. We knew that. No, we didn't. We weren't stupid. I guarantee you, some fucking kid out there. Didn't read the fine print at the bottom. Right. And like, you know. He was like, Mom! <laughs> Dude! I, I just I just broke my Max Steel <laughs> robot when I threw a fastball at him. I threw it so hard and I thought he was going to catch it, man. Can we throw him in that landfill that Atari's got with all the video games? Because he doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. You can't throw a ball at Max Steel. But, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny how toy companies can show you all, all this amazing shit that toys can't do you can by, fly just by posting a disclaimer on the screen yeah you know they do the same thing now that i'm an adult oh yeah for sure believe me i know i'm not a stunt driver you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to put a little asterisk at the bottom of the screen to remind me <laughs> that i'm not a fucking stunt driver i know i'm not going to get my nissan and drive around a track <laughs> a wet track and try to perform these maneuvers that these guys do. It just says, Brian, we know you're not a stunt driver. Please do not attempt this at all. Oh, shit. Okay. Now, I do have the uh, audio from this commercial. Oh, okay. I have to play it. Excellent. With Alphabet Serial, you can win this robot. Congratulations. Wait for me. Thank you. Begin, game. You are out. It's the Alphabet's Robot Instant Winner Game. Millions will enter. Fifty kids win. Fifty. If you look inside specially marked boxes of post-Alphabet cereal for two laser stickers, one could say you win a Max Steel. Or for free entry, write Box 1740, New York, New York. I like you. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I, I was 
Back in 84, I was six years old. Yeah, you didn't know. And I'm seeing this amazing robot do all these amazing things. You're out, dude. I'm thinking to myself, if I got one of these robots, I could take them up to the park and we could play. You don't need friends. I don't need friends. (laughs) Well, I'm going to have tons of friends because I'm going to be the only kid on the block with a fucking robot. Yeah, yeah. And they Who get, else has got a fucking robot? Right. And he's totally interactive. 100%. 100% interactive. <laughs> uh, You're out. Okay. All right, Max Steele. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, let's see here. Where was I? I was talking about a movie. Oh. Really, I was. That's right. But now I'm actually, I'm, I'm talking about my obsession with robots. I want to okay. hear more about it. I'm going to tell you more okay. about my obsession with robots. Right. Fuck. But I've always, I've always, seriously, I, ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted my own personal robot. Um, mm. and, and I will get one one day. It's just America is not like, we don't, we don't have like this thing for personal robots. Like we don't. Japan, right. Japan, Japan, they have personal robots. You're right. Yeah. They do. They have personal robots They're going around their house. Uh, you can go to the mall. You can go they've to the, got it. They've got it there. I was mesmerized, uh, as a kid by the robot in Rocky three. Oh God. Yeah. What was his name? I don't remember. It, it, he actually, had the cool like insect eyes. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. There's a real company that makes those robots for people. You those can actually awesome. order your own, and they will make. They still make them today. Mm-hmm. I've looked these up. I'm obsessed with these things. Yeah, I love fucking robots. It was a very cool robot. Yeah, that robot was awesome. Uh, later in the early 2000s, uh, Sharper Image sold a robot called Robo Scout, and it was uh, an early telepresence device that uh, it could be operated by remote control, and it had a tray, and it could serve you drinks, but it was expensive. <laughs> And uh, it just didn't do enough. It was like $500, $600. It just did not do enough. Then this guy in Japan made the Asahi beer-pouring robot, the Robococo. Yeah. And it looked like R2-D2 in a way. It stored a cold beer in its refrigerator abdomen (laughs) and would pour you a beer with its robot hands. Right. Okay. Uh, granted, it took like, you know, 10 minutes to pour it, but it, <laughs> it did. It took forever. It, like, it had, the beer had to like go up through its abdomen. He had to grab it. Then he had to pop it open, the can open. And, and then, then you just shake it. And then it. move it to pour it. And then make sure not to put too much head on the beer. Right. Tilt it just the right way. But it, it looked really cool. And I really wanted one. And I never got one. I missed the boat on that. Then a couple of years ago, this company called Robodynamics, they promised to do, uh, for robots what Apple did for the smartphone. Hmm. Uh, they had a robot called Luna, and you can look this thing up. It was supposed to be out in 2012, uh, and they said it would be just $1,000, and it could connect to your Wi-Fi, and you could update it with new apps. Uh, it could be a telepresence device. It looked really cool. You know, It's something that you could use like turn your lights off if you're away, if you forgot to turn your lights off. Right. Um, it, it would be an alarm clock, a uh, day planner. You could set your DVR on this thing. I was pretty excited, and I was prepared to buy one. I was totally going to get one. And it never came out. I don't think they ever got funded. Um, well, there, uh, let's see here. Okay, which, okay, I love robots. Okay, anyway, which brings me to the movie and why I watched this movie called Robot and Frank. On the front of the box, it just shows this old guy and this robot that looks like, uh, I'll get into it. It stars Frank Langella, uh, James Marsden. We remember him as Cyclops mm-hmm. in all the X-Men movies. He's really good in this, by the way. Liv Tyler, Susan Sarandon, and Peter Sarsgaard as the voice of the robot. Cool. Uh, I love this movie. It's a Tupperware for me. Um, it it kind of reminds me of like that new movie, Her, that came out with Joaquin Phoenix, just yeah. about you know what kind of technologies out there in the future. You know, that dealt with an operating system. This dealt with like a robot. Right. Um, it takes place in the near future where robots, like you know, like the Honda Simo. If you've ever watched the videos on the Honda Simo, that robot, which if you haven't seen those those videos watch them 
The because dancing, the dancing robot. He'll, well, he'll walk upstairs yeah. and he'll run, right. and it just looks. It's this thing that it's 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 like this object, but it's moving like a human. Yeah, it, it really fucks with your head to watch it at the because it looks like it's a living being, right? And it's not. It's completely programmed. I don't know if people realize that how far they've gotten with well, that technology. This is where we're. Go- this is how we're going to fight wars in the future. I mean, we're already using drones. We're already using drones, and they're talking about using them for peacekeeping missions already. So, yeah. And they do move like humans. They do. And they can learn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think people know that. <laughs> well, I think, like, the military's, like, even made some of them that move, like, that, that are shaped like spiders that yeah. can move over different terrains. Oh, yeah. Like that. Shit's crazy, man. It's insane. And, and yeah, me and you used to, like, I remember you and I used to, like, dig for wires. Let's let's collect wires so we can build yeah. a robot. We yeah. used to do that when we were kids, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of kids were like that, and that's why Transformers were so appealing. Oh, yeah, I love Transformers. I always wanted a robot. I still yeah. want a robot. Yeah. I, I look into this stuff all the time. Like, I was obsessed with that Robot Dynamics Luna. Yeah. I wanted one I so mean, we, we kind of have that with our iPhones and, yeah. you know, our phones these days. Like, that's insane, like, Star Trek technology that yeah. we have right. in our hands now. And they can totally do that, but the shit is, it learns. Yeah. They learn, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, this, the movie, back to the movie. I'm going to talk about the movie now. Right, talk about it. It's a movie, yeah, like I said, it's called uh, Robot and Frank. And then it takes place in the near future where these robots, they actually look kind of like the Honda Simo. And they're available to the public. You can buy them, and they're available as servants. Hmm. Um, now, Frank, he's an older man. He's living alone. And his kids, uh, they're played by uh, Liv Tyler and James Marsden. Uh, they're all grown up and, uh, you know, they, they're doing their own thing. You know, Liv Tyler lives abroad and James Marden, he, Marsden, he, he lives in the States, but he works and has his family and stuff like that and he can't be around to take care of Frank. And so, um, you know, they worry about him. And so this is where James Marsden buys him the robot to take care of him. And now if you're thinking this is just some sweet movie where an old man learns to become more human from a robot, you know, <laughs> I learned, I learned about my humanity from spending time with this robot. No, this is not like a, a driving Miss Daisy thing at all. Right. Okay. This is, you're wrong. Let's just say that when Frank was younger, he was a cat burglar. I'm oh, going to leave it at that. He was, when he was younger, he was a cat burglar. The interactions. So basically, you know, he finds excitement in this robot because this robot can rejuvenate that 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 younger Frank right. that liked to you know burglarize and things like that. This is kind of like his new partner. Oh, cool! So it's a really cool movie. Wow, it's a really cool movie. It's a lot of fun. The interactions between him and the robot are very funny at times. Definitely rent this one. I don't know if it's on Netflix or not, but it's called Robot and Frank. And I know I told you. I knew that was like a long story to get to the actual movie. But I just wanted to know, I just wanted everybody to know I, I love robots and why. Yeah, well, it's a cool take on that story. I mean, again, that's another story that's been told so many times. Like, we're actually facing it in real time life, you know, the technology evolving on its own and stuff like that. But it's cool to show a relatable kind of like, Almost, I want to live through this. I'm going to live through my robot kind of situation. Right. You know, what if I could be a, a machine or something like that? That's yeah. That's a good take on it, and you haven't really seen much of that. Oh, and uh, finally, I just want to say I give it a Tupperware. Okay, it's a Tupperware because 
you know, and it's like when we rate these things, like uh, like if we rate like a comic book movie, we're like gauging it against other comic book movies in the genre. And mm. for like, I just thought this was like a brand new take on something that I hadn't seen. It know? totally is. Yeah. yeah, that's totally interesting. So as far as like the subject matter and how they presented it and the twist and everything like that, I'm, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a Tupperware. So definitely rent this one. Excellent. Yeah. When did that come out, by the way? You know, what? I think it came out a couple years ago. It's just okay. one of those things that like I had seen it kind of forgotten about it and then uh i saw it somewhere again and i was like i'm gonna go to the video store see if they had it they had it i watched it loved it so tupperware that shit awesome um i want to talk about a trailer as well okay um i saw a new trailer for a movie called lfo now um this has been out in canada since september 2013 um it's coming out in the states i believe in june july um, it's, or no, actually this is probably the fall. I'm sorry. This is coming out in the fall, um, in the States and worldwide, but it's been out in Canada since September. Um, it's, it's based on the notion that, you know, sound can control people. Right. And, and I mean, this is a real thing. Science has proved, you know, that low vibrations can cause things to happen and matter. You know, let's get real scientific here. Sorry guys. But, you know, low vibrations and stuff like that can change matter. It can cause things to happen to matter and atoms, you know, just at subatar, sub, subatomical, subatomical levels. level. Like a subatomic level. Brian level. Cranston. <laughs> and, <clears throat> so anyway, um, this movie kind of plays on that. And it's about a guy who's, you know, kind of a shut in. Um, and he's, you know, he seems like a very antisocial character. There's just a trailer out right now for this. Um, very antisocial character. It reminded me a lot of the character in Pi or even Memento, where it was just kind of this weird dude that was kind of operating very selfishly. You know what I mean? That was kind of in his own world, separate from the rest of what was going on in the movie. And, you know, they even make a point in, in the trailer to say, you know, um, you need to get back in touch reality. It seems like it's caught up with you. So this is a guy, a scientist, and a, you know, kind of a brainiac that's come come up with this way, very accidentally, um, to you know use sound to manipulate people. So he starts doing it to his neighbors, and so this film explores well. If you found this out, what would you do with it? Oh, this is almost kind of like the same concept of uh, Ricky Gervais's movie, The Invention of Lying. Exactly. Like, he, he was the first one to find out, like, oh, in this world that, you know, that lying didn't exist, everyone told the truth. Yeah. He, he was the one who figured it out, and anything he said, people believed. So, like, this is almost kind of like the same concept he's, in a way. Yeah, he's, he's using <clears throat> manipul- manipulation, but he's it's exploring you know what what science is and there's even a scene where he says uh you know sometimes scientists have to put morality to the wayside right and you know to some extent i think a lot of us would agree with that sometimes you do have to for the betterment of like mankind yeah, and people, species you know like the uh, stem cell research and things stuff like, like that. that where yeah. it's just kind of walking the line where you know should we do this or should we not based you know based on you know human morals and so this kind of explores that and even in the trailer it shows kind of first off he's just kind of having fun with this right he discovered it and he's like okay well you know i definitely need to experiment on this i can't really tell anybody i don't want to get this shut down cuz this is a big deal um and so he starts fucking with his neighbors and that turns really bad, apparently. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and it's kind of uh, – it just blew me away because it was very out of left field. I love all this science stuff, and I love that this is going to be kind of – it's kind of a dark comedy. What happens to the neighbors? Well, you find that out. You find that out. In the trailer? 
Kind of, yeah. I mean, there there comes to a point where his he's you're he, just a teasing motherfucker, aren't you, Jay? There comes no. To, you just want us to watch the trailer. You don't want to give anything away. Do well, you? I do want you to watch the trailer, <laughs> but there, there's a point where his I think it's his wife or his girlfriend. Uh-huh. Somebody's living with who's him. in this movie. This is all Swedish actors. It's not even an English speaking film. We love the Swedes here on. We love them. We love the Swedes. Right, but obviously. Swedish chef. We've always talked about. Bringy, bringy, bring. I love <laughs> love that shit. Um, the meatballs are magnifique. Right. They're not going to redo this. No. This is this is the Swedish film, and that's why it came out in Canada first. Okay. Um, so it's nobody that anybody knows. Um, it's, you said it's the Swedish film, and that's why it came out in Canada first. Right. Of course. Does that make? How does that make any sense? It's all European. <laughs> what? <laughs> Your geography's fucked up too. It's all very European. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Swedish film. And that, naturally, that's why it came out in Canada first. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Hold on. All right. So, anyway, it's not English. There's no English. Okay. <laughs> it's Canadian. All right. I'm Swedish, you hoser. Via Sweden. Okay. <laughs> What's that all the boot? Being in Sweden. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> okay. All right. Go back to... Go Hold back. on. All right. Hold on. Okay, so Sweden via Canada. All right, it came out from Swedish people. But Canada's like, hey, we're cool with the Swedes. You guys aren't. We're going to put this out. Okay. So they did. All right, so go go back. In September. In September. All right. But anyway, yeah, it's just – it was intriguing to me because – You said something about the girlfriend. Right, yeah. There's there's this girlfriend slash wife that kind of comes in and talks to him and says – um, you know, the neighbors have been reported missing for weeks. You know, you've got to stop doing this. So she knows about what he's doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just this guy in his basement with a bunch of computers and I, I don't think it's like modern. I mean, from the looks of things, it looks like, you know, late eighties, maybe yeah. technology. Okay. And this guy kind of discovering that he can manipulate people via. So, where do you sound. think? Where do you? Where do you personally think the story is going to go? Do you think it's going to be like this guy on a power trip? Like, like holy shit! I have a, wow! It's amazing! I can manipulate these people, almost becoming like a puppet master, and like, but maybe it backfires on him. I think. I think ultimately, he's probably going to be like, I shouldn't be doing this, right? And he hides it. Yeah. You know, because that's kind of what the trailer was kind of imposing was that, you know, he's not going to tell anybody about this just yet. At yeah. the same time, he's doing these very immoral things to his neighbors. Right. I think he's going to move to Sweden personally. <laughs> <laughs> they are in Sweden. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, well, then he's going to he's going to get on a flight to Canada. I mean, maybe there's tech- that, just, that just makes sense when you're from Sweden. <laughs> I'll just help her right to Canada. Eh? <laughs> Things aren't working out here in Sweden. Right. The Americans have found out about this. The, I'm going to Canada. The logical alternative is to go to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so. Which I think is where Wolf Cop opens as well. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> but anyway, I don't get I don't get pumped about many uh, uh, trailers. I was actually looking for the Sin City, a Dame to Kill for trailer, which yeah. I saw and was great. Yeah, but I don't have much to say about it because I saw this other trailer, LFO, right. and. Uh, it looks like it's going to be really fucking cool. Like I said, it looks like those dark movies like Memento and Pi where it is kind of a thriller. But um, because this guy's so awkward and antisocial, it's kind of also a comedy, I guess. I mean, 
to me, it was pretty dark, but it's just an interesting subject matter. You know, this is something that they've talked about in technology fields that they can control people via sound. They used it yeah. uh, apparently in places like Iraq, you know, against, you know, crowds of people. Right. They shoot sound, low vibration sound waves into them. And, um, so it's interesting. It's just, just kind of a new, you know, and like I said, it came out last year. I am just now hearing about this, which is kind of unfortunate, but looks like it's coming out soon. I think it's going to be June, July, something like that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, remember, hey, last week you talked about In Your Eyes. Yes. Vimeo. I, I, uh, Vimeo, it's kind of like a YouTube. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I get email updates from Vimeo. They sent me an email saying that I could watch In Your Eyes through Vimeo for $5. Really? Yeah. I pay $5. I can watch, I can watch In Your Eyes, the entire movie. Bam. I could download it right there to Vimeo. Stream, Holy shit. stream it right off of Vimeo. That's not even out yet. I mean, it's not. I, I'll show you the email. I was blown away. What the hell? Yeah. Okay. It looks great. I mean, did you watch that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I definitely want to see it. And so um, I, I might even drop. I'm going to be like, I got a new job, everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I started a new job. Uh, I actually started training last week. I got to go up for training this week. I'll be in Schaumburg all week, so I'm going to be bored. Yeah. So I'm going to be watching a lot of Hulu. I'm going to be watching, uh, maybe I might even drop five bucks on that uh, in your eyes and just watch that in the hotel room. I'm surprised, man. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it, it's not getting any hype either. I, I mean, I don't even know exactly when that's coming out. Yeah. Um, it's been getting a little bit of uh, publicity on some of like the movie sites and stuff like that, but not on TV or. It just seems like one of those, it seems like one of those just classic kind of, uh, adolescent love stories. Yeah. You know, we all had that growing up where we fell in love or we felt connected. Right. You know, to this other person. And I think that maybe is what he's exploring. This he, is, he this always is, throws that stuff in there. This is one of those movies where like, you know, like, uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson's got two movies out yeah. right now. I mean, well, coming out. She's got the, what's that, Lucy? Yes. But right now in theaters, you can watch Under, Under Your Skin. Mm hmm. Which is that movie where she's like an alien. It's kind of like species in a way where she lures these men and things like that. Yeah. And that's out right now. But that's really like low key and like not, not a lot of people have been, you know, talking about that. It's an, it's an indie film. Yeah. So this is kind of like Joss Whedon's indie film. Hmm. Yeah. So. I guess, I guess it would be. I mean, it just looks like, uh, I don't know. It just seems so interesting. You know, this, yeah. this girl across. I don't even know where they live. Like the trailer doesn't really explain much, but uh, you know they live very far apart from each other. But they experience each other. Do you think they're ever going to meet? Emotions. I don't know. Do you think it's like, going to draw them together or something like that? It seems like from the talk I've heard that it's kind of a dark movie. Like yeah. you know the whole point of it's kind of dark, but I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I don't know. Oh yeah, I had one more. Would you got anything else for good pop, bad pop? Um. I was going to talk. I want to talk about this because I've been meaning to talk about it. Um, Sweden, right? Sweden. We're going to talk a little bit about the Swedish culture. Yeah, a little bit about the Sweden. I posted something on Facebook a long time ago, and I've been meaning to talk about this. But um, we are Batman: um, Legends of Legends of the Night. Um, this was a short film put together by Brett Culp, um, and basically uh, Kevin Smith. Uh, Covered this on his Fat Man and the Batman right. podcast, Smodcast. Smodco podcast in February. Mm-hmm. So he was on top of this a long time ago, even before I think I saw it. Right. Um, and, you know, he said it brought him to tears. Um, and what it is basically is 
this guy, you know, Bre- uh, uh, Brett Culp, he works for like Fortune 500 companies. He does a lot of, uh, you know, video editing and stuff like that. So he's, he's worked with big wigs, but he wanted to do, do something for himself, basically, and for his family, his sons. He's got, I think, he, I believe he has two sons. So he said, Hey guys, we're going to, we're leaving Sweden. We're going to Canada. We're leaving Sweden. We're immediately going to Canada <laughs> and we're going to do something about Batman. Right. Um, so, you know, a while back we heard about, um, you know, the kid with cancer um, coming out and saying, yeah, yeah. how do you fight cancer? Well, I would fight it like Batman fights cancer. Right. And this is kind of, uh, you know, Kyle Sapp, uh, the five-year-old diagnosed with leukemia. Um, so we all saw that story. And this bat, kind of... The bat kid story. The bat kid it was story. huge. It was all over. And this, uh, he's, uh, he's in this, absolutely. Uh, among other people kind of like him that take that persona or the ideal of, I should be doing more as a human being. Right. And, and... He basically, uh, you know, he was on the Kevin Smith podcast. Like I said, Kevin Smith said, you have to be a robot not to get emotional when you see this. This is the best take on Batman that I've ever seen. And what he's saying is that, you know, the, the, bat, the Batman, uh, the five-year-old kid running in the backyard with his cape on, yeah. that is the Batman that nobody owns. That is the Batman that everybody owns, that yeah. we all own, that, you know, isn't dominated by money or, you know, corporations, you know, because Batman, of course, is owned by Warner Brothers and right. all, the, you know, and DC Comics. My first day of preschool, um, when I went to preschool, my very first day mm-hmm. as a kid, they, we had art class and everybody was supposed to draw what they wanted to draw in mm-hmm. art class. And we had like the, the, like the, um, the little paints and stuff like that, little paint brushes, and you could paint. What did I draw? I drew Batman and Robin. Yeah. I drew Batman and Robin. That yeah. first day in preschool, I drew Batman and Robin because I love the characters. Yeah, it's incredible. It's it's incredible even at a young age how he impacts people. And that's what, that's what uh, uh, Brett was also saying, the guy that made it, was saying that this is all stemming from when he was four or five years old and his interpretation yeah. of Batman. Now – you know, some people are kind of dismayed by this film because there is a little bit of a religious undertone. He's also stated that, you know, some of this is also because, you know, um, the story of Jesus Christ or mm-hmm. the Bible. Okay, that being aside, you know, this whole – the whole comic book thing is a mythology. You are hearing about Greek gods. You're you're still hearing these stories. Right. You think you're not, but you are. So – for people to say, oh, you know, don't talk about religion. Well, comic books is religion to a lot of people. Sure. I mean, Batman is important to a lot of people just as much as anybody else or these religious stories that they read. And so it is kind of one of those long-running stories that we keep telling ourselves as a culture. And he's saying, you know, this is an important story that we need to keep telling. I need to tell my kids that they're heroic rather than what their teacher tells them, rather than somebody that isn't their parents tells them that they are. And that's kind of what it stems from too. You know, his kids were having problems and he said, you know what? I go to this meeting and a bunch of, uh, you know, authorities are telling me that my kid has problems. It's going to be a, you know, a hard road for him. Yeah. And he's saying, that's not the story I have. And then he thought to Batman, he said that my story, my story is my kid standing on top of a, you know, whatever at the, at the park mm-hmm. with a cape on looking in the distance. He's heroic. I want right. everyone to know that they can be heroic. And so that's the whole story of this. And, uh, I don't know. It's just touched me on so many levels. I'm a huge Batman fan, of course. You know, I've talked about that before, but, um, 
just to hear a guy put it out there like this, he's he funded it himself. He said, if no one else saw it, this was for me and my wife and my family. I don't care if anyone else ever saw it. And then Kevin Smith is talking about and it. And then Kevin Smith said, yeah, uh, I will give you all my money. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <clears throat> Kevin Smith, of course, you know, he, he was laying the point down that uh, individuals need to think stronger of themselves, need to think better of themselves. You know, Kevin Smith was, of course – Hi, you know, he, he did well, you know, yeah. with clerks and stuff like that, but he put him out himself. He really put himself on the line. Sure he did. And said, this is my vision. And I'm sure people told him, dude, that's not going to work. He sold his entire comic book collection. Exactly. To fund clerks. Which people just are like, oh, big deal. And clerks, I think, cost $30,000. I may be wrong, but that's I'm thinking this- $30,000. But that was like his comic book collection. That was his savings. And what did he do with Clerks? Well, you know, what he, he, a whole slew of movies. He yeah. chased his dreams. The whole slew of movies that have come after that. He bought his comic book collection back and now he owns comic book stores on the East and West Coast. Right. But that was his childhood. He was willing to wager that my dream mm-hmm. is going to succeed. And that's kind of also what this story is telling is that, you know, people need to stop being so feeble and weak about themselves. You need to realize that, you know, if you have something you're passionate about, you maybe want to pursue it a little harder. Right. You know, maybe that's the spark that you need to get going. That's why we do this podcast. Yeah, exactly. I've always, I don't know. I've never, like, there's things I've wanted to do. And, like, I've always wanted to, like, do something like this. And we're doing it. Yeah. You know? We're not super successful. <laughs> no, but we could be doing other things, you know. It, it, it It's just one of those situations where it's like, yeah, but you know what makes this successful is every time we get somebody on Facebook and they post something, or every time I get an email from somebody, yeah, saying I love the show. Oh yeah, because there was times where like we do this show and like I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I said that, or I sounded like an idiot. There. Every every episode, I'm like, I don't want to say that. Yeah, I don't want to say what I want to say, but I right. do, you know. And yeah. and then uh, you know people don't hate us, and that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those things where. In society, you do look for other people to tell you you're great, you know, and stuff like that. But what you really should try and look for and what Batman kind of symbolizes is that, you know, um, it was either Brett or Kevin that said on the podcast, you know, just when you think you've had enough, just when you think you're done fighting, you look to somebody like Batman who says, you've just started. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit. So many times in my life, you know, that is what that is what has driven me. And, you know, I'm not taken away from uh, religion. I'm not taken away from Jesus or the Bible. I, I, I read those books, too. But, I mean, to me, somebody that hits close to home when I think of, like, I need to push a little harder, I read my fucking comic. It comes back to my comic books that I've yeah. read. Because that's what immediately comes to mind. Yeah. You know, what would, you know, Bruce Wayne, this human being, what would he do? And uh, I don't know. It's just it's just a really good, uh, You can you can have these films be screened. Um, tug.com, I think, is working with We Are Batman. Is that Tug with two Gs? Two Gs. Yeah. Yeah, like a tugboat. Yeah. Um, but they are, uh, they are working with We Are Batman to, uh, you know, you can have this screened in your hometown and the proceeds would be donated to your charity of choice. Awesome. Which is a great thing. And, and they're also, they have their own charity where they're going to, f- uh, fund more films that do things like this in a positive light. And, you know, he put his balls on the line. He's, you know, Warner Brothers, of course, in D.C. probably weren't too thrilled that somebody was using their property. Yeah, people do it all the time. Just we talked about Red Queen, you know? They do, yeah. You know? Yeah, they do, but <clears throat> this is pretty a big deal. And, you know, like I said, for Kevin Smith to be covering it and, and hyping it up, um, yeah. I strongly urge everybody to check it out. I'm going to be buying my copy in the next couple of weeks when I get some money. Um, 
But it's just one of those things that really hit close to home for me as a comic book reader, and I'm sure it does with a lot of people. So check it out. That's cool. Yeah. All right, one more thing. Do you, do you have any more? Is that no? Is you're it, good. Okay, I got one more. Uh, have you seen the Secret Life of Walter Mitty yet? No, but I want to. Okay. All right. I'm going to talk about Secret Life of Walter Mitty. It's directed by Ben Stiller. Dude, wait yes. a minute. I have seen that. You have. Yes. So All continue. Right. Yeah, we can continue. Talk about this. Yes. Okay. Cool. Uh, it's starring Ben Stiller, uh, Kristen Wiig, uh, Sean Penn, and Patton Oswalt. Uh, this was a fun movie to watch. Um, I had it had a lot of things that I liked in the in in, in this movie. There was the beautiful scenery uh, from uh, amazing locations. It had a great soundtrack, and, and it made you think. Yeah. Too. I mean, it really made you think. Uh, this movie is about life and, and about love. Um, so much that Ben Stiller works for Life magazine. Uh, and he has an eHarmony profile that plays a major part in this film. Uh, in, in the movie, Life magazine is going through a huge transition from paper to being online only. Uh, ben Stiller gets a new boss who's played by Adam Scott. Yes. Uh, <laughs> who is a, a huge dick in this film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Ben Stiller's job in this movie is, is to make sure that the last photo to be on the cover of Life is ready for print. And uh, the problem is that the negative is missing. Uh, so he goes on this journey to find the photographer and track down the photo so that he doesn't lose his job. Uh, he travels all over Greenland, uh, to Iceland, uh, to the Himalayan mountains. Um, there's a really cool scene and you'll remember this. If, uh, it's the scene where he's skateboarding in Iceland. Oh yeah. It's, 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 it's awesome. It's just gorgeous to look at. Yeah. Mind blowing. Uh, I love the, the, the locations. Whoever did like the scouting location, the, the scouting for this movie for the locations did a fantastic job. Yeah. The principal photography was great. I I was totally not expecting that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I like this movie so much. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. Uh, it's something I would definitely watch again. Mm -hmm. So secret life of Walter Mitty. What did you think? I wasn't even wanting to watch this. Um, he had, I can't remember the goddamn movie, but I've been wanting to review it since we've got back here uh-huh. with pop culture leftovers. Um, I was watching something that he did on Netflix. Ben Stiller. Yeah. That w- when we were in hiatus, that was another four star movie that I didn't even, you know, I just kind of watched it cause I was like, I like Ben Stiller. You yeah. know, I don't know what this is. Um, and it was another just phenomenal four star. He's such a, He's such a very understated um, comedic actor. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? He's well, not. We remember him. Like I don't know if all of our listeners. We do. remember his really goofy shit. The, well, we remember the Ben Stiller show. Yeah, exactly. He started on the Ben Stiller show, yeah. and even that show was ahead of its time. It won an Emmy for comedy, right? And they can't. Fox canceled it back in '93, right? It, we, did, it it lasted one season. We were watching stuff like Kids in the Hall, and we were like, you know, there's nothing American that can touch right. this. Exactly. But the Ben Stiller show did. Yeah, and, yeah. And you had the casting. You had Bob Odenkirk, yeah, who went on to do Mister Show, who's gone and, on to be Andy, yeah, uh, Andy Dick, yeah, uh, Janine Garofalo. I mean, this show, and then Mr. Show spawned Jack Black. Right. And David Cross. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, all the great. They all started on the Ben Stiller show here. Yeah. I mean, this is insane. And Ben Stiller is so, yeah, I, a lot of people think, like, oh, he's getting older, he's lost it. No. I mean, he's getting better. He's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's done. I, I didn't really care for the meet the Fockers shit. Right, right. Fuck that shit. Right. Fuck the Fockers. Now, um, but th- th- there's a lot of stuff that he has done in the past that I've loved. Um, what was the movie? I can't remember the name of it. Um, he did a movie. He did a fantastic movie with Bill Pullman back in the day. 
And then he did another movie where he played the guy who was actually the creator of Alf. Right. That was like Midnight. Uh, permanent Midnight. Permanent, permanent Midnight. Yeah. He it was the, great. It was great. The it was guy, great. The, yeah, the, not funny. Not funny. <laughs> yeah. the, the creator of Alf. Yeah. They didn't use Alf, the character, in this movie. Right, right. But they showed, like, you know, like what he went through, all the cocaine this guy did. Drug use. And, like, yeah. Like, oh, man, that was Permanent Midnight was so good. Yeah. There was another movie he was in with Bill Pullman. That was awesome. I don't remember the name of it. I can't remember that either. I've seen them all. I mean, I just, that's what sucks because he's so understated. I don't remember the fucking names of the movie I saw that he was in that I loved. Yeah. But that, this is another example where he's super understated. He's just, he's so well at playing a normal guy because I don't think he's wrapped up in all that shit in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, he never seems to, you know, he does these comedy specials where he talks to people. He doesn't do stand-up or anything, but he comes out and talks about comedy. You know, right. what is comedy? What is comedy in films? And he just seems like a normal dude. You know, he's not full of himself and all that shit. And this was another example of him where, you know, you can take him seriously, but at the same time, there's that quirkiness that Ben Stiller brings yeah. that nobody else can do. You know what I mean? Oh, man. I love his impersonations on uh, the Ben Stiller show. Yeah. If, just, if, you, if you've ever seen him do, he does a really good Tom Cruise. Yes. Excellent Tom Cruise. His Bruce Willis was fantastic. They showed, they, they showed, it was like, they were like, die hard. It was like back in the day, it was like, die hard six. And he's like, <laughs> he's in a supermarket. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, let's go to the grocery store we'll buy some cantaloupes (laughs) it was hilarious you know he he definitely mocks hollywood yeah a lot yeah definitely in the ben stiller show yeah Yeah. oh man i love i I do i still like ben stiller oh yeah i don't you know i'm not gonna lump him in with some of the guys i think that have fallen like uh dude i used to love adam sandler back in the day back on saturday Night live dude yeah it was funny and then when he when he did billy madison and he did happy gilmore and like those first slew of movies but like as he's gotten older, he hasn't like done that Bill Murray thing where he can transition into something different and be successful, in my opinion, at it. Yeah. yeah, there's still people that see Adam Sandler movies. I don't know who they are. I don't talk to these people. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with them. I think they're probably sociopaths. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know. Well, Happy Gilmore was kind of the attempt. Not Happy Gilmore, but uh Seriously, what's what, eating what if okay, si- si- <laughs> what's okay. eating Gilmore Gray? Oh no. That was Leon was that that was Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Okay. All right. But seriously, what if you're like out and, out, out and about, you know, let's say you're on a, like on a double date and you, the other couple, like, you know, the guy, you know, you've never met this guy before, but your girlfriend knows the girl and, but you've never met this guy before. And like yeah. all of a sudden he's talking to you and you're like, you're talking and he's like, oh man, I love, I love these, I love Adam Sandler. Like these new movies. Like, like where do you go from there, man? Where do you go? Like seriously, at that point, are do you kind of put a wall up or yeah. do you kind of like, just like say, oh yeah. Yeah, and try to like bullshit him. Like, oh yeah, I like Adam Sandler too. But you, you pretty much know you have nothing in common. <laughs> you have nothing in common right. at this point. I'm just gonna walk like, away. There's like, there's a, there's a <laughs> yeah. wall here. Yeah, yeah. This, me and this guy have really nothing to talk about. If I have to go home, I'll right. go home. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like if this guy would have been like, oh man, I can't believe like such and such show got canceled and it was a good show that you liked. Yeah. Then maybe, then maybe the, the, uh, there might be some. I'll buy you a drink. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some open communication there, but this yeah. guy's like, oh man, I can't wait to see Grown Ups 3. I heard yeah. that's coming out. Can't <laughs> wait to see it. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, Adam Sandler's gonna be in this new movie with Drew Barrymore. I can't wait. Oh god, they're so good. Yeah. So I might say that, it, but then I might at like that walk point, you're thinking, the other way. <laughs> like, when is this, when is this dinner date gonna end? Yeah. This guy fucking likes Adam Sandler. Basically, I'm screaming in my head going, what have I done? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why am I here? Yeah, I'm glad she's having a good time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
This guy is totally not appealing. I better get some head tonight. This is <laughs> because this guy in his fucking right. Ralph Lauren outfit. Fuck right. him. Because I think this is probably going to go on for like four more hours. <laughs> yeah. God. I'll, I'll take another drink. Right. You're going to have to get really drunk. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're right. There, But Ben Stiller is that actor where, you know, he Yeah, does, he may have a meet the fuckers, but... Yeah, but it doesn't define him. No, not at all. Yeah. He's still got great vision, and you can see that in Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I give it a Tupperware. Tupperware. So, Tupperware that shit. We're going to go to a uh, break. We'll come back. We'll do our new segment. Yes. <laughs> Moms, are your kids tired of the same old breakfast? If the answer is yes, then you need to try Pop Culture Leftovers. It's the breakfast podcast that not only tastes great, but it's healthy for your kids. And the best part is kids don't know that Pop Culture Leftovers is a super source of vitamins and minerals. Kids are pretty stupid. That's why good moms grab for Pop Culture Leftovers in the morning. And moms, if you aren't giving your kids Pop Culture Leftovers in the morning, maybe you really don't love them at all. But who am I to judge? Pop culture leftovers. It's what's for breakfast. Hey, guys. All right, and we're back. Uh, let's see here. We're going to talk about – this is going to be our news segment, so we're going to go over you know some of the news that happened this week. Um, let's do some quick news real quick. Uh, let's see here. Next week, like I said, is our Amazing Spider-Man 2 podcast. But Amazing Spider-Man 2 director Mark Webb recently said that we can probably expect to see J. Jonah Jameson in future Spider-Man movies. Yes. So that was an announcement that was made this past week that I saw. So I wonder who they're going to be able to cast in these new movies as J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the actor that played him in the last one was pretty perfect. He was awesome. It was one of the few things where I was like, yeah, yeah that was right on the money. Perfect casting. Yeah. That's like right up there with like, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Oh, Not yeah. on the same level as like the characters, but man, just, just a perfect bit of casting. Yeah, such, you know, a minor character, but a big character in the comic books. Absolutely. It's always around. Yeah. You know? So it'll be interesting to see who they get. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see here. Now, uh, Lou Ferrigno, uh, he was speaking to Nuke the Fridge, and he said that he will be back to voice the Hulk in Avengers Age of Ultron. Which is excellent news. Yeah, because he did, he did the voice, you know, when they, when, he, when the Hulk slammed Loki and said puny god. Yes. That, that was Lou Ferrigno. Yes. So A lot of people didn't actually know that either. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That was Lou Ferrigno, who played the Incredible Hulk back in the, uh, 70s TV show with Bill Bixby. Yes. Which I still love. I love it. I mean, the the theme song, the melancholy walk away music, the is, Lonely Man. Well, it's always called the, it's called the Lonely Man, right? And right. that 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 was a great series, and it was also a great series because it it, it was the Running Hulk. It wasn't yeah. the Invincible Hulk, right? And so that TV series was growing up. I know you watched it. I watched it all yeah. the time. I, my mom told me to watch it, so <laughs> I did. What I loved, what I loved about okay, the original series, how they killed him, and it was in the Incredible Hulk movie that they did a TV movie. How he died was like he fell out of an airplane and he died. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was like I think it was like an '80s movie that they made, and he fell. He jumped out of an airplane and died. Then in the Incredible Hulk movie with Edward Norton, yeah, he fell out. He fell out of the plane, and it only made him angry. Right, accelerate the heart rate. He became the Hulk, and it didn't kill him. Yeah, so I think that was kind of a cool throwback. And then also, there's an Easter egg in the Incredible Hulk movie where uh, they show Edward Norton in his apartment, and he's like, "Where was he in like Thailand or something yeah. like that?" 
And they show him in his apartment and there's a movie playing on his TV in the background and the actor on the TV at the time was Bill Bixby. Oh, shit. Who played <laughs> Bruce Banner. Very cool. Yeah. It was an awesome TV series. Yeah, it was a great I TV mean, series. It wasn't – I mean for the time, you know, in the 80s, it wasn't that hokey. I mean it was – it was something that I really enjoyed as a kid. I mean, I was a kid. So. They originally wanted to cast Schwarzenegger, and, yeah. he t- and he turned it down. Lou Ferrigno is a beast. He was huge. He is the fucking Hulk. He, he's still a big guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's still big. They showed him in a picture, uh, like, uh, squaring off against Chris Hemsworth. Yes, I saw his, that. His guns are still bigger than Hemsworth. <laughs> and Hemsworth is a big guy. Yeah. But, man, Lou Ferrigno. And remember, did you ever watch, like, the old Tough Man competitions? Oh, yeah, yeah. With him and like you know uh, Ken Patera, yep, and uh, you know uh, I don't think Schwarzenegger was in, in those. No, it was later. Yeah, it was Ken Patera and man, a lot of those muscle men from back in the day competing against each other. But Lou Ferrigno was just a beast. Yeah, man. he's insane. That was such a good show. I mean, they had Daredevil. Yeah, they had Thor. Right. It was so cool. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people discount it, but like growing up as a kid, like I think the Flash TV series was around. That wasn't around yet. Maybe later. There was a crappy Spider-Man series that came out. Yeah, that I, was really I used bad. to watch that. Yeah, and shitty Captain America movies and stuff like that. But that the, that the, one stood out. Oh, the Captain America movie that came out in like uh, I think it came out in like 1990. Yeah. You know, they said that that was not a theatrical release. That's bullcrap. In Springfield, Illinois, they played that at a theater. I met a guy at a comic book store who had a ticket stub from the <laughs> from the movie theater, proving that he saw this in the theater. Yeah. It was it was a one day theatrical release. That was like the surfing Captain America, right? Like the blonde dude that was kind of like a surfer looking guy uh, on the motorcycle. Wasn't that it, or was that something else? I think that's something else. Maybe that was an earlier incarnation, but yeah. you know, anyway, like it was a thrill for me as a comic book reader watching that show to see fucking Daredevil pop up and Thor pop up. Yeah. And Lou Ferrigno was such a great Hulk. And like I said, it was the running Hulk. It wasn't the invincible Hulk that was like, I'm just going to beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah. It was a guy that's like, I've got to hide this. Right. Which is the coolest. And he would just thing. go from town to town. Yeah. Is, the story. He was fo- a vagrant. The style of the story followed him. It right. Was awesome. And it was the people he met and ran into and then all of a sudden he can't talk to anybody anymore yeah <laughs> gosh i love the 80s had some great tv shows oh yeah absolutely. For, for the time like i used to love dukes of hazard a team yeah sledgehammer oh sledgehammer yeah. god i love sledgehammer yeah all right um let's see here back to some quick news i know that wasn't quick uh variety <laughs> reporter spoke with disney studios chairman alan horn uh who said he's quote struggling with the captain america release date Hmm. Kevin Feige said they weren't budging, but now Alan Horn uh, is saying that they are struggling with it. That's odd. So if anybody's going to move at this point, it, it could be it could be Marvel. Yeah. Which I was thinking, like DC would push it, you know, maybe to July that July twenty second spot, but we haven't heard anything about that. So yeah, it seems kind of odd that they'd uh, even contemplate it. It seemed like both yeah. studios were pretty sure. Yeah. And- well, Feige's all for it. Yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, just put them all out at the same time. People are going to go see them. I can right. pretty much guarantee it. 
Yeah. Uh, last week, real quick, I, I uh, talked about Marvel Universe Live, and I wanted to clear up exactly what it is for our listeners that were wondering. Marvel Universe Live will bring Marvel's most iconic heroes and fearsome villains to life like never before during a live-action arena spectacular that will tour 85 North American cities in its first two years. Officially kicking off in July 2014, Marvel Universe Live will redefine the live show experience by integrating a Marvel character-driven story with state-of-the-art special effects, pyrotechnics, aerial stunts, martial arts, and countless other show elements. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I know we talked about it last week a little bit, but I kind of wanted to clear up exactly what the show is about. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, again, where it's like, how are they going to pull this off? Is it going to be good? But it actually sounds kind of entertaining, you know? As long as the story's there. Yeah, I mean, I'd go by myself probably wouldn't tell my friends yeah exactly it's one of those things where you think you know this is probably a family only only event but i think a lot of people are probably going to be checking it out by themselves sure i i will if if i can get to it for sure all right let's see here did you uh, did you want to talk about something or do you want me to go we i got star wars news do you want to go into star wars news do you got something let's talk some star wars yeah you go ahead and then i got some stuff too Okay, uh, let's see here. Speaking of Disney Studios chairman Alan Horn, he got to fly to London where he recently spoke with J.J. Abrams. Okay, now here's the skinny on the conversation. They are not confirming that Star Wars Episode Seven will in fact come out in December. Right. It may still come out in May because that's a big deal to Star Wars fans. Yeah, May um, the 4th. May the 4th. Well, it hasn't always come out in May the 4th. Well, that is the Star Wars day, though. Yeah. May so f- maybe it's just because of that, right. the month, yeah. May the 4th be with you. But see, the thing is, it's like, you know, it depends on if that comes out on a Friday. I think it's on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, this year. Yeah, but I mean, it could come out in May. Um, the filming in Abu Dhabi is almost complete. Uh, and remember, those are the scenes that, they've, that, that they're doing in Tatooine. Now, if you know about the original Star Wars films, you'll know that the original Tatooine scenes were filmed in Tunisia. Uh, which is now actually a tourist attraction. Yeah. Uh, Lucas is still a consultant and is involved and the casting is almost complete. Hmm. Which we haven't heard anything. No. But Lucas is still involved in this. That's surprising. Yeah. As a consultant though. Right. So, well, I mean, I mean, before the acquisition was done, before Disney acquired Lucasfilm, he turned in his outlines. Yeah. He turned in his outlines to them with, I'm, I'm sure with the, understanding that the outlines were followed somewhat. Right, right. You know, I mean, he's not going to hand over his baby, his bread and butter, his lifelong passion to anybody. You know, he did he did hand it over to Disney, and I'm sure that there were certain um, measurements that needed to be taken from Disney in order to get this deal done. I would assume so, being yeah. as much but of a stickler as he is. Yeah, right? Kathleen Kennedy is the head of this Star Wars Lucasfilm universe now. Right. And they've kept... You know, Lu- uh, Lucas as, as as a consultant, but Kathleen Kennedy, she's the main person right now. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like Disney Star Wars Kevin Feige. They're basically tying everything oh, together with Disney somebody, Marvel. Disney Marvel Kevin Feige, yeah, <clears throat> tying it all together under one umbrella, which yeah. is what she is, right? Which I think is probably a good move, you know. And I I wouldn't want 
Lucas totally out of the picture. I mean, no, he's the creator. You can say all the shit you want about him, but right. he created it. So why yeah. would you not let him be involved? Exactly. Don't be a dick, right? <laughs> you know, we all know that Han shot first. We all know it. Yeah, even he did. Uh, when they were film, I think when they were filming the Phantom Menace or one of the prequels, he was wearing a T-shirt that says Han shot first. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. it's on the internet. Look at it. I remember that when it was coming. I think he just does this shit to fuck with people. <laughs> I do. Well, it's his baby. Like right. you said, like, you know, if you had an idea, would you, you know, would you change it just based on popular opinion? Probably right. not. You know, he, he has his own idea of how he wants it to go and he doesn't care what other people think. And right. part of that is redeeming. Some of it's really frustrating. Yeah. But. Yeah, I don't know. I think that in his age, like some of this stuff just wasn't as good. But I mean, you know, okay, hey, you can say whatever you want to about Lucas. He brought us Star Wars. It w- if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be watching these films. But still, the best Star Wars movie, in my opinion, is Empire. Yeah. And that was not directed by George Lucas. That was Irvin Kirshner. Right. So right. I somebody in my store, I was, you know, I work at a record store. Somebody was talking about Star Wars. You know, Star Wars comes up pretty much every other day or so, at least a couple times a week. And uh, they were like, oh, nobody likes Empire. And I stopped what I was doing. What the fuck? I was at the other end of the store, and I was like, what the fuck did that guy just say? And I went over there, and I was like, what do you you mean Empire sucked? And he's like, well, you know, probably... Let me guess, this motherfucker, he he likes Jedi. He likes Jedi. Jedi. That's exactly what I was going to say. He was younger than you, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's because he loves Ewoks. I don't get it. I don't get it. I was just totally blown away and I like had to confront the guy, you know. I was right. like, what do you mean, Empire? I was what? like, I work here. Let me just talk to you one second, sir. And, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, I kind of like Jedi better. And of course, everybody else teamed up on the guy and was like, you know, yeah. and I had to separate him, you know. But, you know, you have that right to say that. Maybe you do like it better, but I don't get it, man. Empire is one of the best movies period absolutely it's not just a star wars film it stands by itself right jedi does not stand no. by itself whatsoever no i mean there's things that i <laughs> don't get me wrong there's things i like about jedi oh yeah but i mean as as far as like the star wars movies i would say star wars the original is great because it was the first time you're introduced to this universe yeah star wars uh you know empire strikes back is that emotional. That's where everything just kind of like it got dark, everything got real. I mean, yep. everything was exposed and it was just – dude, that opened up the whole world. Then they realized what they had and then they're like, how can we sell toys? And then we got Return of the Jedi right. and we got the Ewoks. The Ewoks, those were originally supposed to be Wookiee babies. Yeah. And then they changed the story and then they did this whole Endor thing with the Ewoks. It is kind of scary, yeah. Because you you think Disney and you think they're probably in the same boat as yeah. that that they might want to go that route, right? But yeah, I mean you're totally correct. I mean the first one was a culmination of Lucas's ideas about what this universe was. Right. It's just like when you hear like <clears throat> any band, any band that you like, just throw it out there, whatever. That band spent years making that first album, and that's why you like that first album better than the second and the third. Exactly. It's the same thing, but they pulled it off with Empire, unlike a lot of other movies where the sequel does not live up to expectations. The sequel is actually the best of the series in this case. Right. And it's because it was a different person writing. Right. Just like when you said about bands, like this is the same way. Like there's not, not every band are you going to have like Nirvana where you take like, okay, you've got this amazing band Nirvana, which 
I appreciate a, I I loved Murata back in the day, but I appreciate them a lot more now in my older age, yeah. like for what they did for music. But there's not many times in Nirvana, like bands like Nirvana, where like when the band ends, that you have like another band branch off that's really popular, like Foo Fighters, right? You know, it doesn't happen that often, and I think that's kind of like. Star Wars in a way. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, uh, it, it's a rare thing. Well, of course, when capitalism gets involved, which of yeah. course it did in Star Wars, then you have that end result. And that I think it's a lot of people's worry about Disney getting involved in this and, and Lucas kind of sitting by the side and, you know, I'm a consultant. You know, yeah. what does that actually mean? You know, do you even care about this anymore? Because a lot of people don't think he really gives a fuck. Is it a passion project or is this just a franchise that you can make money off of? Right. I mean, the guy looks miserable. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but, you know, you see people, and I don't know George Lucas. I don't know him personally, so, you know, I'm not one to judge. But you see the guy in pictures with the Disney staff and stuff. He looks like a miserable sack of shit. And it's like, do you care? Do you give a fuck? I mean, I know a lot of people lamb-blasted him for, you know, Phantom Menace and stuff like that. But I still own the fucking movies. I still yeah. bought them. I bought the damn toys. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm still going to support you because I believe in your original vision. Yeah. So, I mean, is that there? Is it there at all anymore? I don't know. You know, um, they, 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 they talked a lot about this week. Me and you have talked about it earlier today, um, about the expanded universe not being a factor. Yeah. There's a, an official statement. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, official announcement from Disney and Lucasfilm about the movies and the Star Wars expanded universe. Um, I'm, is it okay if I read the full yeah. statement? Oh, yeah. The full statement, it, it actually came from StarWars.com. Uh, here it is. For over 35 years, the expanded universe has enriched the Star Wars experience for fans seeking to continue the adventure beyond what is seen on the screen. When he created Star Wars, George Lucas created a universe that sparked imagination and inspired others to create. He opened up that universe to be a creative space for other people to tell their own tales. This became the expanded universe, or EU, of comics, novels, video games, and more. While Lucasfilm always strived to keep the stories created for the EU consistent, Lucas always made it clear that he was not beholden to the EU. He set the films he created as the canon. This includes the six Star Wars episodes and the many hours of content he developed and produced Star Wars The Clone Wars. These stories are the immovable objects of the Star Wars history the characters and events to which all other tales must align. Now, Jay, I wonder if that includes the Star Wars Christmas special. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it does. Well, I think it does include it it for him, yes. Well, no, he's embarrassed of it. That's why it's never been released, Jay. Oh, okay, okay. It's never been mass released. Like you can find That's true. it. You can go to cons. I just remember watching it. it when it came out. Yeah, it is the first appearance of Boba Fett in the cartoon, though. Yes, That's the cool thing about it. It was cool, but they, like they had like Chewbacca's family, and yeah. I mean, people don't understand. Like this came out like right after. This came out in '78. Yeah, it was a Star Wars Christmas special. It was a, it was a, a one time aired event. It was aired on TV and had everybody from the cast. It had it had Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, everybody from the original cast. This was like a one hour special. Yeah, a Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> yeah, yeah I had real. the VHS. Like I, yeah. Lucas wants to like he won't even talk about this thing. Yeah. He, he wants to get it to the point where, like, it doesn't exist. Like, this is just myth. No, it exists. Like, you can watch it on YouTube. You yeah. can go to YouTube and watch the Star Wars Christmas special. There's that and then the Ewok. The Ewok cartoon. Yeah. And no, then- no, 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 no. There was a live 
Remember that there was like a live action thing with Ewoks really? as well. Yeah. I remember the Ewok cartoon and then the droid cartoon. Yeah, that, that oh, those were yeah, yeah. Droids was actually pretty good. Yeah, um, but yeah, there was another live action Ewok thing. Okay, that I remember watching when I was watching the Christmas special too. But right, I huh. don't remember what it was called. Now, uh, let's see here the quote. Um, okay, uh, now with an exciting future filled with new cinematic installments of Star Wars. All aspects of Star Wars storytelling moving forward will be connected. Under Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy's direction, the company for the first time ever has formed a story group to oversee and coordinate all Star Wars creative development. So, from that statement, we have learned that there will be no expanded universe in these future films. Now, Jay, I know last week you mentioned Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah. Uh, how does this make you feel? Um, yeah, how, how do you, how does this statement make you feel about the direction of, you know, we've all speculated that they could throw in expanded universe. Yeah. Now that there's confirmation, concrete, uh, confirmation that there will be no expanded universe, that this is not canon, how does this make you feel? Well, my, my immediate reaction is kind of, it's a, it's a dick move. I mean, a lot of us, um, you know, who were really passionate about Star Wars before talk of Phantom Menace or all the prequels even came up. We were reading those fucking comic books. We were reading the expanded universe. We were reading the novels as well as the comic books. So you had Dark Force Rising, Heir to the Empire, all the stuff that was coming out that followed the timeline exactly like 30 years after the events. So you had, you know, an older Leia and Han. You had their kids, the Jedi twins. You had uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn as, uh, <clears throat> you know, the leader of the Empire, somebody that was uh, impervious to the Force. Um, you know, all kinds of stuff like like Luke becoming almost the next Darth Vader. This was all the expanded universe. The reason the expanded universe is even being talked about in in, in today's news in regards to where the new films are going is because they were so fucking great. Yeah. And what sucks is, you know, they were the ones who brought – Boba Fett back. It was right. the expanded universe that brought those. You know, Marvel back. did some good work when they had the property, but I think Dark Horse, Dark yeah. Horse Comics, really stepped it out and stepped it up. Now, not everything Dark Horse has done has been great. Right. Not everything they've done has been great, but there's a lot of great Dark Horse comics out oh, there. Oh yeah, especially recently, they've been pushing the the brand of Star Wars in comic book form. Since it started, since they started doing that. And they're losing it in 2015. And now they're going to lose it. And basically he's saying, well, fuck those stories. You know, we might take elements from it that we like. But other than that, we're not going to tell those stories. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I'm thinking that uh, they could still pull inspiration from those stories and then use them in these films without using the same characters. Well, yeah, but also it's sad that, like, from here on out, it's only going to be under Lucasfilm banner. So if you want to do that, you're going to do it on your own terms and you right. might get a lawsuit. Yeah. You know, and that sucks. You know, everybody should be able to expand upon that. Well, Marvel is going to be doing the comics now. Are they? Okay. Well, okay, Marvel bought, Dis uh, Marvel bought Lucasfilm. Okay. Which, okay, not Marvel, but Disney, Disney. bought Lucasfilm. Yeah. Disney owns Marvel, so Marvel gets the comic rights back, which... 
me and Jake have talked about this uh, on the phone. We talked about it, and we were we're excited. I, I'm going to miss Dark Force because uh, uh, Dark Horse doing the comics because I've really been running, loving the uh, the Brian Wood Star Wars yeah, book, yeah, um, and then the uh, the uh, Star Wars Legacy book that's out now. I've really been enjoying those, but. Marvel, when they get their hands on it, their creators are going to be able to do stuff with the Star Wars universe. I mean, could you imagine like a uh, um, a Boba Fett book drawn by Mike Allred? Oh, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of stuff that we can look forward to, possibly. Right. You know, but you know, yeah, I'm I'm going to miss Dark Horse. They they they've really done a great job over the past twenty years with that property. Yeah. And for a long time. For a long time. I just feel like, you know, they had more freedom to do what they wanted with those characters. Yeah. And you're not going to see those, like, moments. You know, we I, I would read those comics as a teenager, the Dark Horse comics, and be like, oh, my God, can you imagine that they put this scenario? In a movie. Right. Yeah. What if this happened? This should happen. Right. And and a lot of that is kind of, you know, what's what I'm kind of pissed about is that a lot of those stories, I think, should have been the actual continuation yeah. of the story. Well, see, we were talking outside before we recorded, mm-hmm. and last week we had a couple scenarios. I really liked your scenario. Like, you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn and, like, somebody that repels the Force. He's right. an alien that repels the Force. He's not a Sith. Right. Bringing that into this Star Wars mythos, into the, can- the, the, the canon of the films. And then I brought up that there could be a Sith Lord, which would be the brought up in Tatooine, which would be the yeah. opposite of, you know, Luke, you know, being raised on Tatooine. Yes. Okay. So... I pre- preferably, I prefer yours. I prefer your scenario. But see, the thing is, is like you've got J.J. Abrams who grew up with the Sith. Yeah. And so, of course, like we were talking outside, like anybody that takes over the Batman comic, they want to give like their uh, version of the Joker. Like, right. oh, okay, yeah, so-and-so, they got to do their Joker. I'm going to show you my Joker. So anytime you get to write for Batman, you want to show off your version of the Joker. So now we're thinking like this is J.J. Abrams getting a hold of the, the property, and he, he wants to show off his version of the Sith Lords. Yeah. So th- I'm think- that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the same thing too, you know, discussing it with you that that's probably the way to go. I mean, I, anyone. It's not the way to go. And, well, it's no, just it's the not, way they're going to go. Right. And anyone in that position is going to do that. Right. It's, right. It's not the way to go, but it is what you're going to choose. Yeah. Anyone in that position is going to do I that. But I think the better story is, like you said, Grand Amor Thrawn. Somebody that repels the force, an alien that can repel the force. Right. That's more compelling to me. Like, holy shit, this is something we haven't battled before. Right. What do we do? But that's what you get from the expanded universe. And are are we going to get that quality? And that's what we're losing from not incorporating the expanded universe because into the films. Is Lucas going to be like, no, every fucking time somebody brings something like that up, you know? Right. No, I don't want that. Right. That's that's my worry is that he now Well, he doesn't have he doesn't have any say in this anymore. He's a consultant. Right. So you're really looking at Kathleen Kennedy making right. the final decision. But I assume she has close ties with Lucas, you know. Yeah, but I mean ultimately it is up to her. That's I mean, true. she has the final say. That's true. But yeah, that that that's the most worrisome. I mean, hopefully we see a change when it actually comes out. You know, we're just speculating right. these things that may or may not happen. Yeah. Um but hopefully I'm proven wrong that Abrams does understand that Well it's not like okay, and we're not we're not saying that there can't be good stories told from a Sith. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we could see a very imposing Sith. For sure. 
yeah. for sure. But you know, somebody like me and you that have grown up with this, you know, like it came out when I was born. Sure. So I've been living with Star Wars forever. So right. I want to see. There wasn't something. a time in your life you don't remember Star Wars, right? And that's what the books did for me. That he's saying now is not canon, right? The books did for me reinvigorated my interest in the whole Star Wars sure. thing in my later years. Well, think about it. We didn't have a movie for 16 years. Yeah. For 16 we years. We had no choice had but Dark, to read these books. We had the Timothy Zahn books and we had Star Wars, uh, the Dark Horse yeah. books. Yep. And, and that's what we had. And, and, you know, it was fucking fantastic. Yeah. And I could envision it. It was so well laid out. I read the fucking, you know, Lord of the Rings books really late. Right. I, I found out about the movies and then I read the books. The books were so in-depth. I was just enthralled. I read them in a week. Same thing with the Timothy Zahn Star right. Wars series. I read them in a week. Yeah. And it covered all my bases. It had all the mythology. It had all the depth. It had all the characters. The same characters from the first three movies. I'm hoping they pull inspiration from some of these stories. Pull. I'm not saying they have to use the same characters, but I'm hoping that they pull inspiration as kind of like a wink and a nod to the fans of Dark Horse yeah. and the D- Timothy Zahn novels. Yeah, and well, that's another thing that bugs me. Star Wars Rebels is going to have elements of the expanded universe. But it's not the same thing as like, you know, Captain America the Winter Soldier where like it's like it's totally attributed to Ed Brubaker. Right. Like they even brought Ed Brubaker into the movie. Yes. Like, you know, it's not like these movies they're going to have like, you know, uh, you know, Zahn come in there and be like, you know, like, I don't know, a background character. He's not going to get any credit for any of this you don't because because they've already said like there's no expanded universe. Expanded yeah. universe is not canon. Right. And, you know, they basically said that, you know, people will care about this because of the demand for the older story. Does it make you feel like any of this expanded universe does not hold any validity now? Does, is that, does it make you feel in that, that way anyway? Like, do the stories not, are they not as personal to you anymore because of the statement? Yeah, absolutely. It feels like something I found out on the fringe. You know what I mean? They're not going to acknowledge that these characters or universes existed or these stories. That's an honest answer. And it sucks. Yeah, because I think most people, if I would ask them, they'd be like, oh, no, those stories still hold weight. But it's just the fact that Disney Lucasfilm says, no, these are not canon. I just want to ask Lucas, did you actually read the fucking stories? That's what pisses me off. Like, Well, I think he was totally supportive of the Zahn novels. He was. Yeah. That's what – Which this kind of blows my mind. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's a control issue. Yeah. The whole thing seems like a control issue. And I get it with – you know, we have Avengers under one roof. You know, somebody's dictating what's going to happen fucking 20 years down the line with those films. Yeah, he's got it mapped out to 2028. That universe. And I think that's good. I think right. that's a good thing for the series. But to be like, oh, all all Elseworld or, you know, alternate universe. No, 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 no. I, they're pulling in everything from even the six, the, the Marvel 616 and the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. They, they didn't use Falcon's costume from the 616. They incorporated more of Falcon's costume from the Ultimate Universe. Right, which is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. No, I totally agree. They're right. pulling from both worlds. And you can see Sony do, using more of the Ultimate Spider-Man than they are the 616. And with such high demand, people, people are, you know, when 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 this rumor came out that Abrams was going to take over and that there was actually going to be a new Star Wars right uh, trilogy, yeah. people were like immediately EU the expanded universe. Are we going to have the expanded? But it's universe? not Abrams saying I'm pulling the plug on EU. It's I think it's Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. Well, that's worrisome. That's yeah. very worrisome. I think I, you know it would have been nice if she would have been like, okay, we acknowledge the expanded universe, and there's definitely some elements we'd like to pull from those stories because they're great stories. Yeah, but all of a sudden Lucasfilm's like, no, we're shutting those no, all No, expanded down. universe is not canon. We're we will own it from yeah. now on. 
and we will dictate what happens from now right. on. I think that's bullshit. Uh, all I'm saying is uh, until the end of 2014 – Definitely check out some of these Dark Horse comics. They're really good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, go back and look at their back catalog. Buy it, them in trades. It makes you love the original series. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, again, it kind of irks me. It's like, dude, did you read these? Right. Does he have any say anymore? I don't know. You know, maybe I'm talking about my ass. Yeah. <sighs> He's a consultant. Right. Okay. I, I think part of the deal that was made is he would be involved in the project, that, that, that they would follow these outlines to an extent. Um, you know, I don't think it's gonna, they're going to be a slap in the face, right? You know, to Lucas, but you know, the ultimate final say in all these movies comes down to Kathleen Kennedy, right? I mean, it's just for a movie that was so, you know, Martin Scorsese talks to George Lucas, says you can make a religion out of this for right. something that is that important to be like, we don't hear shit from Lucas, we right. don't hear him say a goddamn thing about it, right? Are you just getting the paycheck? Because if you are, I don't want to fucking support it anymore. I don't. Because you're fucking with my childhood. Well, to be <laughs> to be fair, he gave all those. He gave he sold Star Wars and gave everything to charity. Yeah. So, which is uh, admirable. Which is a tax write off. So it, he got the money back. It's anyway. also a tax write off. <laughs> he seems like a shysty businessman. But you know what I mean. I just don't want to see him in pictures, not saying a fucking word. Yeah. Where is his comment on where this is going? If he is a consultant, I still want to hear about what he has to say. Well, about all he cares about is his six films that he made. Yeah. When it comes down to well, it, well, just who's building the empire here? Yeah. <laughs> Lucasfilm is the Empire. I know. And that's what we, it's coming we, to. We have attachment to, to some of these expanded universe stories. Them, not so much. They want to tell a new story. so Which is fine. But let's see where they go. That's cool. Yeah. But, you know, we haven't heard shit. Well, I, I've heard a little bit, and they're having a hard time. Uh, there's another Star Wars rumor floating around that Disney and Lucasfilm executives had a secret breakfast meeting. Uh, to talk about the franchise, and one of the main focuses of that meeting was the rumored Boba Fett film. Oh. Um, now, this movie, uh, this is a movie that either Simon Kinberg or Lawrence Kasdan are writing, but they are having a hell of a time making the character work in the script. Uh, they understand that he's a bounty hunter, and wherever the money is, that's where his allegiance lies, but um, they're, they're really having a hard time uh, figuring this character out because they have to make him... He's a villain. Yeah. But they have to find a way to make him also likable and a hero in this movie. They're having a really hard time with it. The rumor came from uh, MakingStarWars.net, and it stated, quote, Lucasfilm wants Boba Fett to remain menacing and scary, but we have had to make him the hero of the film, and it is a real challenge, end quote. Hmm. Interesting. What do you think, Do you want some? Do you want to process this while I go over it a little bit? Go, keep going. Okay. Keep going. All right. Uh, Guys, I think the answer is pretty simple here. They're having a hard time with this with this script because okay, he's he's he, he's he's a menacing bounty hunter, but they have to make him the hero and the focus of the story. Okay, I, I think the answer is to have him mix it up with other villainous bounty hunters in this film, villainous bounty hunters that are even worse than him. Right. I mean, okay. <clears throat> For example, I want you to look at Mel Gibson's character of Riggs in the Lethal Weapon movies. Okay. I mean, he is sort of an anti-hero, yeah. anti-hero yeah, for sure. in those movies. He wants to do what's right, but is very self-destructive to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends up only hurting him and, and the ones that try to get close to him. Uh, if he wasn't a detective, I could really see Riggs, you know, being 
a mercenary. Okay. Now also look at, look at the Punisher. Yeah. Same kind of character. I mean, you know, tragic things turned him into an anti-hero. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, Frank Castle is doing all these things because his family was killed, but at the same time, he goes around and he kills people. Yeah. He's a bad guy. Brutally, yeah. Brutally kills people. Um, Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. He, he's he's fu- likable. He's likable. He's funny, but he's still <laughs> a fucking pirate. Right. <laughs> right. Okay? You just throw a bunch of other pirates around him that are worse than him, and it makes him look like the better of the pirates. Right. But he's still a pirate. Yeah. And he even says that in the film. Pirate. Right. You know? He'll <laughs> yeah. remind you. Sorry. I'm a pirate. <laughs> I think the same thing. It needs to be done with Boba Fett. You need to show his life. You need to show the ones around him that are trying to look out for him. Uh, let's get some human connection. I want to see him years after his father dies. Right. I don't want to see him as a boy again. I want to see him years after his father dies, maybe age 16, 17. Maybe he's living in some sort of a home for boys where there's different alien races uh, of alien kids uh, that bully him. They beat him up, and then we just wait around for him to stick up for himself, and he finally does. And and, and though we know where he ends up and who he becomes and, and how he turns out, we're still finding ourselves rooting for him, even though we know he's a villain. Um, I, I want to see his descent into being this cold-hearted, calculating bounty hunter. Yeah. What makes him become this guy? Right. Um, I can almost see them throwing in a love story as well. Now, I can hear a collective groan from every Star Wars fanboy out there saying, come on, a fucking love story. We had it in the first movies, blah, blah, blah. But seriously, he's a red-blooded male, and you can't tell me that Boba Fett didn't want to, you know, he didn't get some tail back in his day. Right. Come on, seriously. <laughs> right. Uh, maybe he didn't find true love, but I'm sure that there's someone that he was close to. Oh, yeah. Okay? I'm not, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I'm just speculating at this point. But I think there's a great story in there somewhere. They just they need they need to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. Maybe go back a little bit. What, do you, what are you thinking? Does any of that make sense? Yeah, I, I kind of actually feel like now that you say that, that it's probably more of the direction that it's going to go. I mean um, – Are they smart enough to figure that out though? Boba Fett's such a, a cryptic character as far as we know. People didn't even know if Boba Fett was a male character right. until they came out. People were thinking that they might pull a Samus from Metroid thing where it might be a female. Right. Until they came out with uh, the originals when they re-released them with the new effects and like he was like nodding and we- or nodding at women. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the <laughs> yeah. cantina. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got to think of, uh, how, how subtle this character was in the movies and how much of an impact he had. I mean, you really don't know shit about him besides that his father was killed by a Jedi. So how does that right. drive this guy? Did his father do that because of money or because he was a dickhead? Right. I think he probably did it because he wanted money. Yeah. He was a bounty hunter. Yeah. So does that make him necessarily a bad guy, a bounty hunter? Going after criminals for money? I don't know. I, I don't think so. So this guy kind of thinks he's on the right path. And I kind of feel like that's the Boba Fett story that needs to be told is kind of like Han Solo to Princess Leia where it's like I'm doing this because I need money, not not necessarily because I'm a bad guy. Right. And that's kind of the same story, I think, is that he has this ideal of who his father was, kind of this, you know uh, – Almost like a Western gunslinger, as we saw in the in the prequels, you know, uh, 
kind of heroic guy. So you have this this character who saw his dad as this heroic guy when he really wasn't necessarily. Right. You know, he might have been doing it for the wrong wrong things or not. I don't know. We don't yeah. know that. We need to explore what that is. I want to see people in his life, yeah. like like the people around him, maybe friends, maybe like a, a woman that are like seeing like maybe like the way his life is going and they're wanting to pull him out of this. And make you know, I, you know what I mean, and, yeah. and seeing his descent, like I said, yeah, he's he's definitely a vigilante. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not just a bounty hunter. He definitely has. That. Well, he put being a bounty hunter, you're putting your life on the line. Yeah, you know what I mean. He, Every day, he thinks he's doing the right thing. Yeah, he thinks he's the good guy. Mm-hmm. So even when he's going against Han Solo in uh, Return of the Jedi. He thinks he's arresting a criminal. He's doing a job. Yeah, even though it's for Boba Fett or right. uh, for Jabba the Hutt, he thinks he's doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Let's take the mask off. Let's take the mask off of this film yeah. and let's break this down. Yeah, and that would be a very compelling film, right? Because there's so much to say, absolutely. And I think that's why they probably will go that road where he does kind of have. But it a needs romance. to. It needs to. Yeah, and I mean, I know everybody out there is thinking, "Ah, oh, fuck a romance." Yeah. In every in every male's life, in every man's life, if you look back on your life, there's always a woman. It's yeah. part. It's just part of life, right? You can say, "Oh, I don't want to see a romance in this film," but there's 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 a woman in Boba Fett's life. There's got to be, right? There's a big picture, and that's what Star Wars always was was the big big picture of life story, right? And that's why people related to it, yeah. Even though Han and Leia. And and all that shit just seemed kind of hokey. Looking back at the time, you were totally into it. Totally, because it was a it was just a core human thing. But they need to do this in such a wonderful deconstructive way. They need to deconstruct this so well that when you put the pieces back together and you look at the original trilogy, right, that it all fits, right. That it all fits. Once it's deconstructed in this film and you put it back together, you can actually look at elements from the first trilogy and be like, wow, that makes sense. Right. He did that because of this. Right. Or he did that because of this. That character trait that we saw here, that's because of this. Right. It all needs to come together. It can't just be haphazardly thrown together in this prequel Boba Fett one-shot movie. Right, right. Fuck that. They need to respect the original source as well. You can say they don't have a lot to go on. But if you're smart, you can make this work. Even comedy writer Larry David can take something so small at the beginning of one of his episodes and a series of events leads to the very end of it being that punchline that yeah. looked that, that connected to that one silly event at the beginning of the show. Right. It's the same thing here. Right. You need to have connections made to the original trilogy to get us fanboys pumping our fists like, that's fucking Boba Fett. Right. That's fucking Boba Fett. Yeah. I don't want to see a character on the screen that I disconnect with. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? What does this have to do with anything that we saw in the fucking original Star Wars trilogy? Right. I want to be like, oh my god, this fits. It's like a puzzle. They're putting it together. Well done, Kathleen Kennedy. You said fuck you to the expanded universe, but you know what? You did this right. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. I would hope. I would hope they did this because they have their own vision and they have a clear. It sounds like they don't, though, Jay. They're struggling with fucking getting the script done. They don't know how to fucking do this. They don't know when it's going to be done necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. They they, it hasn't even been confirmed that they're going to make a Boba Fett film. Right. 
Right. They don't even – we don't even know who's writing the goddamn thing. <laughs> is it Simon Kinberg? Is it Lawrence Kasdan? We don't fucking know. Yeah. Who's starring in episode seven? We don't fucking know. We don't know a damn thing. Yeah. We don't know anything. We don't know anything. Can we get a lunchbox with a fucking <laughs> picture of a character on it? Something? This is Star Wars. So you would think there'd be at least a little tidbit. But they're like, oh, Chewbacca's in it. Chewbacca, R2-D2. Okay. Not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Not surprised. So we've got two characters that can't and, even speak English. And now we're announcing Boba Fett solo films before anything has been brought no, up. No, they're, they're, the, they're not even announcing Well, the, not officially. It's not official. Not officially. This, is, no, this, this breakfast meeting, Jay, it might not have even happened. This is rumored. <laughs> yeah. Even everything. The, even everything in this movie is rumored. They don't even know if there was a breakfast meeting. Right. Why are we sure of something at this point? About this. the, the uh, We're talking about a rumored movie that was being talked about in a rumored breakfast meeting. That's how <laughs> fucked up this shit is, Jay. Yeah. We don't know what's going on with Star Wars. We have no you idea. You know what? I might even be, you know what? I might even be connected to the fucking Matrix. You might None be. of this is real. I don't fucking there know. There might not even be a Star Wars. It <laughs> might be in my head. I might be George Lucas at this point. Right. I, I might have created Star Wars. I don't even know. I, know. Get I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on right now. There is nothing real. I want no. Listen, in all seriousness, I want some fucking concrete Star Wars news. Damn it! Yeah, it's about I am time. begging for it. They announced this in October of what was it? October of 2012, the Disney Lucasfilm acquisition. Right. And we've got nothing. Yeah. Just speculation. It's asinine. Yeah. Something. I mean, I don't want J.J. Abrams' stick to be what Star Wars becomes. All this hidden bull crap, and we're eventually going to re- reveal. Is this M. Night Shyamalan? Ham? <laughs> Shalihim? It's M. Night Shyamalan. But Are yeah. we going to fucking do this yeah. where it's just surprise? Surprise! Right. That's what Star Wars is. It's a big surprise. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Are they going to do this to us every movie? I fucking hope not. I fucking hope not. Give us something. Throw us a bone. We're getting, yeah. I mean, we're getting to the point where we should hear some concrete news about what the fuck the casting is. They say they already have it, but they're not going to release it. I understand, like, holding stuff over. Like, I understand that with the Nolan Batman films. We're not going to give everything away in the trailers, or we're not going to talk about it. I get that. But a little something to reassure us where this is heading. Because it is scary. It's scary because we love Star Wars and we don't want to see them mess this up. Yeah, and you know it's scary when you're fucking with people like Boba Fett characters like Boba Fett that we all... But we don't know if they're even going to make a Boba Fett movie. No. We don't know if they're going to make a solo uh, uh, Han Solo solo film. There's been talk of young Han Solo films. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know anything that they're doing. We just know that there's Star Wars Episode 7 followed by uh, a couple of these uh, standalone one-shot films, and then they're going to do Episode 8. So every year they're going to come out with a Star Wars movie, but we know nothing about any of them. Yeah. It's worrisome. It is worrisome. I have nothing to uh, to be excited so far. <laughs> you know, unfortunately. Oh, I, well, every, we know where they're filming. Yeah. Okay. Abrams is in Abu Dhabi. We're gonna see. Tatooine we're gonna see Tatooine, again. and yeah. we're uh, you know <laughs> the they're they're time. filming in London. Yeah. And uh, we know about that, but we we haven't got any. We have not got one human character cast in this film yet. No. Not one. No. Now we can speculate Hamill, Ford, 
you know, uh, uh, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher, yeah. But we we have no idea who any of these new actors are. No. Are we going to get Lando? Is Lando going to come back? Right. <laughs> you know what I want to see? I want to see like uh, I want to see like Lando's got like the Millennium Falcon back. Yeah. And Han has to get it from. I want to see fun stuff like that. Right. You know, which may have been the original script. With the, I want to uh, see like if they have like a, if if Han and Leia, which I'm sure they have kids in this. I know it's not expanded universe, which they did have kids in expanded universe. And and, and but Luke fuck had, all that, fuck the expanded universe. <laughs> but Luke had children in the expanded universe. But I want to see what I want to see them do in the expanded universe is I want to see a real relationship between you know uh, father and daughter or father and son, right? Between you know the Jedi and, and their children. I want to see a real bond because the only way that you're going to make me believe and root for these new characters, this new trio of leads that they're talking about, is if they have a real bond with the original characters, yeah. a bond that makes me care, okay? And if these original characters do die, I, I want to see some emotion from their children. But before that, I just don't want to see like a pointless death. Right. I want to see these, I want to see a relationship between the characters. I want to see Luke have a relationship with his son because he didn't have, he didn't have a relationship with his father. Right. And I want to see him, you know, basically take on that father role and have a relationship with his son or his daughter, whoever they, whoever they decide. And I want to see that in these films so that way, you know, if Luke does die or if, you know, Han does die or Leia does die, it makes me care about these new characters. Yeah. Because I've seen the relationship that they formed with characters that I have fallen in love with over the past 30 years. Right. You know, and it it begs the question, are they going to just, you know, completely wipe those guys out? Are we going to see them in a second, you know, a follow-up film or anything like that? Or are they all going to perish in the first you know, right, which is kind of scary too. I mean, everything's really up in the air, and like the more this goes on without any concrete news, the more worrisome. Oh no, I we've, get. Got, we've got some concrete news. We no, don't. No, expi- no expanded universe. Right, nothing good. Nothing. Good. Nothing good. And right. you know, the more that happens, the more I'm left to speculate that this is going to be shit. Yeah. Because I don't have a hundred percent faith. In no, 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 no. Well, neither do I. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to. be... For me to go out and say that it's going to be 100% shit is – I can't say – I can't. I can't say it. I can't say it either, but it leaves it in my mind okay. because I don't listen, think it. Well, listen to me. Listen to me. Just listen to me. Maybe you'll have a little bit more faith after this. Okay. He took over Star Trek, okay, yeah. and he did great with that first He film. did. Okay. Star Trek in the Darkness, not so much. And right. we even talked about this a couple of weeks ago when Jake was here. Yeah. I, talk, I said if I could go back and do that Star Trek in the Darkness podcast again, I'd give it a toss it yeah. upon you know, you know, second and third viewing of the film. Now, because I gave it a taste of it. But J.J. Abrams' first love was Star Wars. It's true. That's true. And he tried to, he actually turned that Star Wars, that, the Star Trek film into like a Star Wars adventure. Yeah. So I don't think that J.J. Abrams is going to want to take a crap all over something that he does love. Right. He does love Star Wars. Okay. And I think J.J. Abrams is still young enough and he's brought us a lot of great stories over the years. And I think if you've got a guy that has been inspired by Star Wars, 
over the past 30 years like me and you have. And he has such a great creative mind that over the past 30 years, he's had a chance to think to himself, hey, what would I do with the Star Wars universe? What would I do with the Star Wars universe to bring some inject some life into this? Right. And so maybe he can bring that vision to us. Maybe he has a story within him that we've never thought of. Maybe we're so stuck on this expanded universe, like, oh, okay, we want to see this story played out on the screen. But you know what? Maybe J.J. Abrams is like, you know what? I've got something. Hold on. I've got something even better for you. Yeah. I've got something even better for you. I've got something even more amazing for you that you haven't seen yet. That's true. Just wait until you see my Star Wars story. I'm not trying to take anything away from your expanded universe. Yeah. You can still love those stories. But wait until you see what I have because I love these characters too. And I don't want to shit on this franchise. That's all I'm saying. I think that's probably right on. I mean, that is actually kind of comforting. Well, on the flip side of it, it could be a turd. Well, it could be. <laughs> it could be. But I think I, I agree with you that he's not of that mindset. Right. I don't think he's going to like, just hey, oh shit, making some Disney Star Wars money, yeah! Right, but... I'm going to get my check and get the fuck out! No, <laughs> dude, I think he really wants to do a good job. Well, yeah, this. his name is attached to it, and if he yeah. fucks this up, we're going we're gonna to squirm it. Oh, God, him. yeah. No problem. Well, I mean, he's already heard it from the Star Trek fanboys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you have Kathleen Kennedy, and you have Disney kind of dictating what this is going to be, and that's kind of worrisome in and of itself that J.J. Abrams doesn't have control over this. So, yeah, I trust that he's... Yeah, but with him, I, I can't see him... I don't know. Going along with something shitty. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I don't think he's going to purposely ever do that in his career. You know, he's, yeah. he's been consistent. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in Star Trek, like you well, said... Well, hey, listen, okay, let me bring this up. Okay? We saw what he did with Star Trek Into Darkness... He took one of the best Star Trek movies because I'll be honest with you, Star Trek the anim- the, the uh, motion picture, the first film. I thought it was piece of shit. Yeah, I thought that first movie was a piece of shit. It wasn't great. It was not good. No. Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan, amazing, amazing, best yes. Star Trek film in my opinion ever. Yes, it was fantastic. Yes. And the thing is, he took the best Star Trek film. If you're gonna okay, if you're gonna take the best Star Trek film and try to make another movie to improve upon it, you're gonna have trouble. You're gonna have trouble because you're taking a beloved story and then you're doing like you know they flipped it to where it was like the opposite end of the spectrum where characters roll reversal and all that crap and it just didn't play well on screen between the characters. It, It wasn't earned. Right. Okay. Can you imagine him? trying to take something from the expanded universe now and make it his own right and then fucking that up and hearing us fanboys be like what the fuck did you do with my zan novel what did you do with my dark horse story you took something that i when i read it it emotionally connected with me and now you took it and you sorry i just now you (laughs) now you took it now you took it and you totally shit on it right and uh yeah, you guys missed it. I just totally spit and sprayed. All over. <laughs> I spit and sprayed all over the place. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, I guess, I guess that would be the greatest disappointment is if he did take that stuff. And oh, here's my Grand Admiral Thrawn, and he is a pile of horse manure. He's purple, not blue. Exactly. <laughs> right. Which immediately will piss you off. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I, I guess I do see that. Um, we have no idea. We have no idea. We have no idea what he's going to do. We're just that, speculating. That's one of those cool things about Abrams is you really don't know. Is that really cool though? Oh yeah. I mean, you don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily 
part of the part of the cool thing about this is the anticipation. It is, yeah. And I'm kind of a dick about it because I do want to see what's going on yeah. a little bit. Right. I mean, give me a taste. But yeah. at the same time, the anticipation is really cool. And I don't know what to expect from Raven. Nobody does. I have no idea. I just know that he's talented and that he cares about the source material. And I guess that alone is encouraging. But what is discouraging is Lucas and Kathleen. I don't, I don't know where their, their heads are at with this. They right. haven't laid anything out for me as far as what, what's going to happen. Yeah. No, well, we haven't heard anything concrete. You so. don't have to lay out the whole story. No. Just something. Man, that first trailer though, when that first trailer, I think the internet is going to break. Oh yeah. When that first trailer comes out. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And that, that alone is encouraging because Phantom Menace, you know, you would think, how do we follow that up and be as big? Right. You know, nowadays with something new with Star Wars. After everybody saw that and was disappointed. Right. We're still coming back with something new. Yeah. And it probably will yeah. break, break the internet. Yeah. All right. Hey, we've talked about Star Wars for quite a bit. I love talking Star Wars. I love Star Wars. <laughs> let's take a, let's take a short break. We'll come back with the rest of our news segment. are so fresh. Snap! All right, so we're back. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun talking about Star Wars there. Yes. We always do. We always go off the rails. A little bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> we love talking. Honestly, we love talking about Star Wars. We care about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Um, let's see. I wanted to uh, I wanted to thank Andrew Peck for providing this next scoop. Now, for months, uh, I'd say almost a year, it's been rumored that Wolverine would die in the comic books. Yeah. Uh, Paul Cornell, who's writing the uh, Wolverine solo book right now, he's also, um, he, I think he's been writing it since they started the Marvel Now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he He's already stripped Wolverine of his healing factor, which everybody thought that's going to lead to, you know, the inevitable. Um, so starting in June, he's writing an arc called Three Months to Die, which is then leading into a miniseries by Charles Soule. Uh, called The Death of Wolverine. It's a four-issue weekly comic, and it's coming out in September. Editor Mark Martz said, quote, For a long time, no matter who Wolverine was battling, he's been the eternal victor. He almost always comes out on top. Now he finally comes up against an adversary that he cannot win against. He cannot fight. What does that mean for this character who's been around for hundreds of years? Charles Soule, the writer for Death of Wolverine, said, I hope that when people finish it, they'll feel like he died in a way that was true to him. Hmm. So we've they've been, you know like if you if you go to like you know the comic book websites for months they've been speculating that this is going to happen. I yeah. mean, a year ago they were talking about Wolverine's going to die, right? And you know, for, we've been speculating about it for months. And I, honestly, I think I don't know how the rest of the comic book community feels about this. I think it's stupid. I think it's just another way to sell books. And none of these comic book deaths, they they never last. Right. We all know Wolverine's going to come back, so why even do it? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And if 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 we if they show a a scene in him in the afterlife, and I don't know how to feel about this. If they show a scene in him in the afterlife where he sees Jean Grey and he's 
He's, and they talk to each other. Right. <laughs> right. And there's some special scene between them. I don't even know how I'll feel about it. <laughs> like, I don't know if it'll touch me. Like, if I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. They pulled it off. Yeah. Or if I'll be like, oh, come on, you're just pandering. Fuck you. Right, right. This is bullshit. Right. Well, he's he's already been to hell. Mm-hmm. Wolverine went to hell, came back. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> he's totally fine. He'd been to heaven, too, and they rescued Nightcrawler. Right. So, I mean, what the fuck? Right. Does he survive death, I guess, is probably the question that they're going to try and answer. You know, one one of the problems with Wolverine has always been he's overpowered. Well, it was never that way when they first created him. No. No. It's become that way. But he's a different character now. He's more of a, you know, household name at this point. Yeah, but like he, he was, like his healing factor when they first started, it was just a, it was a healing factor. He would heal. Yeah. Now it's to the point where you could blow off a limb and he'll grow it back. Right. You could tear him apart. You could tear him apart. He could be burned to a cinder. Yeah. And it would take a few hours, but yeah, (laughs) Yeah. he would come back. Yeah. We've seen it. Yeah. In the comic. And he'd be like, oh, bub. Yeah. Oh, that was rough. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have fell asleep smoking that cigarette, yeah. that cigar. Right. Dude can't die. Yeah. Okay. So that alone should be explored, you know, maybe weaken him a little bit. Yeah. And I think they tried to do that with the last Wolverine movie right. too, take away some of his powers. You know, what if he was killable? Right. But you know damn well they're not going to get rid of Wolverine no, in Marvel, the Marvel Universe. Yeah. No way. Even when, you know, Spider-Man died, you know, a year ago, yeah. they still had, like, you know, we had the superior Spider-Man, but, like, which was Dr. Octopus inside Peter right. Parker's body. You still had a Spider-Man. But, well, we had the Ultimate Universe Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then they still had Spider-Man, Peter Parker, one-shot stories. Right. So, Wolverine's not going anywhere. I mean, I kind of, you know, I kind of think that they do need to depower the character, but to the extent of... uh you know, killing him off, you know, like Superman or but somebody they, they else. they depowered other characters now. And yeah. it, it, Magneto's depowered. Cyclops is depowered. That's true. All the characters that were in the uh, Avengers versus X-Men arc that took over the, you know, when the Phoenix Force split up into five different pieces and they all took over the Phoenix Force, after the Phoenix Force left them, they all became depowered in some way. Right. You know, and it... I right. don't. I don't like seeing Magneto... Without his powers, yeah, he he's got somewhat of his powers, but he's not as powerful as he was. Well, what it, what it used to be was that characters like Magneto would be brought in, you know, every now and again, right? And I think the same thing needs to happen with uh, Wolverine and characters like the Hulk. Even every once in a while, they don't necessarily need their own series just because they're popular in the Avengers movie or X Men movie or whatever. That doesn't mean they need their own series. Those guys are should be brought in every once in a while. Yeah. Other than that, they should be the loners separating themselves from the herd. Yeah, and that to me is the more compelling story because Magneto, even you know, he's not invulnerable or anything, but he's a super powerful mutant, and yeah. he shouldn't be in every single fucking issue of X Men. Yeah, <laughs> just you know, keep him on the back burner for when you need him. Right. Um, but the same with Wolverine and, and the Hulk. You know, there's only so many times you can tell those stories of those guys just beating all odds and being completely unstoppable. Yeah. Before it gets really fucking boring and you don't give a shit anymore. Well, how many books is Wolverine in right now? Yeah, I mean, every book. Wolverine yeah, we- and the X Men. Wolverine, Savage Wolverine. Yeah. Um, you know, a can- uncanny Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. You know, 
I mean, what else? All new X Men. He shows up. Yeah, he's in. Wolverine is in like over ten titles. Yeah, save him for later. Save him for big events or something like that where he comes out. But don't don't make him in every issue. Let him have his solo book and then maybe you know or another, a mini. Yeah, you don't need a, a continuing series. That, you know, Wolverine's their bread and butter. Yeah, he's probably the most popular character in Marvel right now, don't you think? He's definitely one of the most unique characters. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just kind of this anti-hero, badass type. He's probably character. the newest character that's caught on since, like, seriously, like, most of the characters that have come about have been, like, from... Golden Age. Golden Age and yeah. even some of the Silver Age. Like, Wolverine's probably the newest character. Didn't he come out in 74? Yeah, I mean, he was definitely one of those characters that was separated from the pack as far as what they were trying to tell at the time, you know, right. story-wise and character-wise. But he wasn't as powerful as he is now. No. When he first came out. They have totally tweaked that character. Yeah. And and I think, you know, I'm not necessarily saying take away all his powers, but... He's lost the healing factor already. And that kind of pisses gone. me off. I'm sick of that shit. I mean, they did that with Age of Apocalypse. They're mm-hmm. doing it with X-Men Days of Future Past. Well, Magneto had taken all of his adamantium for a while. Right. Exactly. Stripped his body of it. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Who gives a shit? I, I fucking hate that shit. I, I think it's a way to sell issues. Hopefully it's a good story. I, yeah, I mean, I guess, but I just hope I just hope that they um, don't necessarily literally kill the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then he comes back in some kind of weird fucking event. Where, we all know he's going to come back. <clears throat> where the devil brings him back or some shit like that with all these other characters. I don't want to see that shit anymore. Um, put him on the side burner, just like the Hulk. They're very fucking cool, but don't use them all the fucking time. Right. You know, Superman's different. Um, he has his own story to tell um, that's way more uh, drawn out, I think, than these guys. Even though Wolverine has a huge past, that doesn't mean there's a big story there to necessarily tell, like somebody like Superman. Where you part can of the cool tell. part about Wolverine before they did, like, Wolverine Origin was, like, we didn't know his past. Exactly. Growing up as kids, like, we, we didn't know anything about Wolverine, like... He was the guy who lost his memory, didn't know anything about his past. And then when Wolverine Origin came about, it was a great story, mind It was you. good, yeah. It was really good. Joke with Sada, all yeah, those guys. Yeah. It, it took away from some of that uh, mystery that we always thought you know, about Wolverine. Like, yeah, but they're doing it again. Yeah. I mean, now it's like Origin 2. Right. I think that's the official title. I might yeah. be wrong, but I think it's Origin 2. And they're doing it all over again. I don't want to hear his backstory. Mm-hmm. I, that's the whole fucking point of it. Right. And a lot of these guys, oh, we've got to, we've got to make sure we tell everybody this story. No. They've tweaked his origin so many times. Like at one point in the Wolverine solo uh, series, like they had made it known that everyone was supposed to be like Wolverine at one point in time. Right. Like, all of humanity was supposed to be like Wolverine. And, and he have was like abilities. the only one. Like yeah. we, yeah, exactly. Like we all were supposed to one at one time have bone claws. Right. You know, evolution. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, I don't know. I, I just wish that, I just wish that Marvel would be able to keep a secret a little bit better instead of like everybody just knowing, Oh, okay. We can expect that he's going to die in September. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've already announced it for sure. Well, they, they want to get the word out there. So people buy the issue. Yeah. 
That's a, the bad thing about having like the internet these days. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's surprising anymore. Yeah, it is unfortunate, especially about comics, where you just learn of all these storylines before they come out. It yeah. happens all the fucking time. It right. happens with every yeah, storyline. Just line. go to comic book resources or comic book movie or whatever. Yeah, we'll go pre-order your comic and you'll yeah. see what's coming out already. Exactly. And you'll see the plot synopsis. Previews, yep. All right, let's let's move on. So yeah, Wolverine's gonna die. That, that's yep. happening. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, someone at Latino Review got to see the new Guardians of the Galaxy trailer before it released. You motherfucker! Exactly. <laughs> and it sounds amazing. I'm going to break down what was in that Latino Review article and describe it here. Break it down. So if you don't want to be spoiled, then you need to skip ahead of quite a few minutes, honestly, because. I've got a lot to say about this. Okay. <laughs> All right, Jay, you have you you haven't read about this. I have talking? not. Yeah. So uh, this is going to blow you away. <laughs> I'm jealous. As it blew me away as I wrote this down. Okay. So there's a scene in the first trailer where Chris Pat at, uh, Chris Pratt as Peter Quill says, "There's another name you might know me by, Star Lord." We've all seen that scene. And then yeah. uh, Jaiman Hansu as Korath the Pursuer says, "Who?" And he says, "Forget it." <laughs> then Korath. And his men start to shoot at Star-Lord, and Quill falls backwards, and while he's on the ground, now this is extended, we didn't see this in the original trailer. Right. Chris Pratt, while he's on the ground, uh, without getting back up to his feet, he hits a button on his rocket boots and flies backwards Mm. and escapes into the forest. They Then they cut to Quill being chased by Korath and his men in the forest as they fire at him. And he takes a huge jump. As he takes this huge jump, they cut to the big red Marvel logo. (laughs) Okay, you see Marvel. They come back. There's a scene of Star-Lord's ship, the Milano, flying towards a planet. We see the Guardians walking through what looks like a uh, spaceport or like a bar. And and you hear Peter Quill's uh, doing a voiceover. So here we are, a thief. And then they show Chris Pratt throwing that orb. Mm Mm-hmm that we've seen in the trailer into the air and then he catches it like he's just pulled off a heist. Right. Uh, then he says two criminals. Then it's a shot of rocket raccoon lifting a four barrel rocket launcher and he cocks it while group picks up a humanoid, like a humanoid robot yeah. and then just throws it. <laughs> then, then Peter Quill says an assassin. And then they pan in on Gamora who looks like she's fighting and it could possibly be that fight that we've heard rumored with Nebula. Nice. Fuck. Then he says, and a maniac. Then they show Batista as Drax with this huge explosion behind him. Mm -hmm. There's a shot of him doing a midair punch on someone and then another shot of him headbutting another guy. Shit. Then Peter Quill says, but we're not going to stand by while evil wipes out the galaxy. Then they show Lee Pace, actor Lee Pace, as Ronan the Accuser. And he is hooded, which is awesome to <laughs> yes. hear that he's wearing the hood. And he's walking towards the camera. There's a close-up of someone's fist closing around a red glowing energy source. Ooh! Then the fist clenches, and there's a huge exterior explosion while aliens and humanoids scatter running away from it. Hmm. And that is the scene that we've seen, the pictures that they've taken on that bridge. The bridge. Yes, okay. the bridge scene. The Where millenn- all the Novas are. Yes. Yep. Then they show all of the Guardians of the Galaxy in Quill's ship, the Milano again, and he says, I guess we're stuck together. 
Then I think Drax says, partners. <laughs> then you see on the screen, it says, this August. You hear Glenn Close as Nova Prime speaking the next line as they show a ship descending on this lush planet. It's got rivers and streets. And Latino Review speculates that it it's probably the Nova Corp's home planet. Okay. They show Lee Pace as Ronan the Accuser again, kneeling down in the center of a stone pattern mm-hmm. with his hammer right next to him. On the, oh, shit. Yeah. With his hammer. <laughs> oh, shit. Right next to him on the floor. And you hear Glenn Close say, are you telling me the fate of 12 billion people is in the hands of these thugs? <laughs> and she's clearly talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. They then show Glenn Close in a meeting, and she's angry. You can tell that by her face that she's angry. While the Nova Corps are standing behind her, they show a shot of Ronan the Accuser lifting his hammer into the air as his ships release fighters over the lush planet. Oh, goddamn! And they start to attack the people of the world. Uh, a door opens, and the Guardians walk out, and Rocket cocks a gun <laughs> that's the same size as he is. <laughs> And he takes a shot at something. They show Gamora in her prison yellow suit, and she jumps and kicks some guy with both feet. And then she lands and does like a Black Widow type pose where Uh she like flips her hair. (laughs) (laughs) It's classic. Yeah, Yeah, classic. Uh, Guys don't do that when they flip and land. We never flip Flip our hair. hair. (laughs) Um, Peter Quill pulls out two pistols, and then he fires at the camera. Oh, shit. Uh, The screen says, all heroes. Then they get a shot of Quill, Drax, Rocket, Gamora. They're all in the prison yellows. But Quill and Rocket have guns. So they're clearly – they're escaping the prison and Groot jumps down from another level that they are on and lands directly behind them. So then it's that classic pose of all of them, the Guardians. Yeah. Um, There's a shot of Quill hitting somebody. There's a shot of the Milano, the ship flying in space as it's going towards an alien skull the size of a planet. Hmm. They cut. What the to, fuck is that? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they they cut to the cockpit where the guardians are looking at the skull planet, and Rocket says, "Whoa!" Like he can't believe what he's seeing. Yeah. Uh, the screen says, "Star somewhere." Start somewhere. Right. Um, so yeah, when we put all three of those together, it says this August, all heroes start somewhere. Oh, cool. Okay. So then they show Groot fighting some creature that's his own size, but he kicks his ass <laughs> by palming him by the head and then slamming him down onto the ground onto his back. Oh, shit. There's a scene of Ronan, the accuser again. Lee Pace is Ronan, the accuser. He twists his hammer and fires off a shot of blue energy. Drax shows off his two curved blades, and then we see another explosion. They show the Guardians looking at some sort of 3D map of a star system, which I hear is a really cool scene. Uh-huh. You hear Peter Quill say, I look around, and you know what I see? Losers. <laughs> and the other guardians kind of look pissed at him when he says that. And he says, but life is giving us a chance. Star-Lord then straps something to his leg that looks like a rocket. And then he puts this his long coat on. Yeah. And, and Drax says, to do what? And he responds with, something good. And then there's a shot of Groot giving a white flower to a little girl who smiles at him. Uh-huh. Which I'm sure he picks the white flower off of himself. Oh. Uh, and then, uh, you hear, uh, Chris, and then you hear somebody say something bad, a bit of both. So that goes back to, 
you know, when Chris Pratt responds, you know, you know, to, you know, uh, but life is giving us a chance and then Drax says to do what? And then he says something bad, a right. bit of both. Right. Um, because in a way they are good guys, but they all come from a bad background. Yeah. Which will, which is why they're in prison <laughs> and we'll learn about their rap sheets in the movie. Yeah. Which for is sure. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a shot of Drax swinging his knife in slow motion. There's a shot then of Nebula getting right up in Gamora's face. Oh shit! Just looming over her. Oh, I love Nebula. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that we're gonna get to see a Nebula Gamora fight. God damn. In this movie, that is it's, the defining and female is, superhero moment. It's gonna happen because yeah. they've shown clips of the choreography online. I've saw. Yeah, I've seen little clips. Right. Yeah. There's a shot of a huge explosion while something is flying out of it. So there's a huge explosion. We see an object flying out of the explosion, and it's flying right towards the camera, right at you. And as it gets closer, you see that the pilot is Rocket Raccoon. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get a series of really quick shots, you know, in the movies where they show, like, really quick shots, real quick scenes. So there's a shot of Ronan holding his hammer in one hand, and... And choking Drax with the other. Holy shit. They show Benicio Del Toro as the collector, who you, you guys will remember Benicio Del Toro, the collector. Uh, you'll remember him from the mid credit scene in Thor The Dark World yep. where he took on the Aether. Yes. All right. Quill leans into Gamora for a kiss, which I, I think that itself is pretty dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> to, to strike up any kind of a romantic relationship with Gamora she you, is the deadliest assassin in sure. the galaxy. She's beautiful, yeah. seductive, but Tony Stark slept with her in the comics. <laughs> yeah. And I think it physically hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> he learned this lesson after yeah. he did it. Yes. He even told Rocket, like, I'm never going to do that again. Which that was, was a, a great story. It was a great story. Yeah. That was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's a shot of Drax shaking both blades into the air as enemy ships fly overhead, which are probably Ronin, the accuser ships. Awesome. Then Gamora screams, and you, and then she reaches out for someone's hand. Uh, there's a close-up of a wooden finger pushing a button on a tape deck. It's not Pinocchio. It is, it is Groot. Oh, okay. Uh, Groot leans in curiously. So there's a finger. It pushes a button on a tape that Groot leans in and you, and curious, he leans in curiously and you hear hooked on a feeling again. <laughs> Groot gets surprised and then he looks confused. Um, they cut to a shot of Groot who suddenly grows branches out of his back like a porcupine. Drax looked, looks at him and Groot says the only thing that he can say, I'm Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> now, if you don't know about the character Groot, that's all he can say. Uh, but he says it differently each time, different inflections in his voice. And just like only Han can understand Chewbacca, only Rocket can understand Groot. <laughs> yeah, I love but it. The thing is, like in this movie, like, you know, Vin Diesel did voiceover work for the Iron Giant. And that's why they chose him to do Groot. Great movie. Groot. Yeah, it is a great movie. Yeah. That's why they chose him to do Groot in this film. Yep. Um, so the way he says, I am Groot in this film, you'll be able to tell if he's excited, happy, sad. <laughs> it's just the way he says it. And, and that's, you're going to get that from this character. And it's going to awesome. be, it's going to be very entertaining. There's going to be times where he says it. I think it's just going to be laugh out loud moments when the crowd finally gets it. When you're, when you're, when your group in the theater finally gets that that's all he says. Yeah. <laughs> but he says it differently each time. 
and the timing is just right where you where he says it and it just hits you where it's funny. Yeah. I think we're gonna see the crowd just laugh. I can't wait. It's gonna be as much fun for us as a viewer yes. of the comic reading the yeah. comic. Yeah. Watching other people. We're gonna reaction. watch people falling in love with characters that we love for this the whole comics. movie's gonna be like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. Um they then show Rocket in his prison yellows and he's and he says, I'm just getting started. <laughs> A shot of him now walking down a corridor, a corridor, uh, the rest of the guard with the rest of the guardians. So he, he, they show him holding a huge gun, and then he adjusts the fabric around his crotch. <laughs> you then hear John C. Riley's voice. They call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> and then he says, "This might not be the best idea." <laughs> Then a shot of Rocket, he's yelling, ah, from yeah. the cockpit of his ship, and then he leans forward on the throttle as he blasts at Ronin ships in a space battle. Oh, fuck. And that's the end of the trailer. Shit. Shit. So that is a description of the next Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. That's what you have to look forward that's to. That's unbelievable. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. You've got a raccoon flying ships. Man, you've got uh, females fighting each other like like a de- the deadliest assassin, the deadliest female in, in the galaxy. Yeah, fighting another female who's one of the deadliest Basically women in the galaxy, god. a yeah. god. Yeah, and uh, they come from somewhat a similar um, origin as far as uh, Thanos. <sighs> Fantastic, and uh, this is it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to really open up the universe. I mean, it's this is Star Wars meets the Marvel Universe, in my opinion. Absolutely. We're, we're going to be introduced to the Nova Corps, which could open up a story for Nova. Yeah. This is just this is the start of something new. It's going to feel kind of somewhat separate from what we've seen in these other films, but all of them have. I mean, we've had in Thor, you know, you've got your uh, Norse god. You know, in Captain America, you've got your uh, Man Out of Time, the Patriot. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man, technology. You know, Bruce Banner is like the Frankenstein story. Every one of these were different, but they all came together, which I think this story is just kind of, kind of incorporate everything into, you know, Marvel Phase 3, where we finally get to, you know, Avengers 3. I think where everything is going to come together. And I think they're also going to bring in the human element of magic with maybe Doctor Strange, and they're already starting to throw in, like, the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Yeah. So. I'm excited. The, the, the description just sounds fantastic. Yeah. Even if you don't know anything about the Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, all I want you to think about, Guardians of the Galaxy, Star Wars meets the Marvel Universe. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. This this is a continuation of the Avengers. This is Marvel Cosmic. Yeah. And I don't think you know people really grasp how important this is. This is a whole team already introduced in yeah. one movie. Um, it's it's a team that most people characters that most people probably don't know about unless you're reading the comic books, right? And that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy for them to do at this point. The funny thing is, though, like I was talking to a guy last week. I just met him, and we're talking about the different movies. Mm-hmm. Like I just met this guy. I was in a, 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 in a training class. Uh, I started a new job, and I was in orientation. We're mm-hmm. talking about movies and things like that. And I brought up you know the Captain America movie, and I was like, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. And uh, I, he doesn't know I do a podcast, any of this. Yeah. And he said, you know what movie I'm really looking forward to? And I said, what? He said, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. 
and that made me I smiled. Yeah. I just smiled. I just sat there and I smiled. I said, <laughs> I said me too. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I didn't go into like, oh yeah, I read the comics, this, this, and this, and I do a podcast, blah, blah, blah. I just smiled because I was like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it too. Yeah. Because it like warmed my heart. Like, I don't know if this guy's a comic book reader. I, I don't think he is. He didn't come out and say it. But it's just like an average person who just like said, you know, I'm looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And a lot of people had a problem with that Thor the Dark World mid credit scene. Oh, yeah. I thought it was fantastic. I know people did, yeah. But you know what? I mean, if you're a fan of Doctor Who, it was almost like you were watching a scene from Doctor Who. It was a totally different feel. It was a different feel. Yeah. But, you know, why why discount that and be pissy about it? I mean, that's the thing that... What's great about this is, like you said, you're you're talking to somebody who saw the trailer maybe and he's excited about it. But the people that are really excited about it are the people that have actually read the comic books. And Swedish people. And Swedish people from Canada. And Swedish people from Canada. <laughs> it's a huge deal. It is. For them to, to, to go out on a limb like this yeah. is playing to the fanboy. Right. And that in itself is respectful. And I, I appreciate that. Like – I don't know, maybe people will take this with a grain of salt, but for me to see this being made is a play to me. I've read the comics for this many years. Right. I know who the fuck the Guardians of the Galaxy is. Yeah. I know who Star-Lord is. I know where this fucking story is going to go. Right. You know, and most people are like, I don't know who these guys are. I think are. out of all of us, Jake is the most excited. Yeah, Jake definitely. Rocket Raccoon is what got him into comics. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Jake is like, Jake is like, feels like this is like the 10-year-old boy yeah. in Jake being put on the screen. I yeah. think when Jake is sitting down in the theaters, I think he'll cry. Yeah. I honestly think Jake is just going to be like overcome with joy because he loves these characters more than you or me. Yeah. You you have a, a incredible ensemble of, you know, and they've tweaked this. I mean, the original Guardians of the Galaxy is not the same. Right. So if you're reading it from its inception, it's a totally different team. But they've tweaked this down and down and down until they've gotten to this team of characters, which are totally – you wouldn't think they'd pair well together. But, you know, you have Drax the Destroyer, Gamora. Drax the Destroyer can take on the Hulk. Yeah. No fucking problem. No problem. Yeah. And they're just going to just throw him into this movie where it's like you don't even really get his backstory. You don't know who the fuck this guy is. Right. This is a Marvel film. You're expecting people you know. Mm-hmm. You don't know who the fuck Drax the Destroyer is. Mm-hmm. He's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> He's just as important as anybody this, else. This was the role that Jason Momoa was almost in contention for. Oh, I could totally see that. Well, I think they would have had to add a little bit of like prosthetics or CGI to Jason Momoa. I think Batista is big enough to be drag. Batista is drag. He's huge, dude. Yeah, all these characters, like you know, like I said, these are B-list characters. They're not. Uh, they're not mainstream. Most people probably don't know who they are. It's a huge gamble. It's a huge gamble, but at the same time. It seems to me like this is going to be one of the biggest ones they have put out. So what do they have going for it? Just Avengers. No, they have a fucking racket, a rocket raccoon. Well, they have a raccoon to to the everyday guy, to the everyday person who doesn't know who these yeah, people but, are. Okay, hi. They do have rocket. Yeah. My name's Johnny. Right. I'm ten years old. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's a raccoon. With a rocket launcher. Right. Yeah. Mommy, can we go see the movie with the raccoon with the rocket launcher? On the big tree guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's friends with the tree, Mommy. Right. For sure. It's the most fantastical. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love that they are willing to go out on that limb. 
and say we're not going <laughs> to no stick pun with intended it. yeah <laughs> yeah and say we're not going to stick with the you know the norm yeah we know that Captain America works. We know that Thor works. We know that Avengers works. Right. I think if this movie works, I think they are going to do an Inhumans movie. Oh, absolutely. You know, we'll be introduced with Black Bolt, Medusa. Yes. Those characters. So. Yes. Hopefully this movie does really well. And if our listeners don't know about the Inhumans, definitely check it out because we, I think we both feel that that's probably the route that they're heading. Well, see, Marvel Studios doesn't have access to the X-Men. so. Right. What can they do to overcome? Like, we don't have mutants. What can we do and to incorporate a bunch of really cool characters? Oh, we can introduce the Inhumans. Right. Let me tell you a little something about Black Bolt. Yes, please. The guy can utter a word and destroy everything. Right. A word. Yes. He is an Inhuman, okay? Yeah. That's, that's a totally different story that needs to be told at this point, I think, in as far as what they're telling from Avengers, the film, where they introduce the Chid Hurry, and then they're going to go with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, can this. you imagine a scene of just, like, they show a cityscape, and then above that you see Adelan? Yeah. Their, their city, where right. they live. They bring then, their city to your planet. Right, right. <laughs> and then, okay, okay, and then, and then, like, who would you cast them as, as Medusa? I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah, the Inhumans are quirky. It's yeah. a good story because it is such a quirky bunch of characters. Yeah. Almost like Guardians of the Galaxy where it's kind of missed. It'll happen. It'll happen. If Guardians of the Galaxy is a huge hit, they will introduce the Inhumans. Yeah. Because that's another story that can be told. It has to be told. It has to be told, and it will be told. If if he has this going out until 2028, they're going to bring in the Inhumans. Yeah. That's got to be in the plan. Right. Okay, we know it's going to be Doctor Strange. Yes. We're going to see Doctor Strange. We're going to see the Inhumans. And we're probably going to see a Planet Hulk, World War Hulk movie. Yes. And they're already alluding to that in ways in the concept art that we've seen from Avengers Age of Ultron. The Hulkbuster. The Hulkbuster armor. Right. Which Kevin Kevin has come out and said that, you know, there's a reason that we put that. Exactly. We put that picture out. Was and because. it's not the same fucking reason they put it in Iron Man 3, just to show off a bunch of fucking <laughs> yeah. suits. Yeah, here's a big, bulky Iron Man suit. Well, it's not the Hulkbuster. Yeah. We don't call it that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This will be the fucking Hulkbuster armor. Thank you. There's a fucking reason for that, because the Hulk is dangerous as shit. Yeah, he is. And you can't have him as a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Avengers. Right. You can't. He was only in the Avengers for like two issues. Right. In the original series, right. before they kicked him out. His only real friend is Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> That's his only buddy. <laughs> Other than that, he will kick the shit out of you. Right. So, to me and, and Brian both, we were talking about this in Intermission. Yeah. Which you heard the fantastic music for Intermission. For. Right. But we were talking about this. Why damn, would you... Damn. Damn. These beats are so <laughs> yeah. fresh. Yeah. <laughs> why, why keep the Hulk around unless he's going to become a threat? Right. He's not intriguing unless he becomes a threat to the world. Well, what stories can they really tell about the Hulk that are that compelling? They can either go the Peter David route. Yes, where he becomes intelligent. Right, or they could do Planet Hulk, World War Hulk, which is like going to be the most fantastical story that they could tell. If you really want to show off the Hulk, World War War Hulk is the way to do it. But you can't keep him around. You can't keep him in the Avengers. You can't – because he's unstoppable. Yeah. He's unstoppable. Yeah, he is. So, you know, to me and and Brian both, I think World War Hulk's coming. But that's a side note. You know, to me, the the, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to set up this cosmic level deal where, you know, now we have all these cosmic characters. Sure. 
And then we've, of course, got the introduction of the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Yep. Which are the, you know, miracles. Miracles. Yeah. And we had the mention of Stephen Strange. Right. In Captain America. So I feel like they're going to do this Guardians of the Galaxy. The next step is the supernatural. Yeah. Stephen Strange, Scarlet Witch. And Scarlet Witch, I think, is going to lead into the Stephen Strange story. I think what they're going to do is, like, if Guardians of the Galaxy is successful, what they'll do is they'll follow up each year. You know, like, they're doing this two-year thing, this two-movie-a-year thing. Mm-hmm. I think what they'll do is they'll kind of keep it somewhat safe, and they'll introduce, like, a uh, a new character followed by an established character. Or, you know, like, vice versa, established with a new character. So right. at least every year they've got something to tie into with something that we're familiar with. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, in 2016, we'll get a Captain America movie followed up by a Doctor Strange movie. Right. And then 2017, we'll get, you know, like, Thor 3 followed up by, you know, maybe, like, a, I don't know, an Inhumans movie or a, a Moon Knight movie or, you know what I mean? Just example. Or, like, the... Or like, and then the year after that, we'll get like the Planet Hulk movie, blah blah blah, you know, right. so on and so forth. Like an established character with a uh, w- with an unknown. I almost feel like the sky's the limit. You know, you you. I think Marvel can do whatever they want. Right. You know, you could put out your your Thor, or Captain America, but you could put out a Moon Knight movie without having to hype it up. You know what I mean? They could just put that out, and people would probably go see it. Right. You know, just throw in Moon Knight, throw in some of these other B list kind of we we don't we have hawkeye we have scarlet witch but we don't have really you know and we've talked about this before the the netflix series with daredevil we don't have a street level character really in the marvel universe movie universe as scarlet yet. witch i wouldn't call her street level man she's kgb she's kgb she's government scarlet witch i'm not talking about black widow oh okay yeah well scarlet witch and quicksilver we don't i don't really know scarlet witch i mean she can change the entire face of the marvel universe in the comic book she said no more x-men and basically killed all but 200 of the mutants in the marvel universe but but their their human element right now is steve rogers but steve rogers is a superman you know he's not a normal dude but street level wise as far as the marvel cinematic universe was going like you said We've got Hawkeye. We've got you know, Moon Knight. We've got you know, uh, Daredevil. Well, cinematic that they're using right now. We've got Hawkeye and Black Widow. Yeah, they could incorporate Moon Knight. They could incorporate you know, uh, uh, you know, Punisher. Yeah, Daredevil. These characters. Well, I mean, if they don't do that, at least at least make Hawkeye more prevalent or or Scarlet Witch. I don't know how that's going to play out. It doesn't seem like a big deal. What the fuck? Why don't they give Jeremy Renner bigger? presence in these movies. I don't know. Is it what a, do they have against Clint Barton? Is it a vendetta? What is it against Clint Barton? I don't He's know. He's a great character. Yeah. He's a cool ass character. But did, did he But it's reassuring. It's reassuring that they said that the two like two of the main focuses in this next uh, Avengers Age of Ultron are going to be the Hulk and Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. That has come out from Josh Whedon. Right. So that is reassuring. That's reassuring. Yeah. Cuz I love Clint Barton. I'm reading the Hawkeye solo s- series I remember reading Captain America comics with Hawkeye in them as a kid, loving them, loving Hawkeye. Yeah. So I need to see more Clint Barton. I mean, you need to explore what a normal human being would do in a situation with those fucking dudes. Right. Right. What is he going to do? Tony Stark is not a normal human. He's a billionaire. Yeah. He's a billionaire fucking genius. Even Captain America. Captain America has been, you know, under ice since the 40s. Right. Yeah. But we've got Clint Barton. Yeah. Yeah. 
we we need to explore that, and I think that would be very fitting for them to do. But who knows? You know, I know people were bitching about uh, in uh, Avengers how Clint Barton, you know, he's an archer, yeah, and how he was holding the bow. Uh huh. Like I'm not an archer, so I couldn't tell you if he was, sh- you know, holding the bow correctly and you know, you know, firing off these arrows correctly. It, yeah. But a lot of like real professional archers were saying, "Oh, you can't, you can't perform shots like that. The way he's holding it and stuff like that." <laughs> yeah. Like everybody's getting all technical about uh-huh. this. Like it's so funny. Like after these movies come out, how many people are professional archers? Right. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? I know, dude. I don't know. I don't give a fuck how he fires off an arrow. Right. Right. As it, long as it looks cool and it looked fucking cool to me. It was cybernetic. I mean. <laughs> the damn bow had a sight on it that was fucking automatic aim you motherfuckers it's like god mode and doom do you guys ever play video game (laughs) it's not real life guys yeah he didn't hold the bow right (laughs) i can just see some like you know asshole in the theater just like you know that's not how i hold it that's not how i hold my bow i wouldn't be able to pull off a shot like that i got my bow right here in my pocket (laughs) come on just enjoy the movie. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Come yeah. on. But that, that's the thing that Marvel is kind of missing. We talked about earlier with Dark Knight compared to Marvel movies. Where is the guy that we can relate to? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not there yet. Right. And I don't know, I don't know who that character is. I don't know if it's Hawkeye or Moon Knight or somebody like the Punisher. I don't know who it is. Right. But they probably need, that's what was so compelling about Captain America. The Winter yeah. Soldier was Falcon. Oh, yeah. Normal dude. Anthony Mackie. Yeah. He was great. That was what was great about his character was finally we've got this normal fucking guy that had some help, but he's still awesome. Question for you. Okay. They're talking about let's let's bring in one of these, uh, you know, uh, supporting characters from one of these movies possibly. Yeah. You know, you've got War Machine and Iron Man. You've got, uh, you know, Falcon in uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Let's – okay. If you could choose which character between those two would you want to bring in to Age of Ultron. If you could only choose one, yeah. which one would you bring in? Would you bring in Don Chadle? You know, and he was in Iron Man 2, right, he was in right. Iron Man 3, or would you bring in Anthony Mackie as the Falcon in Age of Ultron? Fuck, that's a tough question. That's a tough question, but I, I would probably have to say Falcon. I'm saying Anthony Mackie, yeah. because it's going to be more spectacular seeing a guy fly, fly around in a rocket-powered Falcon suit right. than another uh, Iron Man clone yeah. who can't do any of the fantastical things. Not, not as much as the fantastical things that Iron Man does, in my opinion. You're just seeing two guys in uh, you know powered suits, but now you get to see a guy flying around like a fucking Falcon. There was nothing more badass than seeing the Falcon in yeah. action. Nothing. And it looked amazing. And but, you, you saw all the Captain America action. Right. You know how badass Captain America is, but when Falcon was fighting, it was like, oh, shit. And when he was flying around in yeah. the, uh, and he had those different uh, – Shield jets uh, uh, flying after him and shooting after him. Yeah. Him, you know, flying and dodging. And one of the best parts of the movie. It was amazing. And it looked awesome in 3D. It was one of the best 3D scenes in the movie. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, I've already think that they've decided upon Don Chadle. Don Chadle was actually on Arsenio Hall. And uh, they were asking him if he was going to appear, I think, in uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. He's like, I can't. He's like, I can't say anything. But I will tell you this. And as soon as he said, I will tell you this, you saw like uh, four or five red laser dots <laughs> on his chest. <laughs> yeah. Like they were going to take ever him talk. out. Yeah. And then that's when Arsenio said, I think you better just not say anything. <laughs> 
So, but I think Don Shadle, I think, Don, I think they're going to introduce War Machine into this next movie. I'm totally cool with War Machine. I'd like, you know, I'd like to see that, but I think it'd be an, icon, an iconic scene if they could just say, you know what, let's bring, you know, let's just do a cameo of War Machine and Falcon in yeah, there. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on, can't we have more brothers in this film? <laughs> I mean, seriously, man. What's yeah. up, dude? Hulk is not a brother, <laughs> even what? though he's green. Yeah. Why can't, why can't we have more? I mean, seriously, is there like a cap on this? Right. Come on. Only so many. <laughs> it's bullshit, dude. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I, War Machine was fantastic. I, he was one of the best parts about Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3. One of the best things about the whole series was yeah. that War Machine was in it. Well, I want to see Tony Stark say some shit about Falcon's wings. Yeah, exactly. You know, like when he talked to, uh, he, when he talked, when he talked to, when, when Tony Stark was talking to Legolas, uh, not like, when <laughs> Tony Stark was talking to Clint Barton, yeah. and he said, alright, I'm gonna take you to the top of the building, you better clench up Legolas. Right. And he flew him up to the top of the, the building. Yeah. I wanna see, you know, I wanna, what does Tony Stark have to say about a guy who's got wings? Right. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you, dude. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it'll be fuck you, dude. Right. But he did call a kid a pussy in he, Iron Man 3. He fucking did. So he may say fuck you, dude. Yeah, he, he doesn't care. But yeah, Falcon was a shining moment. And I didn't He might care. call him Tinkerbell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't care so much about the Falcon character until I saw the movie. I understood his significance. Yeah. I understood that he, you know, he was one of the first black superheroes. Well, yeah. And it was like, like back in the 60s, this was like, you know, uh, it was still. Especially in the 60s. In the 60s. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and you've got, you know, Captain America, who everybody looked up to, you know, this, you know, white. Yeah. Character like an all blonde the char- hair, blue eyes, blonde hair, blue eyes, right, and right. and you know most of the characters uh, from the golden age are going to be white characters. Yeah, and, and then he, his partner, his best friend, is an African American. Right, right, and I mean that's huge. Right, and it, it, you know people say that I didn't understand that from the movie. I understood it. I mean, it it was such a good story of friendship between the two guys. But to me, I didn't. I didn't care until I saw the movie, until I saw him in action in real life. I was like, God damn it, Falcon is awesome. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Just, uh, uh, and especially coming from somebody who's like in the armed forces, like there's so much more to tell about this character that they haven't explored yet. You know, why did he get into the armed forces? What is his drive? Right. You know, why did, why would he do this? Where did he come from? Yeah. What's his background? Those are all things I want answered. I and I think, you know, I I mean I think they've pretty much said that in Captain America three, you know, you're not gonna be let down by the yeah. questions you have from Captain America two with Winter Soldier or with Falcon. Well but- the thing is I think that uh the reason that Falcon and Captain America bonded so much is because, you know, uh Sam Wilson explained to Steve Rogers that hey, you know, I lost my battle buddy. Yeah. As well. Right. You know, just like Steve Rogers lost his battle buddy, Bucky Barnes, you know, that he thought he lost him. Right. So there was that connection between the two. They both had gone through the same thing. They both, different wars, World War II and, uh, you know, the war in the Middle East, two totally different wars. Different reasons. Yeah. But they're both soldiers and they both bonded and they both connected. Right. And I think that, you know, I think that needs to carry over into some of these future Marvel films. You know, just like I think we need to see War Machine in Avengers Age of Ultron. Just like I, th- I think we need to see that friendship from Captain America. I want to see Captain America and Falcon in Avengers Age of Ultron. I want to see that friendship carry over onto that movie. Yeah. And I want to see Falcon being introduced to like other characters like Tony Stark and, 
you know, right? The, you know, like uh, like Hulk being like, you know, what look the at, fuck are you doing? What here? the fuck? The, we, <laughs> yeah. we've got Tweety Bird flying around. What the <laughs> yeah. fuck? You know, like Hulk maybe smacks him out of the sky or something. <laughs> Just something silly like that. I, that's what I want to see. Yeah. I, I want to see all these characters interact. I want because I do think Josh Whedon did a fantastic job of balancing time between characters yeah. in yeah. Avengers. I think I think one of the faults is though that they might be discounting how big this character was. I think that's part of the problem is right. that you know even after when immediately after Captain America two came out, they started talking about is Falcon going to be in Avengers two? Yeah, because people that saw it were like, I fucking love this character. Is he going to be in the in the next Avengers? Yeah, and they immediately were like, No, that was never the plan. You know, right. and you know that might but change. fan reception, fan yeah. reception. I would hope it changes. Yeah. I would hope it changes. Let's work him into the script somewhere. That fucking – the human element is what we need in movies like this, especially when you're talking about, oh, it's the Age of Miracles and you're going to bring Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch yeah. and Ultron. Ground it. Ground it with somebody that's a human. Let's talk about Ultron. Uh, more yes. Marvel news came from Empire when they spoke to Joss Whedon about Age of Ultron and Joss Whedon explained the character of Ultron in these movies. He said – Quote, I'm having a blast with Ultron. He's not a creature of logic. He's a robot who's genuinely disturbed. We're finding out what makes him menacing and at the same time endearing and funny and strange and unexpected. And everything a robot never is. Right. So this is not Robot and Frank. Yeah. <laughs> this is totally different. <laughs> this is totally different. <laughs> and, and then he talked about all the new characters in the film like Baron Von Strucker, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, and it's really reassuring what he said. He says, quote, I fiercely dislike the idea of just throwing in more people for the sake of doing that. But the last time I had Earth's Mightiest Heroes versus one British character actor, and I needed more conflict. Do you think this statement is a jab at X-Men days? <laughs> At X-Men Days of Future Past, where it seems like Singer is just throwing every character into that movie. I mean, seriously, Jay. can How can Singer really develop all those new characters? Quicksilver, Bishop, Sunspot, Bolivar Trask, Blink, Warpath. And let's not forget all the characters coming back. Right. Storm, Rogue, Colossus, Havoc, Beast, Wolverine, Magneto, Professor X, Iceman, Toad, Kitty Pride. Do you want me to go over the list again? <laughs> it's too many. New characters. New they, characters. They Wait. haven't even hit Colossus yet. <laughs> Colossus. He, they haven't even done him yet. Any correctly? And, well, he doesn't speak Russian, right? Apparently, he's not Russian, <laughs> right? It's getting a little crowded. Yeah. So I think that. Do you think that that was a little? Jab? Do you? Th- I think it's a jab. When he's okay, because he says he says I fiercely dislike the idea of just throwing in more people for the sake of doing that. Yeah, I think that is a jab at Brian Singer because Absolutely. like Brian. Okay, as soon as they announce Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver in the Avengers: Age of Ultron film, like two three weeks later, we find out that Quicksilver is going to be in X Men: Days of Future Past as a major player, yeah. right? <laughs> and I think like I think Josh Whedon kind of took that personally. Oh yeah, and I think that's why he said that. But that's just my opinion. I hope that's why he said it. Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, they haven't even fleshed out Colossus yet. He is a beloved character in the X Men universe, and you only see him slightly in in uh, X Men Two, right? But no fleshed out story about who the fuck he is. Yeah. He's just as cool as Wolverine, goddammit. Yeah, Colossus is Colossus is awesome. Colossus is a fantastic character. Uh the again, the dude can take on the Hulk and Juggernaut, no problem. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. 
give me a fucking break. And he's just going to fucking throw him in with Quicksilver doing his fucking Hardee's commercial and the million <laughs> pictures. There's probably like 20 beasts in this movie as far as I know. <laughs> there's 20 different beasts. We've gone to 20 different time streams. We see every incarnation of the beast imaginable. He's right. always blue, right. oddly enough. And a couple in different- one In one version, he's an actual Furby. Right, right. Do you remember Foofer? Yeah, a little cute, yeah. adorable, yeah. and a couple sentinels. Yeah, a couple sentinels. We call we see a couple different sentinels. But I, when I read this, I mm-hmm. was like totally, totally because that's all I've been fucking reading is all this shit with X-Men and Spider-Man about how many different characters are in these fucking movies, but nothing about how good the movie is. Right. Nothing. We've had uh, a lot – see, and people can say like, oh, you guys are just stroking the dick of Marvel Cinematic. Yeah. You guys just – every week, you guys from Pop Culture Leftovers just stroke the dick of par- pop uh, of a Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Let me tell you this. The Marvel Cinematic Universe has had a total of like nine or ten movies to establish these characters. They've done a great job of establishing these characters. As opposed to like X-Men Days of Future Past, which has had a total of four. Yeah. Three, uh, two, two movies that were done by Singer. Yeah. Third movie, different director. I don't know who he is. Which it didn't fit into the universe. Yeah, no. The fourth one, which was first class, was supposed to be a standalone, pretty much a standalone reboot. It just was great. Show- it was a fantastic movie by Good Matthew movie. Vaughn. Yes. It was supposed to be standalone. It was not supposed to be incorporated with these new movies. There was no plan in place for these movies to come together until they realized that they had a hit. Yeah. And then they th- and then they didn't get Vaughn back. And now they're just they're just throwing this all together. They haven't done a good job of making these movies cohesive no as to where marvel had it all mapped out from the beginning kevin feige has this mapped out until 2028 (laughs) these guys are just starting to map it out until 2018 but they still don't even know what they have as far as a fan reception when it comes to this x-men days of future past right they don't know if we as fans are going to accept this right i don't want days of future past until the until I at least have three good X-Men movies under my belt. They need to reboot. Yeah, totally reboot but the fucking But you know why series. they won't reboot? They don't want to lose Jackman. They don't want to start these stories over again because they know they have something well, with and, Jackman. And because First Class was so great. And because First Class was so great, why not take something so great from a different director who's not involved with any of our projects anymore except for uh, you know side projects like uh, it producing as far yeah. as like Fantastic Four and Superior. Let's uh, – Let's, let's get, let's get Brian Singer back in here. But they're, you know, and they're doing this and then all of a sudden they're like, before the movie even comes out, Age of Apocalypse is coming out next, guys. Right. I haven't even seen the fucking movie yet. Right. And you're, you're, you're giving me one of the best beloved X-Men stories ever. Oh, but ever. Pe- people are going to say, oh, we know Captain America 3 is coming back. But you know what? We don't know. Okay, the event films, the event films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are the Avengers films. They lead up to it. We don't know what Avengers 3 is going to be. No. We have no no idea. idea. That's 2018. Yeah. And we have no idea what that's going to be. That's fine that we know that there's going to be a Captain America 3. That's fine. Right. Whatever. That's not the event. We all knew that. The X-Men films all sound like they're going to be an event film. Right. Every time. Age of Apocalypse. Except for the Wolverine solo films. Right. Right. But – those are an event in itself because everybody loves Hugh Jackman. Right. And you can't have him carry the whole fucking franchise. Oh, he can't be around forever? No, and he's not going to be around forever. You know, but 
uh, you know, like I said, I want I want at least two or three good X Men films first before you even touch Days of Future Past, right. before you even say Age of Age of Apocalypse out of your mouth. But it's just apparently it's just called Apocalypse. But they know every goddamn big event, and yeah. so they're just going to cut to that mm-hmm. and then explain it later or some shit. Oh, and you might get a Deadpool movie. Yeah, I don't care. We might get, we might be getting a Gambit movie. Yeah, we might. might X Force. X Force might come out. X Force, and we don't even know if X Men Two or, <laughs> or if X Men Days of Future Past is going to be any good. And you're you're already talking about X-Force. well, there might be a Mystique movie. Right, we're going to poop on all your favorites <laughs> immediately. And the same with Spider Man hasn't even come out yet. Sinister Six is coming. Venom's coming. Right, confirmed. Right, confirmed. Yeah, they're confirmed. <laughs> So it makes me have to go see those fucking movies. And Spider-Man 4 is coming out, which they said they don't even know what they're going to do with that No, film. they have no idea. Oh, but it's coming out. Yeah, it's coming out. We're not sure. We haven't read the books. Right. We haven't read any of the fucking books. We have no idea what the story's going to be, even though there's literally thousands of goddamn stories about Spider-Man. <laughs> and you don't know the fucking story. We're going <laughs> to... We're going to be... Free. <laughs> We're going to be... <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. Wow, oh man, I just I peed myself right. I thought I thought I was going to get backhanded. (laughs) I felt like Valerie Bertinelli in one of those Lifetime movies. I've been pissed about this for a while. I thought like (laughs) you were going to be like Ike Turner and slap Tina. I felt like Tina Turner. I didn't. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. I thought you were going to be like, "Where's my dinner, motherfucker?" (laughs) (laughs) Punch me in the face. I just wanted macaroni I, and you made potatoes. I, 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 Why did you make potatoes? I, I had a hard day at the factory, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking up my Spider Man. <laughs> oh, I feel bad. I feel bad now, sorry. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. I was yelling. <laughs> look what look what you do to <laughs> yeah. look what you do to Jay. Look what you do to Jay. Yeah, you you him, you stir him up into a frenzy, and then he comes he comes back home to the pop culture leftover <laughs> studio, and he and he beats me. Kevin Feige's my only friend. Yes, <laughs> he, he keeps you sane. All right, let's. Uh, uh, Jay, um, what I do need you, to calm down. What What's the next story? What do you got? Oh, okay, so um, you know we've been talking some Marvel news, of course. Um, you know, and we talked about the Hulkbuster, you know, scene and all that shit. Let's talk a little bit about Doctor Strange Ant-Man. Um, you know, of course, I I believe that the whole reason they're introducing, you know, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver is to bring about somebody like Doctor Strange, the uh-huh. supernatural element, which uh, Kevin Feige has said, you know, this is an element we have not explored yet. And I agree, you know, this is kind of the fantastical even more crazy than the cosmic side of Marvel. Right. Which, you know, Marvel has so many elements that, you know, uh, cosmic, earthly, and supernatural. There's so many more, but the supernatural element they want to bring in and, you know, was an Easter egg, of course, in Captain America Winter Soldier, Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange. Now, they've talked about, of course, you know, Tony Stark, uh, Robert Downey Jr. not going to be there forever. Yeah. And to try and find somebody else that is... As enigmatic, 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 as 
Robert Downey Jr. Right, right. And his Tony Stark character. And I think, of course, you know, I think we all agree Doctor Strange is a very reasonable next time you say replacement. That, next time you say that, I want you to look through the thesaurus first and yeah. find a different word for enigma- enigmatic. <laughs> it's easier to pronounce. Crazy okay. hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another crazy hot character. <laughs> Another crazy hot character. Well, you know, and you know, of course, they've got Ant-Man on the horizon. Yes. Um, Edgar Wright is, is going to be doing Ant-Man, which... Avengers Age of Ultron is going to come out in May of 2015, and yeah. then two months later in July, we've got Edgar Wright's Ant-Man right. starring uh, Paul Rudd and uh, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Right. And so, you know, they, they've had that story, which they basically tweaked. Um, you know, Kevin Feige has said— They had to tweak it. They, he, yeah, they had to tweak it. He said, you know, we believe in Edgar's story. And we, he had a story to tell about Michael Douglas and Paul Rudd's characters right. in this movie. So you have Ant Man, Hank Pym. You have Ant Man, Scott uh, uh, Scott Lang, Scott Lang, um, the thief. You know, and so they want to explore more of the Scott Lang side of this, right? As opposed to the Hank Pym, which was very, you know, and I agree, it's very similar to Tony Stark's Iron Man. Yeah, there's not a huge difference besides their personalities and the way they, you know, behave as human beings. They're they're different in that regards, but both super, uh, you know, super genius level and both very charismatic people. There's a lot of geniuses in the Marvel Universe, There's right? There's a shit ton of them. Okay, let's go over them real yeah. quick before you go into the Sandman shit. Right. Okay. All right, there's a whole lot of... Everybody's fucking smart in the Marvel Universe. Pretty much. Black Everybody. Panther. Yeah, we got Black Panther out of Wakanda. Yep. Namor. We got Namor. He's pretty fucking smart. Pretty smart. Okay. Reed Richards, Reed. smartest man on the planet. Yep. Peter Parker. Peter yeah. Parker, he's smart. He's a scientist. Xavier. Uh, ex- yeah, Professor X. Yep. Uh, he, yeah, he's a fucking professor. Yep. Hi. <laughs> yeah. I got blue fur. Big, My name's Hank McCoy. Hank, Hank McCoy. I'm smart, too. Hey, guys, I'm blue. Yeah. Can I see a clip of that? <laughs> Dr. Doom? <laughs> yes. Oh, hey, holy shit. You know what? I turn into a green fucking monster. But you know what? When I'm not a green monster, I'm a fucking brilliant guy. <laughs> yeah. And my name's Bruce Banner. Right. Pretty smart as well. Pretty smart as well. <laughs> hey, well, what about me? Right. I'm funny. I'm witty. I'm I'm a, I'm a good-looking guy, and I'm smart as fuck. Yeah. My name's Tony Stark. Oh, shit. How many guys have we named? Right. The Illuminati. Thank God we got Wolverine. <laughs> I want a guy that just grunts and, like, kills people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thank God for Wolverine. That's what makes him awesome. Right. Well, you know, that's kind of my point. When I'm not, you know, when I'm not uh, figuring out equations and shit. I'm and, cutting people. Yeah, I'm slicing people up. Because <laughs> they pissed me off. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, though. That's true. All right, and, back to Ant-Man. And then Hank Pym. He's brilliant, too. Right, right. So, you know, back to Ant-Man. They don't want to tell that story where you're like, isn't this guy pretty similar to everybody else we've already been introduced right, to? Right, yeah. Another super genius. And they're right. saying that they had to tell this Ant-Man story because they need to show the Michael Douglas Hank Pym. Yeah. They need to also show, and Kevin Feige has said this, a younger Tony Stark and a young uh, uh, Scott. Yeah. So they're going to show Scott Lang. And so they're going to show these two characters as well as the Michael Douglas character and show how they are different. Right. And why that, you know, Hank Pym did not create Ultron in this, yeah. in this universe. So I thought that was pretty reassuring because I've been, I've been kind of worried about that because it was such a huge deal. Like, why are you introducing Ultron, the guy that Hank Pym specifically introduced and created? Yeah. 
but you're not going to make him do it. Well, see, the, okay, the problem goes back. I think that they originally wanted to have Hank Pym create Ultron. Right. And but he, he has said that. Yeah. The director, Edgar Wright, was dead set on finishing his Cornetto trilogy. Right. So he had three movies. He had Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and then uh, At World's End. So scheduling conflicts, you know, he said, I want to finish the Cornetto trilogy. So he finished At World's End. So Ant-Man did not come out when it was supposed to, which Ant-Man would have been like basically like the prequel to Avengers Age of Ultron, which they had to kind of like – now they had to shoehorn like the prequel to Avengers Age of Ultron into three different movies if you ask me. Yeah. Wasn't it 2008 or 2006? One of those two. Where it was supposed to come out. Where Ant-Man was originally supposed to come out. Be the first. It would be the first Marvel movie? I think it was 2008. Well, yeah, well, uh, it was, uh, if it was gonna be the first movie. At least before the Avengers, you know, to set up everything. Well, Iron Man came out in 2008, okay. so it would have been sometime after that. I think it was supposed to be 2008. So it was supposed to be a phase one film. Right. Yeah. And they said they had to tweak it because of Edgar's story. Yeah. Yeah. The Cornetto trilogy. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think that's a good move, you know, I, I, I don't want to see Hank Pym was always kind of boring to me. So Scott's the 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 Scott Lang approach I think is a better uh, way of telling this this story. As, you know, with with we already have Tony Stark. We Hank already Pym's have. kind of dark though, dude. He's a he's bipolar. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of story to tell there with him being bipolar. For sure, and that's what made Ultron so cool. Was Ultron is a damaged. Right. That's what <laughs> exactly. But that's what they're trying to do already. So I'm trying to right. figure out. You know, what is the story? What's cool is that there's so many different ways that Ultron can come about. You know, it could be like part of Stark technology. Right. Part of Jarvis. Part of the algorithm in Captain America. Yeah. Uh, it could be part of the, you know, he could be made of vibranium from Cap Shield. I mean, right. I mean, there's different elements from each of these stories. I mean, he could be brought sentient by Asgardian magic. Oh, yeah. Know. I mean, there's so many different elements from all these stories that, could bring this together. And then on the flip side, you've got Paul Bettany playing the vision. Yes. Who is the voice of Jarvis, who is now going to be, yeah, did I say he's going to be the vision? Ultron creates the vision. That's his creation. So you have, you have, you have, uh, life creating life, creating life. Right. Because they are all sentient. Yeah. But where does where does the conflict come from? What's yeah. the damage? And Hank yeah. Fim, Hank Pym's you know story was always really easy. Yeah, like Ultron was damaged because Hank Pym was damaged. Right. Is that going to be the case? I mean, they keep saying that that's not going to be the case. That yeah. it's going to be a totally different story from what you've heard before. I don't know. I don't know because I, it's Joss Whedon, though, man. Why? Why would they even have that if it doesn't tie in in that way? I know. You yeah, know I what know. I mean? Why I have a younger Tony Stark? They've said he's well, going to. Why be in do the, the Ant Man movie at all? Yeah. Why well, do it at all? Then? Right. It, I mean, maybe they're just not saying. Yeah. But I, I think it's going to have to play a role in it. Right. You can't have Tony Stark and Ant Man at the same time. To me, you can't have them. And oh man, I would love to see interaction between Paul Rudd and and Robert Downey Jr. Well, maybe if but, they but, get rid of the Hulk, because they've already got that. They've yeah. got the Bruce. You know, they've got that with Tony Stark and Bruce Banner. They've yeah. got it. You know, you had that kind of interplay. Yeah, but no, you're right. Between you know, the two geniuses, and yeah. it's like, oh, finally, somebody I can talk to. When right. Tony Stark was. But what would be cool 
What would be cool is if they do acknowledge that. We've got all these fucking smart people. Right. And then you've got Captain America that's like, fuck this, what's going on? The Illuminati story. Yeah. You have all these people making these decisions because they're supposed to be the brains. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many smart people you have. You still need the tactician. Oh, yeah. You know, just like in the Justice League, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter how how much muscle you have. You still have to have Batman be that guy that puts the plan together. Well, that's what's cool about S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D.'s kind of the oversight, so we will probably see that. But they're going to put this into it somehow, and we haven't heard much about how it's going to really connect. Right. And he's not really talking about it. Nobody's really talking about it. You know, I think people that are, like, not really – I think this Ant-Man kind of movie kind of gets in the mix of all these other things, all these other movies that are going on. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's been planned for almost the longest. It has. Out of any and of them. Edgar Wright is really passionate about the character of Ant-Man. Yeah. And, you know, he basically said, I want to tell the story of the theme. And I know we say that a lot, that people, all these people are passionate about this, passionate about that, passionate about this. But they are. Yeah. Ant-Man, like, petitioned for this. He, he He's the one. I don't think an Ant-Man movie would be... I don't think an Ant-Man movie would be made if it wasn't for Edgar Wright. I don't. No. You didn't hear about it until he said he wanted to do exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> go, go back on the internet. You can say, oh, those guys from Pop Culture Leftovers, they just say everybody's passionate about <laughs> Last week they were saying Channing Tatum was passionate about being Gambit. Right. Well, he is. Well, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, Chris Evans, and Chris Evans is now passionate about being Steve Rogers. Right. And Edgar Wright, go back and look through the archives on the internet. He was the one who was petitioning for this Ant-Man movie. Yeah. And so Ant-Man's going to come out after Avengers 2. Right. Right. So, yeah, two months later, which I don't like. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't like That's that. crazy. So to me, it has to tie in. I think they're bullshit. I think they're not telling us what's going on. I think for it to come out two months after. Do you think it's going to be Easter egg loaded or – Something, because if they're going to do that and then continue on from there, and they want to do Doctor Strange next. I do mean, you think there's going to be like a Doctor, Cra- Doctor Strange mid credit scene or something like that? I don't know, but I yeah. think I think it has to tie into Ultron. Right. I think they're totally fucking taking people for a loop when they say it has nothing to do with Ultron. With uh, Well, I mean, we're going to have Avengers Age of Ultron. I think they're totally bullshitting and saying he, that the Ant-Man character, whether it's... Scott Lang or Hank Pym. So, do you you don't think that the Ultron story is going to end after Avengers: Age of Ultron? I think it is, but I think I think they've already talked about some time differential, you know, time, you know, time warp or whatever the fuck, you know, time A different different time, you know. Uh, God damn it! <laughs> no, think about what you're saying. It's fine. <laughs> different time uh, instances. Okay. Uh huh. And so they've already kind of hinted at that in some of the stuff I've read, at least. It might be rumors. Okay, okay. And so, so we might be seeing different time frames of the Avengers gotcha. characters. So, I gotcha. So why is So that? there's going to be scenes in Avengers. You think that there's going to be scenes in Ant-Man that when you go back and you think about Avengers Age of Ultron will make more sense right. to you. Right, So it'll tie in more than what they're really saying. They're going to tie it in. Okay. I mean, you know that. There's going to be some way that Ant-Man is connected to Avengers. Right. So is it going to be that big of a scale? Well, I I think it's going to be – like personally, I – what I thought this Ant Man movie was going to be is kind of kind of like a like a spy movie. Yeah, I thought we were going to get an Edgar Wright spy movie. I mean, that's the character of Ant Man. I mean, he. I think we were going to see like in the first half, we're going to see Michael Douglas as Ant Man. 
shrinking down, being a spy, doing these missions. And in the second half, they come into modern time and we see Scott Lang and he steals it and he finds out how much fun yeah. it is to shrink down and do these things. And I think there's going to be some moments where we laugh, but then I think it's going to be followed by danger. Right. That's what I thought. I don't know what else to expect from that movie. Yeah. I just think that we're going to see some really cool spy shit with the uh, with the technology followed by some really funny shit with Paul Rudd. I have no idea what else to expect. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I kind of have my expectations high. Yeah. Because I'm wondering what the fallout's going to be from Avengers 2. Right. Like, if if nobody's seen, like, the, uh, what was it, the sizzle reel that they came out with? Oh, Edgar awesome. Wright. Like, because they pulled it off the internet pretty quick. Yeah. But, like, the sizzle reel was really cool. Like, you show, they show, like, uh, they show him running. Down and, a hallway. Down a hallway. And, uh, then he would, like, uh, he would go from being really small to being really big. Well, people he were would, shooting at him. Yeah. He would punch somebody and then shrink back down. Flip him. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really, really cool. cool. Exactly what you would you know yeah. want to see from Ant Man in action. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm just excited about the speculation. I don't know. Yeah, nobody I don't, knows. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But for me, for it to come out two months later, there's got to be a tie-in. There's got to be. Yeah. And for them to talk about already about Doctor Strange yeah. down the road. No, that makes sense. With you saying that two months later there's got to be a tie-in, that makes sense. But I think they're even more worried about Ant-Man than they are uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. To be just two months later. Yeah. Like, they want like Avengers Age of Ultron to be fresh on your mind so that you're going to go see Ant-Man. You're going to go see Avengers 2. Yeah, everybody's going to see Avengers 2. And then too. you're going to be like, hey, go see Ant-Man, right. guys, yeah. two months later. Right. There's got to be something There's got to be something. Because the character's called Ant-Man. Yeah. Like your average person, like doesn't give a shit about Hank Pym. They don't even know who the fuck Hank Pym no. is. No, no, and I and I think it's a great story. I mean, from what what I've heard about what Edgar Wright wanted and why Marvel tweaked the whole fucking universe, the Marvel movie universe over this was because of his story. Well, they could have easily said, you know what, you want to do the Cornetto trilogy? Fine, okay, you're not doing an Ant Man movie now, right? You're not doing an Ant movie, Ant Man movie. We understand you wanted to do it, but we had a time frame in which we wanted to do it because yeah. we wanted an Ant-Man movie before all these elements were set into place. That way, Hank Pym could create Ultron just like it happened in the comics. Right. Well, you're not wanting to do it? Well, pfft, you're not going to get a fucking Ant-Man movie. <laughs> yeah. But apparently they think that there's a great – there's a, still a good story to tell and that Edgar Wright still has a good vision for the character and that it can still fit into the Marvel Universe. Right. You, you almost feel like they're going to get rid of Iron Man. After Avengers two and replace him, you know that kind of. Seems he signed to me. on for Avengers three, Jay. Are they okay? Well, he signed on for two more movies. It almost feels like they're setting up. Why would you bring in Ant Man all of a sudden, real quick? And then you're talking about Phase three being Doctor Strange. I think, and honestly, I just think now at this point in this time, Marvel can pretty much sign anybody they want to, Jay. Yeah. And they're doing that. Everybody wants to get on on it. Because, okay, number one, Disney pays really fucking well. Yeah, for sure. Why do you think fucking Eddie Murphy does all these stupid-ass Disney movies? (laughs) Haunted Mansion and all this bullshit. Right. Okay? He's come a long way from Eddie Murphy Raw. Yeah. He was funny as fuck in that shit, and that's what I want to see him do again. He's not doing that anymore. But he's not doing that anymore. I love Eddie Murphy for his old shit, you know? But he's not doing raw anymore. He's like, hey, Disney, give me a paycheck. Because Disney pays really fucking well. They do. They pay really well. Oh, everybody, yeah. Everybody wants to work for Disney. For sure. So, the thing, yeah, okay. It, they got Robert Redford 
Yeah. In a Marvel movie, in a comic book movie, Robert Redford. Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Everybody wants to get in on this Disney Marvel cash. That's why you don't hear Scarlett Johansson saying, oh, okay, I'm done with Black Widow. I'm going to move on. (laughs) Yeah, I want to seriously. And the only reason that Robert Downey Jr. is saying stuff like, oh, I'll sign two more movies and I'm not going to do Iron Man 4 or I'm not not signing on for Iron Man 4, it's posturing so he can get more money. Oh, yeah. He's not going to walk away until Disney says, we're ready not to pay you anymore. Right. Because believe it or not, you know what? Sherlock, the Sherlock Holmes movies are okay, but they're no way comparable to these Iron Man movies. No. This is his fucking legacy. Yeah. And I want to see Chef just like the next guy. Because I want to see, I, I, you know, I want to see fucking, uh, Scarlet, uh, uh, Black Widow, uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson and John Favreau and, and, um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. in a movie together. Yeah. Just like the next guy. But, but on the flip side, you know, that's not going to pay the bills. What's going to keep the lights on is fucking Disney. Right. And Robert Downey Jr. knows that. It's all posturing, man. He's going to say shit like this to get a better contract. That's true. That's true. Let's take a break real quick. My my battery's getting really low. Okay. I'm gonna have to, we're going to have to find a way to charge this. I don't know what's going on. But uh, we'll be right back. Why isn't that? Work, work, work. Where does it all come from? It seems like you'll never get ahead. Until now, you need to quit your job and listen to Pop Culture Leftovers. It's that simple. Got a TPS report due? Not anymore. Now you're cruising around town in your convertible listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Are the kids at daycare driving you crazy? Not anymore. Because you're in a warm bubble bath listening to the soothing sounds of Pop Culture Leftovers. Tired of dancing on the pole and grinding complete strangers for cash? Not anymore. Now you're in therapy, dealing with your daddy issues, and listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Did a worthless podcast contact you to record a commercial for them? Not anymore. You hear that, losers? I'm out of here. All right. Hey, guys, we're back. All right. We're going to finish off the podcast today with uh, one of the big stories that came out. Jay, I want you to kind of take this over, but uh, uh, it's the uh, Batman versus Superman Yes, the news announcement that we got. And I want to thank Pete Neen uh, from Twitter, uh, Jeff LeBaron, and Josh Hill for bringing the story to our attention. Um, now, Variety, they broke the story first. And, uh, Jay, w- what's the story? We found out there, there that there's a new introduction uh, into the Batman versus Superman film. Yeah, um, you know, I think we've all kind of caught the Easter eggs from Man of Steel. Right. Um, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but Star Labs was, of course, brought up. Yes. And, um, you know, Henry Cavill in the, uh, even the, uh, DVD Blu-ray release and the extended footage has talked about how cool it would be to have a cyborg character. And he talked about Star Labs, even in the, uh, um, the interviews and the extended stuff. Um, so we all kind of knew this was coming. This was no big surprise. Um, but, you know, we've already had a Wonder Woman cast. Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot cast in this movie. Um, you know, of course, we've got Batman, Superman. We've got Alfred. Jeremy um, Irons is Alfred. We've got uh, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. So we've got all these characters already. Um, none of us, I don't think, were really expecting somebody else to be thrown into the mix. Well, Holly Hunter is Leslie Tompkins. Yes, Yes, all these people that, you know, Holly Hunter is going to be kind of a supporting role, but, you know, she's also kind of 
reminiscent of a main character in the Batman comics. Yeah, we've got some uh, members of the Bat family, Alfred, Leslie Tompkins. Right, so, you know, we already kind of felt like, well, that's probably pretty good. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they just announced that Ray Fisher is going to be Cyborg. Right. Um, Ray Fisher has not been in much. Yeah, I looked at his IMDb page, which didn't even have a picture of him. No. Um, I saw a picture of him, and the only reason I recognized him was because Star Wars was seeking him out earlier. Oh, okay. um, Last year as uh, a role in Star Wars. So that's the only way I knew about him. Um, right. He's been in, uh, you know, uh, Shakespeare play Macbeth. Um, he's been off Broadway with uh, uh, yeah, Ma- Muhammad Ali, uh, Cassius Clay, right? Uh, Bioptic kind of thing. So uh, called Fetch Clay. He's a theatrical actor. Yeah. <laughs> so he's been doing all that. I don't really know, you know, what he what he's done before that or anything else. Right. Um, but he's been throwing this in mix. Now I'm not saying he doesn't. Look like the part. I think he's looks wise. I think he looks great as a cyborg. You know, he's kind of youthful, athletic kind of dude. Um, don't know his acting prowess whatsoever. Now, Warner Brothers has said and Zack Snyder has said that, you know, originally he was going to have a one part role. Like he was going to have a couple lines and that was it. Right. Um, they've later on gone on to say that, you know, he's definitely going to be in this movie. Um, to the extent that he's going to be fleshed out in later films. Yeah. So they're not denying that this is going to be a one-line kind of role. Right. You might see him for a second or two. Um, now, what does this mean? I mean, I feel like they're kind of throwing way too much into this movie. Now, we talked about this earlier with... Uh, is he just an Easter egg in this film, or is... What do you think? Is he just an Easter egg? Well, I think he's going to have a line. You know, I think they're going to introduce Star Labs when they introduce somebody like Metallo. Right. The villain. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to play a part in that, that, you know, this created Metallo, something went bad, and now we have Cyborg. Okay. Um, but Henry Cavell, you know, of course, like I said in the extended, uh, stuff from Man of Steel has said, you know, he bridges the gap between the superheroes and the humans, but we've already got that in Superman. So there's kind of a conflict in what he's saying and what we already know about the, you know, these characters. Right. Why do you need Cyborg when you've already got Bruce Wayne? Well, they're leading up to a Justice League film. Right. So, you know, it feels to me, you know, they've talked about possible Aquaman casting. um, (laughs) Everything. Right. They've talked about pretty much every character in the Justice League. Besides the Martian Manhunter so far. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, I think I think what they're doing is going to make this the Justice League. They film. might even introduce the Wonder Twins for all we know. Right. Right. And what what do you do? I mean, we've talked about this before, too. What do you do as DC right. when Marvel is doing this one movie at a time? <laughs> right. We're like, gonna, what, what does DC have against doing the same thing? Right. But obviously, what I think... Is the, what is the problem with that? I think they obviously do. <laughs> let's keep these stories more grounded. Cyborg's going to say... Let's not have solo films. He's going to be like, hi. <laughs> no. And they'll be like, oh, Cyborg was in this film. <laughs> oh, shit. But I think I think that's the road that they're going down. They're going to introduce all these characters into one movie. That's ridiculous. And right? then they're going to spin off of that, which I think is cheap. 
Yeah. I think it's cheapening to the, you know, who the characters are. I think it's cheapening to Batman and Superman when you're calling it Batman versus Superman. Now that might change. Right. Um, but again, you know, Ray Fisher hasn't done much. I don't have anything to base this on. I don't have, right. I can't say he's going to be good as this character or not. Um, and I don't, I don't really know what part he's going to play. The only thing I could think of was that Star Lab was doing some kind of experiment to combat what they know of these aliens. Okay. I agree. I agree with that. No. Yeah. Okay. Let me talk about like my feelings about cyborg. So I, I like cyborg. Love cyborg. I, I love the character. I enjoyed reading him in the teen Titans when I was a kid and I, and I've enjoyed him in the new 52 justice league books. It's what it is going to do eventually. Uh, when they do make a justice league movie, it's going to take some of the cool tech away from Batman. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm <laughs> absolutely. Not a, I'm not a big fan of that. no, um, Superman and Wonder Woman, of course, they're going to be the muscle. Yeah. Cyborg is your tech guy. Yeah. And, uh, now Batman is going to be the tactician. So <laughs> when everyone else in the room doesn't know what to do, they'll turn to Batman. Okay. Right. You're going to have, you know, Wonder Woman, Batman, uh, Wonder Woman, Superman, they're going to be like, you know, you know, they're going to be the muscle. They're going to be the tough guys. Right. Cyborg's going to be your tech. You know, if you need somebody to do something quick in a pinch, you got the flash. Uh, if you need some imagination, uh, although Superman could do that, an offensive force you can do, you can, yeah, you can do, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But if you need somebody to do something with some imagination and with, with an offensive force, you've got Green Lantern. Yes. And then, uh, you know, you've now you've kind of reduced Batman to, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in a bad way, but you've reduced Batman to be that tactician. You're, you're Captain America when everybody else doesn't know what to do. They turn to Batman. So like if they're trapped in a room, <laughs> yeah. dark side. Has him trapped in a room. Who's going to save him? Who's going to save him? Who's going to get him out? You got you got Batman. He's going to think of a plan. So right. Batman's now not your tech guy. He's your tactician, right? And he should be bold. <laughs> yeah, he should be the tech guy. <laughs> I, you know, but not to say that they shouldn't introduce Cyborg. I love Cyborg, but it does kind of take away a little bit from Batman. Um, so it's rumored that they've rumored that uh, Cyborg will be introduced first as Vic uh, Victor Stone, Vic Stone. He's a football player who gets injured and then becomes cyborg in a future film. Now, I wonder if they're going to tweak the story a little bit. Now, in the comics, he's a football player who has a distant relationship with his dad who doesn't care about his personal passion for football. Uh, he visits his dad at Star Labs, which you mentioned earlier, and is involved in an experiment. It goes wrong. There's an explosion, and then it destroys most of his body. So his father injects him with these nanites, these robotic nanites, and then he's given uh, robotic limbs, right? Uh, to which he gets superheroes, superhuman strength, speed, stamina, and the the ability of flight. I wonder if in this version Lex Luthor plays a hand in his creation. And the reason I say that is because some of today's real-life billionaires, and they've tried to say that these movies are going to be more grounded and based on reality. Yeah. Uh, some of today's real-life billionaires, uh, like Mark Cuban, they own teams like the Dallas Mavericks, and you know HDNet, and they have their hands in, in a little bit of everything. I wonder if Lex Luthor doesn't own maybe a football team in Metropolis. And, and after some sort of an accident with Victor Stone, he doesn't set into action some sort of an experiment with the nanites to use, you know, Victor Stone, uh, as a way to stop Superman. Right. You know, which basically harkens back to Superman 4, 
you know, the quest for peace where yeah. Lex Luthor creates, uh, that one, what's his name? The nuclear man the, yeah. to stop Superman. But anyway, the anti Superman. So instead of Lex Luthor in this version creating a power suit for himself, he builds a cyborg that will defend us against alien attack. Right. That, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just guessing. Well, I, I agree with you. I, but I think, I think, I think they are going to go the Metallo route first. Okay. I think we might see Cyborg kind of hinted at at the end. Okay. I think that's all. You it's did say be. in the last episode that they're they they they're possibly thinking about introducing another villain into this film. Right. Right. And I think that you know with the tech, if they're going to go tech, if they're going to go technology from you know what they got from the uh, terraforming machines. Right. You know, obviously Lex Luthor is going to look into that. Right. So he's going to get the tech from that shit. And then, uh, you know, possibly create this, this thing that can stand up against Superman and an alien threat. Right. Which I think would be Metallo. Now, where does, what happens that creates Cyborg? I don't, I don't know, but right. I think it's going to be kind of a side kind of issue. I hope so. It's, they're cramming too much shit in this movie, Jay. I don't need Wonder <clears throat> Woman. No, I don't either. No, I want if it's. I want be, a Wonder Woman solo film. Yeah, and then her to be brought in. I, yeah, exactly. I'm not saying that Wonder Woman sucks. I'm just saying that Batman Superman is Batman Superman. Yeah, forever. Let's leave it Batman Superman. <laughs> it always has. It been. doesn't need to be anybody else. No, I don't need those other characters. Right. So to me, it's just another sign that this might kind of be an issue. A I clusterfuck yeah. of. Just a bunch of characters being introduced into one film. Yeah, and I mean, I just don't understand why nobody learned their lesson from Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3 should have been great. Yeah. It should have been awesome. Spider-Man 2 was fucking great. Loved yeah, it, it was. Loved it. And then it's like, okay, now we've got Venom, we've got Sandman. Right. Let's throw them all in this film. X-Men Last Stand. Same situation. Should have been good, based yeah. on what we've seen before. At least good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not great, but should have been good at least. And it was total shit. Well, what they did with X-Men Last Stand is they threw in, like, three different story arcs. Yeah. You've got, like, Weapon X in there. You've got the Phoenix Saga. You've got – there's so many different story arcs that they threw into that thing, into one movie. Well, some of the days the future past was in there. Yeah, too. true. I mean, it's just too much. Yeah. And so that that's what worries me. And, you know, they're talking about Jason Momoa. Um, being signed on, possibly. It's just a rumor. Yeah, they've been talking about that for a long time. Just so, you know, and we've all, you know, I think everybody's speculated that he's probably Aqu- Aquaman, if he is Aquaman? In no. Aquaman. Momoa? Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, for sure. Bullshit. For sure. He's not blonde. Guarantee. He doesn't have to be blonde. They can uh, dye his hair. Lobo. He's Lobo. You would think Lobo. He's fucking by, Lobo. By looking at him. He's not Aquaman. He could be Aquaman. Jay, shut the hell up. <laughs> he could definitely no. be Aquaman. No. Dye his hair. <laughs> shave. No. Shave. Clean no. shave. No. <laughs> I am not. I am not. I am not putting my stamp on this. A brilliant no. shave. No. And dyed hair. I don't care if he's using a Gillette and a fucking chick razor. <laughs> Bullshit. I don't, I don't care. I still. I'll stand by that. <laughs> I will stand by that. He Ju- is you know the what? Atlantean. No. Like th- no. no. Like Thor. It doesn't matter what color his hair is now. It doesn't matter. But like Thor, 
You just need a person that fits that character. It doesn't matter what. Jay, I don't care if Gillette is the best a man can get. <laughs> this is not happening. Jason Momoa is not fucking Aquaman. I think he's probably <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. When he is not cast as Aquaman, I'm gonna be, I am gonna replay this. This is gonna be our fucking intro. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but I think, I think he's Aquaman. Okay. You say Loba, and I agree. Uh, at first glance, <laughs> at first glance, Looking at a dude like that, that's Lobo. Right. I agree. I totally agree. Right. But Zack Snyder. Maybe Neil Patrick Harris is Lobo. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Neil Patrick Harris is Lobo. <laughs> or Aquaman. This is much closer. Right. This is oh much God. closer. At least he's physically fit. He is. I'll give him that. <laughs> but anyway, back to the point. Yeah, they're they're cramming too much shit into this. They are. I've been worried about this since the Ben Affleck casting. I was excited about it before that. Right. And then everything else has been totally disappointing. Yeah. Um, you know... Uh, uh, the only positive thing is that Kevin Smith's behind this, but he's been a flex friend. So Kevin Smith is behind this? He's behind the casting, at least, of... He's not attached to this at all. No, 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 no. But he's behind the casting of Ben Affleck as Batman. That's the only positive thing I've heard from anybody about this. Well, he's got... he he. Warner Brothers didn't go to him. He's not a consultant. No, no, no. I'm just saying, in his opinion, yeah. this was a good move and it will work. Well, it's it's it's. Joss Whedon gave him the thumbs up. Pat exactly. Oswalt's giving the thumbs exactly. up. Exactly. It doesn't mean shit. But that was the only good thing. I'm saying, out of everything, that's the only good thing I've heard. It well, doesn't, yeah. and it doesn't mean shit. Right. So, I mean, this is another thing where it's What's like bullshit. Jay is that last week. We were so pumped because you had great news and you had great news about Zack Snyder and things that he's had to say about it. He did this. say some good things about it. He did, and I was I was excited too. Yeah. And then then they followed up with this fucking cyborg news. Totally crazy. And we're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it, it it wasn't like I mean, I literally let, read this like two days ago or three yeah. days ago when the news came out. Well Pete Neen sent it to us on Twitter. Right. And I, and I forwarded it to you and I think you'd already seen it. No, I hadn't you seen hadn't. it. No, no. I forwarded it to you, and then we're just like, what the hell is I, going on? I saw it. There was no excitement. I felt like an idiot. I felt like an idiot. Yeah. I felt like an idiot because we had gotten on the previous podcast, and we're like, oh, okay. All right, we've been shitting on this movie, but hey, let's look at the positives. Zack Snyder has some great things to say about it. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, we're going to throw Cyborg in here, too. Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. I had my hopes up last week. Right. Because he was saying how we much... We should not be upset that they're throwing Cyborg into a movie, though. That's the messed up thing. You should be excited. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> we're, we're talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we're like, oh my god, I can't believe they're making an Ant-Man movie. But that's the difference. It's an Ant-Man movie. It makes sense. It's an Ant-Man movie. Right. It's not like they're throwing Ant-Man into a... It's not like they just had... It's not like Iron Man came out. Okay, Iron Man came out in 2008, and then in the next season, they're just like, all right, in this next movie, it's going to be Iron Man, and he's going to be teaming up with uh, Bruce Banner. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, okay, cool, an Iron Man Hulk movie. Cool. Right. He's going to meet the Hulk. And then like, a couple months later, they're like, oh, and we're going to put Thor in it, too. In the Wasp. Thor's going to be in it. Yeah, and we're going to put the Wasp in. <laughs> and then, oh, and then, oh, we're going to put Captain America in that movie, too. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple months down the road, it's like, oh, we're going to put Ultron in it. Right. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, there might be another villain, so we might see Thanos in that right. movie. And then, like, maybe, like, a day later, they're like, oh, okay, um, we're going to put Ant-Man in it. 
Well, I think it, we're going to be saying it after we see Amazing Spider-Man 2, but it's the whole Rhino scenario. We're going to throw Rhino in there yeah. for a couple seconds. Yeah. You're going to be totally disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> but he's in there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I love the character of Cyborg. I just, and I, I, I love all these characters from, uh, you know, the Justice League. It's just, I just think that they're kind of doing this wrong and they're not, I'm worried that they're not going to be able to flesh out these characters the way they should be. I don't understand why DC is scared of doing solo movies. Yeah. To flesh out these characters because I think that, I think that if, all you need to do is show an amazing Wonder Woman trailer and people are going to come out and see that movie. That fan film that came out like uh, six, oh. seven months ago. Was that a five-minute trailer? Five-minute trailer. It looked fantastic. It was a fan film. Yeah. And people were excited and saying, you know, okay, yeah, this can be done. I don't understand why you have to like shoehorn her into this movie. I don't see where she even fits into this Batman versus Superman movie after it was uh, – uh, Henry Lennox came out and gave that speech at uh, Comic Con. Yeah, about you know my hands around your throat. What does that have to do yeah. with anybody else? What does Wonder Woman have to do with this? What does uh, Cyborg have to do with this? What what's going on DC? What's going on Wonder Bro- Wonder Brothers? Right. You're you, if if you are going to create the Justice League, Batman is its heart. It's the human element. Right. He's he's basically in charge. He's basically overwrites everybody else. Yeah. He's like, this is my fucking planet. Mm-hmm. You don't fuck with it. Right. But that's not what they're doing. No. They're just saying, here's all these guys. Right. <laughs> and Batman. Yeah. Here's your biggest threat. You want S- Leslie Tompkins? We got Leslie Tompkins. <laughs> yeah, hey, everybody. <laughs> S- Batman is the threat to Superman. Right. But they're not doing that. Yeah. And that fucking pisses me off. Yeah. It pisses me off at this point. I could be wrong. Maybe Zack Snyder has a different vision. He keeps saying how I know the mythology, I know the source material. Right. I don't. I don't necessarily know that you do. You know, yeah. just because you picked a. I line. don't have a problem with them introducing like Alfred and Leslie Tompkins because they're doing some filming in Detroit, which is going to be the new Gotham. I think that's cool. Gotham used to yeah. be filmed in Chicago for the Nolan films. They're doing it in Detroit now. Yeah, if you're if you're going to film some scenes in Detroit, you're going to show some of the Bat family. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. But when you're talking about throwing in Cyborg, when you're talking about throwing in Wonder Woman, and, and on top of like this whole Batman versus Superman, which is supposed to be the focus, and then oh my God, hey, what the fuck? Hi, I'm Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> Hey, I'm Lex Luthor. Yeah, hey, what guys. about me, guys? Hey. <laughs> you know? What the fuck, man? It just seems kind of forced. It does. It seems very, very forced. It's like they're trying to do the exact opposite of what Marvel Studios is, and they're trying to do it in a way that we know it's the exact opposite. Like, oh, we're not going to do it the way Marvel Studios is doing it. Right. Why can't they just like conform and just be like, you know what? That's a successful formula. The characters that we have... We can do the exact same thing with that. We're not biting off of them, and we can make it successful. Why do you need a Justice League right away? You don't. Like, the, the, okay, Iron Man came out in 2008. We didn't get a Avengers movie until four years later. Right. It's a money shit. It's a money-grabbing shit. It's not about let's play catch-up to uh, Marvel Studios. Let's just throw it out there. That's what, that's what Fox is doing with Days of Future Past. Well, it's like, catch-up. I want to get caught up. Exactly. To what we Marvel's don't have to. Doing. We don't have to play the catch-up game. Right. It's Batman and Superman. That's all Come you on. need. Let's make this a slow burn. Yes. Let's make it a slow burn. Let's lead up. Let's 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 show let's show our our fans 
some great stories first. Let's give it a slow burn, and then we'll put everything together, and it'll be beautiful when we do. Exactly. Then we'll get that iconic scene like we did in the Avengers when all four of those characters who had had their solo movies, we get them all together in that same shot, and then we're just like, wow, this is what we've waited four years for. Yeah. This is what we've waited for. I wonder if it is a question of they can't find an actor that's willing to commit to that kind of situation. I wonder if that's what it is, but Ben Fleck seems to be on board for, you know, future solo films. So I don't understand why. They got Ray Fisher. Who the fuck is Ray Fisher? Right. Why? Why? I could, I could probably sign this guy to do a fucking film for me. He hasn't done any films. Because he hasn't done anything. <laughs> he hasn't done any films. I mean, they could sign this guy to like 20 movies. He doesn't give a shit. What else he, is he doing? He does look like Cyborg, though. Well, he may look like Cyborg. He does. He may look like Cyborg, Jay, but it's not like they got like some the big name thing. actor. It's not like they signed Will Smith to this. And oh, they, no, no. Oh, we signed Will Smith to a two-year deal. Yeah. No, you could probably get Ray Fisher. He's going to take whatever the fuck he can get. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, why? Nobody knew who Ray Fisher was before this. People, I don't... That and we've talked about this before. Okay, DC Universe has said, has stated, I don't give a fuck what these people under thirty think. We're appealing to over thirty and forty year old fucking males. Right? They don't give a fuck. They don't care. But Batman and Superman is just as big as Star Wars. They don't even fucking understand. They don't. They, they don't, don't get even it. know. You don't need to. Zack Snyder doesn't know. You don't need to throw everything but the kitchen sink into this. <laughs> For us to go see it, right? You don't, right? You, all you need is Batman versus Superman. You don't need anything. And they're taking else. the focus away from that, and they're like, now it's like, they, do they? Do they? Uh, like what? Seriously, I, are we the only ones? And the people that are on our page, are we the only ones that are just like when we hear this news, we're like groaning? Because <laughs> you think that we would be happy to hear like, oh wow, they're. I want to be. I, I can't wait. They're awesome. They're they're putting Cyborg in a film. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But. On the flip side, it's like I was happy when they announced Batman vs Superman. I was, I was happy that Batman was in it. Yeah, right. yeah. And then they ruined that, <laughs> and then they've ruined everything else after right. that. You know, and like I even gave them a little bit of leeway when they said, "Okay, we're going to put Wonder Woman in it." And I swear to God, dude, if they make Wonder Woman the girl from the capsule in the ship, yeah, if they do that, I'm, I'm out. done. I'm out. I'm done. If she's Kryptonian. I'm, I'm done. Out. I'm out. Yeah, she better not be. That Kirtonian. needs to be Kara Zor-El. That exactly. needs to be. That needs to be Superman's cousin. Oh, I'm so fucking pissed about that because right. that was one of the coolest parts about Man of Steel yeah. was the empty pod. Hell, they could introduce Crypto the dog, and I would be. I'd still I'd be, be happy. Fine. Yeah, I'd be fine. yeah, I'd be like, cool. That makes sense. Yeah. But if it's fucking Wonder Woman, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, she better be Amazonian, right? And I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it. You're going to cram all this shit in, the two biggest head-to-head ever in comic books. Yeah. Ever, in my opinion. There's right. nothing else that compares. No. I don't give a fuck who it is. Right. Wolverine versus Hulk's pretty cool, but it's not Batman versus No, Hulk. it's not. Not a human versus somebody that's totally invulnerable. 75 years of Batman. 76 years of Superman. Yeah. The first – in 75, 76 years, the first time these two have been on a motion picture. Ever. Ever. Everybody's been waiting this That's since the need. day where they were born. Let's not take away <laughs> from that. No. Yeah. It's like when somebody's getting married, it's not like you jump on – like, you know, it's not like you jump on the stage and go, hey, look at me. Yeah. Can I – it's my day too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, no. It's not the same. Yeah. When Dana Marie and Kevin Sparrowberg get married – 
they don't want me and you to jump on stage <laughs> right. like a couple of jackasses right. and be like, hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> no, they want to, it's their day. Right. It's and their this day. Is, this is Batman versus Superman's day. <laughs> this is not our day. No. No. Yeah, if I jumped on stage with them as they're trying to get married, I'd want Kevin to like punch me in the face and be like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> get the fuck Who the off. fuck are you, cyborg? <laughs> I don't know you. Get off. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the Marvel equivalent to me is Wolverine, Hulk. Yeah, and now you know they're going to take that away from us. They're right. going to take away Batman, Superman by making it a fucking full on Justice League movie. I'm not ready for it. Yeah, I'm not ready. Right. I need build up. Yeah. I need at least some foreplay. Do you want to read some? Do you want me to read some reactions from our listeners? Oh God, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let me go grab my phone real quick. I'll come back and do that. Go ahead and talk. You can. Yeah. Let's do this. I'm walking. They can hear me. Balls. <laughs> All right. Edit. <laughs> hey, you want to talk about Star Wars again? Yes. That'll be another hour. Lobot. Let's talk about Lobot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Had to grab my phone. Like I said, the internet's not working on my computer here at Jay's place. But All right, so on uh, Facebook, I said uh, Ray Fisher casts a sa- uh, cyborg in Batman versus Superman. Thoughts, answers will be read on the podcast. Um, Andrew Peck. <laughs> Andrew Peck, my buddy, he showed a picture of Neil Patrick Harris as Aquaman. <laughs> So thank you. Anne. Very fitting. Very fitting <laughs> and hilarious. Brooke Smith, she said, my friend uh, Brienne said it best. What the hell is going to happen in this movie? <laughs> exactly. Um, Aaron Claude Miller um, of the Nerd Porn Podcast said, how many more cameos are they planning to cram into this shit storm? <laughs> they cannot possibly introduce these people all in one film for the first time. The Marvel Cinematic Universe has used solo films to establish the separate characters and then brought them together for Avengers. This is just desperate, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Joshua Scheel says, I've heard rumors that Cyborg won't be in the movie, but Victor will be and will be hurt in a football game leading to the creation of Cyborg. Joshua Wolf says, snore. I don't even care if it's Victor. <laughs> I don't even care if it's Victor. Who fucking cares? Honestly, I hear news about this, and I literally am more interested in reading old wizards from the 1990s. Oh, good good call. Yeah. This is not what anyone needs. <laughs> Josh Hill. He says, it's all well and good to stuff your movie with characters, but you've got to have enough time for each character to get an ounce of development. In this one, we're learning about a new Batman, establishing Batman and Superman's relationship. Yeah, big deal. Learning about Lex Luthor, meeting Wonder Woman for the first time, and now seeing Cyborg? Though it seems likely he'll be in like five minutes of the movie as Star Labs tries to construct something to that, uh, something with that Kryptonian technology to guard the world against Superman. Good point. Very good point. Uh, Michael Cornish. Glad to see you back on Facebook, buddy. I missed you. <laughs> I miss him. I like him. He's a good dude. Yeah. Everybody's going crazy about fucking Marvel movies. Michael Cornish is like, bring me some Batman versus Superman. Oh, yeah, man. That's what I want, too. Me, too, man. Yeah. He says, I am forcing myself not to care about this movie until at least 2015. <laughs> That's a good, good, good idea. <laughs> Don, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, buddy. I have no idea. But Don Hoffley. Yeah. 
He says maybe we see him as a normal person and then him becoming cyborg in the mid credit scene where they can tie in the Arrow slash Flash universe. Because by that time, Flash shows uh, the Flash show will be up and running, and Arrow is starting to really shoehorn Star Labs into the show's universe. Huh. And the TV guys would be great to work in. They can minimize costs by bringing in the cheap guys for Green Arrow and Flash, who come with an established fan base that will buy tickets and then sp- spend a little money to catch someone good as John Stewart for Green Lantern to help wash away the taste of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Which, you, if you would have asked me a year ago if you would bring in Stephen Amell as Arrow, like, no. But, I would have been like, no, yeah. a year ago. A year ago for sure. Now, yeah, I'm like, it. can you imagine the fan response in the theater? He gives a fuck. He cares. He cares. And the yeah. fans care, Jay. Yeah. That's more important. Oh, yeah. The fans care about Stephen Amell. Yep. And if they were to bring in Stephen Amell as Green Arrow, and I'm not going to talk about Flash because he hasn't proven anything on the no. show yet. Yeah. The origin that they set up for him is fantastic. But if they bring in Stephen Amell as Green Arrow into this universe, people are going to fucking go crazy. Absolutely. People are going to go crazy. They're stupid if they don't follow that. Yeah. And if you would have asked me a year ago to bring in Stephen Amell, I'd have been like, ah, you're nuts. Well, it sucked. I mean, the first season was not that good. The no, 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 second no, 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 season, no, no, no. First season? Well, halfway. Once they got, once they brought in John Barrowman, then once they brought good. in John Barrowman yeah. and they tweaked everything, it got really good. Yeah. And I love the flashback scenes to the island, even from the get go. Yeah. It's, you could you can tell that it was CW acting at the beginning. Yes. But that first season, I think when they brought in John Barrowman, I think thing, shit started to really pick up, man. I was such a fan of Smallville, and so when I saw that, I kind of compared it to that. And definitely at the beginning, it was definitely like that. But halfway through, it got great. The second season looks amazing. Right. And, you know, we've talked about it before. Why not include the television universe in with the cinematic universe. Yeah, we were kind of against it. I think they can do it at this point effectively, and I think they should. Right. Um, yeah, I think it would make sense, and yeah. I think that would be kind of like a hit to Marvel. You've got established They well. have been killing Marvel on the TV side. Exactly, and these guys give a fuck. Yeah. That's the most important part. You have actors that give a shit about the character. Yeah. You need that yeah. in these movies, otherwise they're hokey as shit. Well, okay, okay. the reason I don't think that you liked Arrow when it first came out is because they were kind of trying to separate. They were really trying to separate themselves from the comic book universe. Yeah. They realized that this was taken off, and the more comic book stuff that they put into the show, the more fans were going crazy for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So now that's why they've introduced like characters like Deadshot and shit Dead like on. that. Yeah. They've introduced the, you know, the birds Death of prey. Stroke. Deathstroke. They've introduced the Suicide Squad. Which, Harley Quinn. The more stuff that they introduce, they, he's got the mask now. Yeah. The more stuff from the comic book they introduce, the more people are going crazy for this, right, dude. Right. And that's why I think that that this would be a smart move on them to say, you know what, you you guys don't right now, you don't know that this is part of this DC Cinematic Universe. We're going to blow your minds. Bam. Here's Stephen Amell's coming out of the shadow. And everybody's like, holy shit, it's all one world. This is, this, that is, that, that right there would put the, I'm not saying it would put the nail in the coffin, but it, it would be a good start. It, it's totally, it's still different from Marvel, but it's still in a very smart way 
to introduce him in that situation. Well, it didn't start off smart. We thought it was stupid. Yeah. We thought it was stupid that, like, okay, they're going to do this Arrow universe after the fact that they've already introduced this Man of Steel But movie. Arrow has more balls than the DC movie universe. Yeah. It has more balls to try well, we these things. We didn't think it made sense to shoehorn Arrow into this universe at first. Yeah. Now, with Arrow being a hit, yeah. I think it would take all of the viewers like totally off guard and everybody would be like, holy shit, Stephen Amell is in this shit. That would be a fist-pumping moment for me in the seat if he came out and he was part of this Justice League. Yeah, I mean, just for the simple fact that they had balls enough to introduce the Flash and have its own spin-off series. Yeah, yeah. That enough for me is to be like, I fucking support this yeah. shit. Uh, Jeff LeBaron, uh, this is going to take about five minutes. To <laughs> As <laughs> always. I love, no, but I love Jeff's input, man. Oh yeah. Dude knows his shit. I like reading his shit. He says, I'm finding myself in this completely bizarre double contradicting twice over and back again sideways position over the entire <laughs> thing. When everyone was bitching about how you can't have a Justice League movie without first having gone the Marvel Studios route of solo movies, I said bullshit. The first five issues of the new 52 Justice League, not to mention the earlier animated TV series, showed exactly how you could throw people right into that team dynamic head first. When people started bitching that Man of Steel wasn't getting a traditional sequel, I said bullshit. <laughs> I thought Man of Steel was great and certainly would be welcome several more movies with the same cast and production team. But this is the goddamn Batman. And the man of motherfucking steel. Yes. Together in the same movie, exclamation point. You're right on. Then I said fuck a few dozen times when Affleck was announced, and I remember reading that. <laughs> remember when whichever brother that isn't Alec Baldwin did the voice of Batman in one of those DC animated Justice League movies, and it completely took you out of the story every time he opened his mouth to speak? Fuck. Remember Mark fucking Harmon as Superman? <laughs> That's the kind of disconnect I'm getting from the Affleck casting. But now, with this latest announcement, the whole thing just seems ridiculous to me. They've announced most of the Justice League lineup, yet still continue to call this untitled Superman slash Batman film. Yeah. I should be completely crazy excited out of my fucking skull for the Justice League movie that I always said could have been done. I should be pointing at everyone who can't seem to function when something's presented to them in anything other than a hard linear fashion. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at you people who somehow thought Clark had the superpowers to save Jonathan from the tornado in Man of Steel just because you saw him learning to fly a few minutes earlier in a scene that takes place 18 years later. <laughs> Dumbass. I like that. <laughs> I, I like that too. That's a good point. <laughs> For the record, up to that point, he was thrown, he was shown to have heat and x-ray vision, super hearing and super strength. That's it. If he'd run out to his dad, he'd likely just have gotten sucked up into the sky with Jonathan. <laughs> but he probably would have survived the eventual fall back down. How fucking dumb do you feel now? <laughs> fucking brilliant. <laughs> See, this is why I'm cool with non-linearity. So cool with it that I might just have made that word up just now. <laughs> I can't seem to stick to a point without veering off. But fuck it. I'm part of the leftover army. Suck it. Hell yeah. Exactly. That's that, what we do on a okay. weekly basis. Yeah. Okay, so my long-winded point is, if Warner Brothers, haha, I almost topped Warner Briz. <laughs> <laughs> and there I did it. Uh, would just come out and call this movie Justice League, then I'd be fine with it. 
Yeah. I'd expect there to be tons of characters. And I'd expect most of them to get shortchanged in the story and character areas. But the way they insist on sticking to Batman slash Superman is driving a shiv into my fucking heart. Because it's so clearly not that anymore. Right. And completely smacks of Warner Brothers doing this as a shallow corporate and callously as they possibly can. And I can only say bullshit. And I should never, ever have to say that about this movie. Damn right, motherfucker. Amen. Yeah. Uh, Dan Hunter says, I'm happy Cyborg is going to be in the Justice League, but I would love to see a Teen Titans movie. But that would probably never happen. Austin Shadowin, he says, another? <laughs> yeah. Talking about another casting. Right. Uh, Don Hoffley says, I hope so. Team Arrow, uh, yeah, he responded to me. I, I asked him uh, when he said, you know, uh, the he asked the question. Uh, he, when he basically said that they should bring in Stephen Amell, yes. you know, and things like that. I, I asked Don Hoffley, I said, that's the million-dollar question. Is the movie universe and TV universe, are they separate? And uh, to that, he said, I hope so. Uh, Team Arrow is good enough to work in a larger medium. Plus, they are bringing the League of Shadows into Arrow. The talks of bringing Nightwing into it as well. Harley Quinn was in the Suicide Squad episode. They keep reaching into other comics lore for their stuff. If they don't want fans to get confused, they need to bridge the universes in a better executed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Which I think they could do. Exactly. Um, let's see here. Um, Michael Cornish comes back. He, <laughs> he, he always he comes said, back. He said, I'm done until 2015. But you know what? Michael Cornish, he's stewing about this shit because he loves Batman. Yeah. I know Michael Cornish loves Batman. Yeah. I, I read his comments and he loves Batman. Anytime I mention Batman on any fucking post, Michael Cornish is there to talk about it because he fucking loves the characters as much as you do. Yeah, for sure. Sure. He says, uh, Superman Batman has passed the tipping point. At this point, I am saying, where is everyone else? Looking forward to the Flash casting coming out next month. <laughs> I mean, I, our listeners are smart as hell. I yeah. mean, our listeners are smart. And they, they, they see this as, as des- desperation. Exactly. Is it, is it, are they doing this because of the Captain America 3 casting? Is this all like, I mean, I don't know. I don't get it. They should have, they should have the they should have the screenplay written already. Yeah, is this is this is this already been written to the screenplay, or is this shit that they're just adding as this goes along? Well, I mean, that's what Zack Snyder said: is that you don't understand, we don't understand, right? What they already have written down, right? We don't get it. Why don't we get it? We look like idiots from last week. Why don't we get it? We were excited last week about the news, and now we look stupid. It was reassuring, but. Why don't we get it? Why don't we understand? We are the ones that fucking read the shit and go see these fucking movies. Right. Why are you saying we don't understand what the fucking writing of the story is going to be? Right. We know what it should fucking be. Batman versus Superman. You're writing some other fucking bullshit that you want us to like. Batman versus Superman. Batman versus Superman. Dark Knight Returns. End of story. Yes. Why? Why? You're going to follow up Christopher Nolan's Batman with some fucking bullshit. Yeah. Why would you even contemplate it? Yeah. Why don't we understand it? You're an asshole for telling us we don't fucking understand (laughs) what the story is. Right. Oh, you don't know what we've written. Oh, we're going to blow your mind. My mind's been blown plenty of fucking times. Well, you know what? You've got two and a half hours to blow my mind. Yeah. Exactly. Or I'm going to blow off this movie and I'm going to come back here next year, uh, two years, and I'm going to say, you know what? I tossed that shit. Yeah. You asshole. Don't fucking – I don't want to sit through another 10 years of DC trying to reboot 
with their movie They've franchises. They've already fucked up Green Lantern. They fucked up Green Lantern. They're like, oh, okay, you know what? This Iron Man movie did really good because they had this quick-witted guy called Robert Downey Jr. playing this character called Tony Stark. So we got to get Ben so you know what? No, we got to get Ryan Reynolds to play this quick-witted Green well, yeah, Lantern guy. Right, for Green Lantern. And then it fucking... Yeah, and so but they're doing the same thing. I know they are. They're doing the same thing with Ben Affleck. They're trying to say, okay, this is our Robert Downey Jr. Because Robert Downey Jr. hasn't always like uh, done the the he hasn't been a big name over the past you know b- before Iron Man came out. He kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, he had Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which kind of brought him back into it a little bit. You know, he did that movie with Val Kilmer, and people kind of noticed that movie. And then, but before that, I mean, he was doing a lot of like uh, low uh, low budget independent films that nobody yeah. really fucking gave a shit about. Right. But he has appeal. Right, you know, and so Ben Affleck kind of fell off the face of the planet when it came to his acting, redeemed himself when it came to his directing skills, and yeah. so like now they're thinking that they can do the same thing with Ben Affleck that the that Marvel did with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, because what else is he going to do? He's going to struggle to put out his own films, or he's going to be cast in something else. But he's not going to have a franchise film like Batman. Now he has a franchise film like right. Batman, hands <clears throat> down. Didn't ask the fucking fans if they gave a shit. In fact, it caused quite a stir. It almost shut down the whole entire internet. Yeah, change.org had a fucking petition. Right. To get him fucking out of it. Right. And so I'm But not, we're, we're past that. Whatever, Ben Affleck's Batman. Whatever. We're past that. Yeah, I don't care about that necessarily. Now but. I care about them taking the focus off Batman and Superman and throwing everybody but the kitchen sink into this fucking Right, movie. yeah, do that. Get Ben Affleck. I'll Jeff fuck. LeBaron's pissed off that they're just not calling it Justice League. And he right. has every right to be pissed off. Right. Exactly. Exactly. What are you expecting? I mean, this is the second... Why st- call it Batman versus Superman or Untitled Batman versus Superman? And why come out at Comic-Con, show the fucking Batman-Superman logo, quote The Dark Knight Returns, yeah. and then... Everything that we've heard from this has not been anything Batman, Superman related except for the costumes. Yeah. We, all we've heard is Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Jeremy Irons, Leslie Tompkins, Cyborg. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Right. Uh, fucking Michael Cornish is right. Just announce the fucking flash casting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hell, Jason, uh, J- uh, Jay thinks Jason Momoa is going to be fucking Aquaman. <laughs> That's how fucked up things have gotten. <laughs> your your fucking brain has been in a blender. You think Jason Momoa is going to be Aquaman? He will be. I guarantee you. <laughs> you're, but you're you're fucked up. But I know. <laughs> but you've got you've got the goddamn. I liked Man of Steel. Right. I, I did too. I, I liked loved it. it. I Tupperware that shit. It was awesome. I loved it. But now you're going to throw it in this clusterfuck. Yeah. It's not even about Superman anymore. Okay. Is Henry Cavill even in this movie? Is he? Uh, you know, maybe more than five minutes. Right. I don't know. I don't fucking know. You know, maybe they can just take footage from the last movie and throw him in there. We won't notice. <laughs> they, just like James Franco. He doesn't even know he's going to be in the new Planet of the Apes film. <laughs> we can do the same thing with Henry Cavill. We can just throw in some fucking rehash scenes from Man of Steel. <laughs> right. Right. It doesn't matter. I mean, that was supposed to be Superman Begins, the origin of yeah, Superman. and they did it. They did it great. Right. Just like Batman Begins. And this is supposed to be the follow-up, like Zack Snyder says. Like, what are the consequences of what happened? But with- he's like, I'm going to shove all this shit up right. your ass. Right. All of it. Right. Why, dude? And, you know, Watchmen was great. You know, he threw in a bunch of... There's a bunch of characters in Watchmen. But that's the that's the novel, Jay. That's the total novel. It's a complete story. You don't have anything You else. don't bring Henry Lennox out on stage to quote The Dark Knight Returns and then... I don't remember Cyborg in that. 
Right. Right. Why? Why does he need to be in it? This should be Batman versus Superman. That's all the fans want. It should be Batman, Superman, and then do your fucking Batman solo movies. Right. Do your Court of Owls shit. Right. If you want to introduce Leslie Tompkins, fine. You're filming some scenes in Detroit, so you're in Gotham. Introduce Leslie Tompkins. Introduce Alfred. Introduce him. Introduce them. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Okay? Give us a feel for what Gotham's going to be like. That's fine. But you don't need to throw in fucking Wonder Woman. No. Okay? She doesn't need to be a thrown-in. Thrown-in character. She needs her own solo film. I guarantee you she's the girl from the pod. I guarantee it. If she's Kryptonian and she's the girl from the pod, they're full of shit because they've already said that that's not the way it's going to play out. I don't think I'll talk about it again if that happens. Ever. I don't even want to uh, talk about it again. I saw Man of Steel three times in theaters in three days. Yeah. I saw it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We recorded the podcast. I own the film. I watch it. I love it. Yeah. I love the Batman movies, the Nolan movies. Yes. Batman Begins, uh, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Returns. I watch them all the time. Every every month. <laughs> don't throw too much into this film to the point where it is just a clusterfuck of cameos and Easter eggs and pandering. Well, it seems like it seems like he feels like Wonder Woman isn't enough. You know what I mean? Wonder Woman is plenty. Batman is totally plenty. Wonder Woman, honestly, at this point, when you're saying you've got a movie with Batman, she doesn't Superman, need to be in there. She doesn't even. No, need to be she in doesn't. There. But the fact that she is in there is fucking plenty. Right. That's totally fine. To see the Trinity on screen. Fantastic. Yeah, but we don't even now need we've to, got to throw We don't even need to see that in this movie, Jay. Right, we don't. Yeah, we don't. Come on. We need to see why Batman would ever come to Metropolis and be like, what the fuck is going on right. over here? Right. That's it. That's it. I don't even need a Lex Luthor. No. I don't need Lex Luthor. Let's get all these characters some solo movies. Let's show the imminent threat of a dark side character later on down the road. Show the imminent threat of what Superman can be if right. he fucking destroys everything. If yeah. he's left to his own devices and doesn't understand how the world works. Right. You know, he had great parents. That was an awesome story. I love that part about Superman. But he destroyed an entire city. Everybody knows that. Bring in Batman to tell him, you can't fucking do that. And I'm going to make sure you never fucking do that. Right. And I will destroy you or if I'll, you ever do that. I'll terraform your ass. I will terraform you <laughs> if you ever fucking do that again. Right. That's it. Yeah. I don't need anybody else. Ever. Yeah. I don't need Cyborg in this film. No. Not to say that I don't like Cyborg. No. I you, do. You can hint at him all you want. Right. But you, if, if you're going to like give this movie like Batman versus Superman, if you're going to show a Batman versus Superman logo and then talk about every other character in the Justice League after that, it takes away from our enjoyment of just going in and knowing we're going to see a Batman versus Superman film. Right. We're, we're going to get to see... A lot of Henry Cavill. We're going to get to see Ben Affleck's version of Batman. Um, it, it takes away from that. that. That's all I need. I yeah. mean, you know, don't spoil us on too much. I mean, I mean, let's let's. I'm not saying we need to be spoon fed, but at the, um, but at the same time, it's like you're not really spoon feeding us with Batman versus Superman. Right. <laughs> you're shoving it in our face. Yeah, you're giving, <laughs> you're, you're giving us more than a more than more than a generous helping of. Two amazing characters. Yeah, some of we the best in comic characters. We don't need any more. Right. 
Okay, so you know what? I'm full. I'm full. I'm, I'm taking the plate and I'm pushing it back. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you know what? You go, just put it, put it in the Tupperware container <laughs> and label, label the first container cyborg, label right. the second container, you know, Wonder Woman. And you know what? For dessert, let's just label that Lex Luthor. Yeah. Okay? We don't need that in this film. It's just money, man. It's money, man. It's all about the money, and it pisses me off that they're going to just shit on this. I hope well, not. Let, but yeah, yeah, it let's seems not, like Let's it. not say they're going to shit on it. I'm but not going to say definitively. Let's just say, you know yeah. what? But you know what? Let's definitively, let's not say they're going to shit on it. But at the same time, I've got like most of the leftover army saying that, hey, this is too much. It yeah. needs to stop. Right. If there's any more announcements, if I hear any more announcements, I'm probably just going to take my phone and throw it. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm getting to the point where I'm all, I'm getting angry. Yeah. Over this. Right. I am. It's, and I shouldn't be. It's not it's not a personal <clears throat> issue in Zack Snyder. Cuz we all want to see a Justice League movie, but we want to see it let up correctly. Yeah. There's no rush. There's no rush. You There's don't, no rush. You don't have to rush this. Just because Avengers is awesome right. doesn't mean you need to go out and grab all that fucking money. Exactly. You're fucking with two very important characters. This is like going out with somebody for the first time, you know? Easy, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like after the first date, you just don't bust out the condom and no. say, hey, let's, let's I've got this. Let's do this. This is cool. Let's do this. No. <laughs> yeah. Come but on. He's not even asking if it's cool. Right. He's just like, I'm going to use this, guys. Right. Exactly. No, dude. Batman, Superman are the two biggest ever. Yeah. Period. Zack Snyder's literally, basically just ripping the condom open in front of you. He's kind of say, "We're doing this." He's doing this wrong. And you're like, "Whoa, whoa! I understand you bought me dinner, but hold on, whoa, hold on, <laughs> hold on, man." Cyborg two, right? <laughs> Seriously? I mean, I, I I was on board with Wonder Woman. I was like, "Cool, yeah. introduce her." Yeah. Introduce her in a mid-credit scene. I was thinking mid-credit. Introduce scene. her. That's it. Introduce. <laughs> Nothing else. Right. Nothing else. I don't need to see her in full fucking costume fighting anybody. Yeah. I don't need to see that yet. Yeah. Tease me. Right. Tease me. Batman, Superman. <laughs> my hands at your throat. Yeah. My hands at th- your throat forever, buddy. Yeah. yeah. I'm Batman. You're Superman. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's all you need. Fucker. Fuck. <laughs> All right, I um Pete Need. <laughs> we love you, Pete. I love you, Pete. Love you, Jeff. Jeff LeBaron. Kenneth Tagger, you rock too, my man. Yes, sir. Kevin Sparberger, uh Dana Marie. Andrew Peck. Andrew Peck. Awesome. Love you guys. Mark Perillo. Mark Perillo. Yeah. He's a he's a talker. Good peeps. Yes. You know, all right, man. I've had a good time. So, yeah, we're all excited. Wait, I want, uh, Kenneth Tagger, he actually had a, uh, he left his reaction about this, uh, cyborg casting on our website. He says, I don't know cyborg, and I'll be the first fan to admit that I'm not knowledgeable when it comes to comic books. However, when I was young, I probably watched Van Damme cyborg a few dozen times. <laughs> well, yeah, we did. He we says, did. can't wait to get the lowdown. Yeah, cyborg was awesome. Yes. Didn't he have the boot that had the nail in it and shit? Dude, the I, knife in it? All the Van Damme movies back in the day. Kickboxer. Oh, Jesus. They were great. Yeah. They were great. I Lionheart. You watch Lionheart now, it's cheesy as fuck. Yeah. But man, I loved Lionheart when I was a kid. Right. I used to crotch punch my mom all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, he, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know it was coming either. No, no, she didn't. 
You used to do the splits. I and did go, the splits. And, and, you'd, and you'd make the Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> for like for like an hour. Yeah, he'd do that for an hour. <laughs> Everybody oh, that man. has seen that movie will know what the fuck we're talking about. Oh, he about. did that in every movie where he did. The, he always had to do the splits and the punch. Yeah. And he had to punch somebody in the crotch. And then he'd go. Yeah. It was very intense. Yeah, for like an hour. <laughs> very intense. Uh, Van Damage. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Called it Van Damage. I love Van Did Damme. you know his real name is not Jean-Claude Van Damme? No. His real name is Jean-Claude Van Varenberg. Well, that doesn't sound cool at Thank all. Thank you. Did you know Whoopi Goldberg's real name is Karen Johnson? <laughs> Hi, I'm Karen Johnson. Whoopi Goldberg's real name is Karen Johnson. Totally common. Yeah. Totally common. I am a plethora of... Uh, she can we not. Can't, we can't pronounce names, but apparently we know what <laughs> we people's real names are. She can't crotch punch for shit. No, she can't. <laughs> I'm seeing it. She's going to be in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yes, yes, yeah. she is. Yes, that looks good. <clears throat> I'm going to see. I'm going to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. In the oh, theater. I'll totally see. Are it. we going to do a podcast on it? Yes. Okay, I'll talk to Jake, and if Jake says we'll do a podcast on it, we'll do one. Absolutely. Because I'm going to go see it, because like, now I'm intrigued. I saw the first and second one in the theaters, yeah, so I yeah. will be seeing this one yeah. just because, and that kind of pisses me off that right. it's forcing me to go see it. Yeah, I'm going to go see it now. <sighs> Fucking Michael Bay. i got to see if it's a train, train wreck. He's not directing it, though. Michael Bay's not directing it, though. He's producing it. He's Dude, an executive producer. Do you think that the ship... In the Transformers trailer, all right, uh-huh. there's a big ship, and you see kind of one of the Decepticons maybe walking down the street. Uh-huh. Doesn't that look like Unicron's head? I would hope. I think it might be Unicron's head. Can I be honest with you? I've yes. only seen one of the Transformers trailers. Well, that's probably... I don't give a shit about right. it. Right. I really don't. But it does look like Unicron. Right. And I think if they want to make more money, they'll probably put Unicron. They need to put Unicron in a film. But like, seriously, like, Unicron is a huge task. That's like, that's going to cost a lot of money to do Unicron. Unicron is bigger than that's the reason Fox did not do Galactus in the Fantastic Four movie, and we saw a shitty cloud. Right. That was fucking lame. Right. Well, at least I think they may have got his head in this movie. Wow. Possibly, and we know that Galvatron. Is in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we know that for a fact. So, I mean, there's some things that make me... I'm going to go see it. Yeah. I know you're probably going to go see it. Yeah, we'll we'll do a show on it. Even though I'm just against it completely, but... No, you said you were excited when you saw the trailer. You did. I heard you. I know. Yeah. Don't let me influence (laughs) your opinion. It's not... Everybody... It's like, am I the fucking biff of the podcast? (laughs) McFly... McFly. You might be. You might. (laughs) It was pretty cool seeing Optimus Prime with a fucking sword. I'm sorry. It was pretty cool. All right. But it's probably going to suck a lot. You know what? Seriously. If you like to own that shit, be like, fuck you, Brian. Yeah. I saw Optimus Prime with a sword. And it blew my fucking mind. It blew my mind. So fuck you. You didn't like it. Fuck you. You're a cross head. Yeah. (laughs) No. Own that shit. If you liked it, you liked it. Yeah. You know, like, there's stuff that I like that other people don't like. Absolutely. And just own it. <laughs> I'm telling that to our listeners, too. It doesn't matter. Right. That's what we do on this show. We own our shit. Right. So if you think something's, something's good, and we've had listeners, like, I want you to come out and say, like, yeah, I think the trailers for Days of Future, Fa- Future Past look awesome. And own that shit. Yeah. That's fine. That's you your opinion. Can. You can. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you guys totally can. Right. But a little bit excited about Transformers. Okay. Just touch. See? Yeah. That wasn't so hard. Right. <laughs> you, you look at me like you're scared to say that you like Transformers. Just a little bit. All right. But no hopes. No hope. As, right. as, far, as opposed to new hope. Right. No hope. That's gonna be any good. Seriously, I, no. Look at me. Look at me right now. I want you to look at me. And do it. No, seriously. Like think about. Like I'm gonna say this. Okay. 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 All right. From what we've seen from the last Transformers movies, can you imagine like going to the theater and like everybody walking out and thinking like, "Wow, this is amazing. Wow, that was amazing. Like yeah. I had never expected that from a Transformers movie. Yeah. They 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 did it this time. They nailed it on the head. Like people that have been following it from Generation One all the way through, like Beast Wars and everything. Every of you know like the new Transformers animated on fucking Cartoon Network. Everybody, everybody's just like, wow, that's the definitive, the definitive Transformers movie, right? No, no, I don't think, I don't think Michael Bay can do it. No. I don't think that people no. are going to be happy from this. It, like uh, the second movie, it's just like the first one was okay, and then the second one, it was just like let's take these characters and like all the things that, that were charming about that first film and just like make it that much more outrageous. Like the right. parents were like way over the top. Yes, it was just crazy. I couldn't relate to Sam Witwicky anymore. I could relate to him when he was in high school, geeky kid wanting to meet the you know the popular beautiful girl. I could relate to that. Now he's like dating supermodels like in the third movie and shit like that. I, none of this. It was fucked up, dude. He was in college and hanging out with like these uh, com- computer uh, conspiracists and all this shit. It was just crazy. Well, I, I think what people don't get and understand like Michael Bay is that the uh, cartoon was one of the best movies of all time. Animated movie was awesome. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And especially if you followed the cartoon. The cartoon, I know you did, I did. Every fucking Sunday morning or whenever it came on, yeah, I was up. Mm-hmm, me too. Normally, I'm gonna sleep. That's how you, me and you we met because of Star uh, uh, Transformers. Yes, yes. I remember how we met. I don't know if you even remember. Oh yeah. But I was new to the school and like I was talking to one kid about Transformers and he's like, you know who likes Transformers <laughs> is Jason. Yeah. And he's like, so he, he like brought me over to you and you were with somebody else. And then we started talking about an episode. I still remember the episode. It was an episode that dealt with Soundwave and uh, uh, Blaster Master. Yes. And we were talking about that episode. Fucking awesome. And just through Transformers, that's how me and Jay formed a friendship. And here we are, you know, 29 years later and we're talking to you guys and boring the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is why Transformers is not going to ever Ever, unless somebody understands how important that was and right. how important the actual cartoon was and everything else, yeah. they're not going to ever do it right. Right. It's not going to happen. Oh, I'm sure I'm like, to Michael Bay, Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hold a dear place in his heart. Yeah. Yeah. His yeah. wallet. Yeah. 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 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles looks like complete garbage. I mean, we've only saw a little bit so far. Um but the action looks really good in it. The action looks great. And he always does really good action. It's just like the... Um, Character development and stuff like that seems like, you know, there's just like scenes that he doesn't really, I don't know, there's something about his characters that just seem a little over the top and like not connected with like the real world. Yeah. And part of that's kind of like with G.I. Joe, like the G.I. Joe movies and stuff like that 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 have come out and, you know, Jim is coming out. Yeah. All these 80s nostalgia movies. Glitter. Uh, what is it? Glamour, glitter, fashion and fame. Fashion and fame. Yeah, they're totally, all going to come in. Totally outrageous. Totally outrageous. <laughs> her, her fashion is contagious. Yes. 
But you know, the whole point of that is fun, right? Right. But when we were we were kids, we didn't we took that shit seriously. Dude, isn't it gonna be hilarious like when the gem movie comes out and we're gonna get on the podcast and we're gonna be like, dude, fuck that movie. <laughs> gem was awesome. That no, we're gonna be like, fuck that movie. That is not the gem I grew up with. <laughs> that is not the gem I know. I watched Dude, the way they portrayed the misfits in this movie yes. totally pissed me off. They haven't even been cast yet. Right. I can't believe that any of those girls were misfits. <laughs> Right. Okay, number one, there wasn't any glitter. Yeah. I saw a little bit of glamour. A little bit of fashion. There was fashion. (laughs) But the fame was not there. So now we don't have glitter. We don't have fame. Yeah. You know, that's two of the four, you know? Yeah. And what was outrageous? What was outrageous? (laughs) Her fashion wasn't contagious. No. I didn't copy it. I didn't. (laughs) No, but I can't see anybody, like, throwing a fit about, like, Gem. No. But, But it's cool. Like, part of it's cool that it's here. Mm-hmm. Like, part of me is like, I'm glad that these movies are out, yeah. at least that people know about this stuff. Right. But the other part of me is like, yeah, they're totally shitting on it. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. No, no, no. I totally get That's that. why I go see them. Yeah. Is because I want them to be fucking great. Yeah. yeah, because these are the things that we grew up with. Like, my dad, like, when I talk about Transformers before, like, the movie came out, like, my dad just thought it was just some stupid cartoon. And I was like, oh, yeah, Transformers is coming out in a movie. My dad was just like, whatever. That's stupid. Yeah. My dad watched it. He actually liked the first Transformers movie. And after it came out, then um, when he watched the Transformers movie, then I could talk to him about, like, oh, okay, let me explain to you the relationship between Megatron and Starscream. <laughs> right. And my dad was receptive. He right. wanted to hear about this because he didn't know. Yeah. You know, it's like that's what gets people into like stuff that we've grown up and we've loved for years already. Right. It's kind of cool that like the stuff that we grew up with that everybody thought was fucking dorky yeah. when we were growing up and kids. Now it's like all these things that we everybody thought was like fucking nerdy and shit. Everybody is fucking watching. It's always the case. It's multi million dollar pictures. Yeah, to to all the nerds out there, whether it's it's uh, music, comic books, film, anything that you're into that people are calling nerdy now, give it about ten years. Yeah, and then you know you'll be pissed off because nobody is like, hey, that guy told me about yeah, this but 10 years ago. Yeah, but <laughs> then everybody at the fucking water cooler is going to be like, hey, tell me about this character. Right. It's total bullshit. Yeah. That's, so, a, that's a side note. So but. everybody that thinks I'm fucking stupid for re- reading Brian K. Vaughn's saga, yeah. you know, in uh, They're gonna t- eat it. 20, 30 years, if Brian K. Vaughn ever signs off on a movie, everybody's going to be like, holy shit, you read that stuff? Yeah, I'm going to be the cool guy at the fucking office. So yeah, fuck you. But that's that's part of the appeal. Yeah, Transformers and that, like like you said, your parents, my parents, same way. Like, right. I can talk to them more because those films came out. Sure. And it's kind of cool. Just like I said, it's kind of cool that I get to see a live action Transformers. Did you hear they movie. fucking cast Cyborg in fucking Transformers Four? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not. Surprised. What the fuck? They're throwing every. They're throwing this motherfucker <laughs> into every movie. Now he's in Transformers. Yeah. Not surprised. Wonder Woman's going to be in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> what the fuck is going on here, Jay? It's a clusterfuck. They're just... Yeah. Well, you know... Mashing the, the genres. Ke- Kevin Eastman's like, I'm going to be in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, you know, be be a little more, uh, up, you know, uh, optimistic about this because I'm in it. Right. Because you have a, a side appearance because you're in it. Why? Why is that important? He put his name behind it. Exactly. But, All these guys. Yeah. Exactly. Like I said, you know, you 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 have to get behind these projects early. Like you said, Saga. Mm-hmm. Get behind that shit. Don't get behind it twenty ten years later. Yeah. Kevin Eastman created the fucking thing, and now he's okay with having a cameo in a Michael Bay film. Yeah. 
Total bullshit. They sold the rights to the turtles a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Dude was broke. Yeah. You know, it's the same situation. You know, people don't give a fuck when these things happen. All I'm saying is start giving a fuck when these things happen and maybe it won't be shit down the road. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. You won't have people like uh, Michael Bay that's just like totally raping your childhood. Yeah. And not to say he can't do it right with the proper person working with him. Come on. It's Michael Bay, Jay. Okay. Too much credit. He'll get the action scenes down. It'll be fun. But I'm just worried about the character dialogue and how they're portrayed on the screen. It's going to be garbage. Yeah. Like, even as a kid, I remember watching the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film in... Loved it. Well, hold on. I saw it in the theater. I saw it in the theater. Okay. I remember watching it in the theater, though. And as uh, it came out in 1990, I was 12 years old at the time. And I still remember watching it, and the origin of Splinter pissed me off because it wasn't the same origin as Splinter right. in the cartoon. Slightly tweaked. Not well, as much as it's going to be. He was a human in the cartoon, and he had the mutagen spill on him, and then he turned into the rat. Right. This version... He was a rat first. He was a rat first yeah. that would actually watch his master... Do kung Which, fu. Do yeah. kung fu, and they show <laughs> they show in a cage a little rat doing karate kicks. Really good, really good animation. <laughs> really good effects. <laughs> really good effect. <laughs> Not to take anything away, but at the time, I remember being twelve years old and being pissed off that oh, that's not Splinter's origin. Right, right. That's not Splinter's origin. That's not the origin I remember. Right. As a twelve year old kid, I was pissed off about stuff. Yeah, and there's so many things to be pissed off about. But that- and, we're, and believe me, because we get on the show and we right. we piss and moan every week. It's one of the reasons we do the show. <laughs> yeah, if people want to listen to two guys piss and moan every week, <laughs> they listen to pop culture leftovers. But it's true. Yeah, I, I watched that too, and I was like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But you know what? The people that read the comics. Before the stupid little, uh, before that, that, that's stupid little, I'm not, I sound like it's such a douchebag. <laughs> before the, before the cartoon, I love the cartoon. Before yes. the cartoon came out, they were thinking, this cartoon is stupid. Yeah. Because it's nothing like the original comic book. Right. Which was violent. Yes. But see, my, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle I fell in love with was the cartoons. Yeah. So that when the movie came out, I loved the movie, but I didn't like some of the tweaks that they made. Right. But imagine like the people that were in from the ground floor with the original comic books from Eastman and Laird. Yeah. Those people were pissed off because it wasn't the original vision that Eastman and Laird had. That they, These turtles were violent. Yeah. You know? Well, what these guys don't understand is though, even though we grew up in the cartoons, me yeah. and you looked into where this came from. Right. Yeah, we found out later. We were young, right. but at the same time, we were like, where does this story come from? Yeah. Oh, there's a comic book? Right. I'm going to check that out. Right. They don't understand. They they really think that people are that fucking dumb. Yeah. And that's not true. These these studios that are so fucking out of touch with shit, and that's why I say get behind people that actually talk about how much they care about it. No, I mean, people like us care. Yeah. But like your average moviegoer, Jay, they're not going to seek this shit out. Right, right. But it's still not even enough. You right. know, you still you still try and put that inside and say, well, can I enjoy this without knowing what I know about it? Right. And you still look at it and say, no, this is shit. Yeah. This is garbage. And I think that they really underestimate the viewer, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter if it's your, you know, uh, 
uh, housewife raising a couple of kids that's never read a comic in their life. Mm-hmm. If they see Captain America, they're going to look into Captain... You can go on Google and find a million things about Captain America without ever reading a comic book. Absolutely. And just, go be, his, just go to his wiki page. And you'll be like, I've been fucking cheated. Yeah. And they underestimate people, and it's fucking stupid. Yeah. In this age, come on, guys. We can look up anything and find out anything about any backstory about any of these characters. Yeah, but unless... But it goes back to unless you were like around at the time, like in 1985-86 when the Transformers animated movie come out and you were a kid, there's nothing like watching that movie when you were a kid because that's when it meant the most to you. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Because like that movie still holds a place in my heart. Like the death of Optimus Prime and, you know, I mean, just, just everything about that movie. It was just like, that was an event for me. That was like my Avengers when I was a kid. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you know, just to see like the liberties Michael Bay has taken with uh, the franchise and things like that and, and the way the look of the Transformers. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the action sequences are done really well, choreographed beautifully. I mean, I'm really believing that I'm watching two gigantic robots fighting each other. Yeah. But the flip side, it's like, People don't act like this. Right. <laughs> yeah. This isn't anywhere real life. Mm-hmm. Not I whatsoever. People do not act like this. No, I don't care if you're in a business like like they had, had Sam Witwicky. You know, yeah. I'm in a big multi-million dollar business. Yeah. I've never, uh, I've never heard of anything that was remotely like that or people acting like right. they did in that film. You know what? The the answer is you know what we're never going to be satisfied as fanboys. No, nothing's ever going to make us happy unless 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 a fanboy's making the movie like Joss Whedon who just got it right. Yeah, he for just, sure. You know, J- uh, Avengers is, and, and and Captain America: The Winter Soldier and and movies like that and and Christopher Nolan those are just like one in a million. So you know what we're going to keep watching these movies so that we can get those diamonds in the rough like those movies. Oh yeah. You know, that's why we keep watching these movies because we're waiting for that one movie that just connects with us, even as adults. Yep. You know, the way that they used to connect with us when we were kids. Because everything, when you're a kid, everything's new. And we're just waiting for something to connect with us on that nostalgic level to make us feel like a kid again. When yeah. we leave that theater, we're just like, wow, that, that really did it for me. And that's what we're waiting for. And that's why we're so passionate about these movies. And that's why we don't want to see X-Men Days of Future Past fail, Amazing Spider-Man fail, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fail, you know, Transfers fail, because we love these characters. We want to walk out of the theater and feel like, holy shit, that guy loved the character. He got it. Yeah. He got the story. He got it right. Man, that hit home. But you know what? More times than not, we walk out here and thinking – like oh man they just they missed the mark here they missed the mark there they didn't do this man i wish they would introduce unicron right you know i wish they would introduce such and such they didn't spend much time you know developing this character as much as they should have that's that's the main reason marvel's successful is because they know the fucking source material they know where these characters are who they are where they've come marvel owns the studio yeah and that's why it's successful and and Transformers doesn't need to suck. That's yeah. what's irritating is because the more these movies suck, the longer we've got to wait for a really good interpretation of it. Yeah. Because it'll be years before they live that shit down if it really sucks. Yeah. But see, the thing is, Jay, these movies have been very profitable. Yeah. Whether you liked uh, Revenge of the Fallen and uh, what's the last <laughs> I don't know the names of these movies. Revenge of the Fallen was the last one, wasn't it? Revenge of the Fallen. There was uh, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, and um, the the uh, <laughs> Sam Witwicky. <laughs> I don't know. I dude, I don't even know the names of these films. But you know, they they've had three of them, and and they they've all been successful. They've all sold really really well. Yeah. They've done really well, really really well in the box office. So, yeah, I don't know. 
And this one, I'm sure, will do the same. So, yeah, unfortunately, probably. No, I hope it's a good movie. If it's, but, a, good, if it's a good movie, Jay, then it deserves to. If it's good, yeah, but I don't. I don't want to make money off of my. But nostalgia. I've already told you before. I have zero faith that it's going to be a great movie. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't think that I'm going to walk out of the theater after I watch Mark Wahlberg interact with a bunch <laughs> of robots and think to myself, "Oh my god, that was fucking amazing!" Right? Wow, it's no Raid Two. Holy shit! No, it's not. <laughs> it's not Raid Two: The Redemption. <laughs> So, all right, let's wrap this fucker up. You think? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah so let's wrap it. All right. Next week is our Amazing Spider-Man 2 review. Uh, Jake will be back on the podcast, so definitely check that out. And uh, just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bag, thank you for your patronage, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Wouldn't want to be you. Wouldn't want to fuck ya. <laughs> Did you record that? Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, it's going. <laughs> Don't do that. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there, comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you, and you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard, and we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David, and thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. Already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and it's all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Gonna toss it, gonna taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it Can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Podcasts that are original and good have already been done before, so we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit Woo! We're the left
scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it, good and taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it Let's embrace it Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture carryover Counterculture pushover Pop culture Leftover And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftover Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover, counterculture pushovers, pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers, pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.